It's a positive film. It has heroes and villains, and uh, that it essentially uh, is a fun movie to watch. It's been a long time since people have been able to go to the movies and see a sort of straightforward, wholesome, fun adventure. Well, it's a fantasy. It's not science fiction so much as it is space fantasy. And it's about people. It's about... Fin it's finally about people and not finally about science. The story, when you actually put it into words, is only so much nonsense to hang a great visual experience onto. It's the stuff that fairy tales are made of. Sort of boiling down religion into a very basic concept. Uh, the fact that there is some deity or some power or some force that sort of controls our destiny, uh, works for good and also works for evil. Marvelous, healthy innocence. Great place, wonderful to look at, full of guts, nothing unpleasant. I mean, people go bang, bang, and people fall over and are dead. But, you know, no horrors. A sort of wonderful freshness about it, a kind of like a wonderful fresh air. It's got whatever you want it to be. It's a, it's pure entertainment. It's like a roller coaster ride, and it can be interpreted as long as you enjoy it, which is the intention. Hello, welcome back to Generation Skywalker for a very special show. This is a, a mammoth show, by far our longest show to date, and that will probably ever be. But we'll get into that in a minute, because who is with me? I've got the whole team with me tonight. I've got Jez. Good evening, Jez. Good evening, Stu. How are you? I'm all good, my friend. All good. I've got Peter Lee. Good evening, Pete. Good evening, Stu. How are you doing? I'm beautiful. Uh, I've got Craig. Good evening, Craig. Good evening. Happy 100th episode, everybody. And of course, we have got Daniel the Spaniel. Good evening, Dan. Hello there. How are you? I'm very good. Are you? I'm not bad, Danny boy. Not bad. Not bad. So Craig has just said 100 episodes. And um, tonight we've got a bit of a, a special show because throughout this show, you're going to hear stories from 100 different areas of Star Wars, some from collecting. There's stories from childhood. There's stories of seeing the film for the first time. I know there's a great story about when Phantom Menace came out. He was in Namibia and he was trying to see it and travelled halfway across the country to actually be able to view the Phantom Menace. So there's some fantastic tales and you've got a hundred different of these. Uh, they're broken up in blocks of 10, but uh, I think you'll, you will enjoy these. But boys, 100 episodes. Now, during the show, our listeners will hear um, the rest of the team all, all chose their, their favourite show and the favourite show that they've worked on singularly on their own was their, their project. So that's coming up between the sections. So we have got that. But what has been your biggest highlight since we started Generation Skywalker? Yeah, just seeing how much, how much you guys put into it and have just sort of been a... a looking at it from the outside for for a few years and now sort of been on the inside it's um it's very cool and um i always realize how much work you do but uh no it's good to be involved yeah it's good to have you on board mate. It's good to have thank you. you jez yes mate can you give me a bit of insight I, I mean i could have asked you this in advance can you give me a bit of insight to generation Skywalker on how it's grown since we started yeah okay 
So since it started, I'd say that first year or so, we, we saw a steady increase, which was great given the fact that, you know, that there was an unprecedented amount of Star Wars podcasts out there, which were already really well established. And you find often a lot of podcasts don't get past episode you know, seven or eight because they realize that it's just really saturated market. But no, we, we've grown. The shackles have been removed. We've been able to go wherever we want and delve into certain areas which has been fantastic and really quite exciting and, and the return on that sort of investment of time has been quite rewarding with regards to the feedback but first year increase was about six percent second year we were starting to go six to about nine percent and then in the last six months unbelievably well actually believably because we've grafted in the last six months we've increased by 45 percent our amount of um, downloads and watches and stuff. So the podcast itself is going from strength to strength, not just the podcast, you know, enhanced blogs, you name it. It's uh, it all seems really positive at the moment. I'm loving it. Dan, particular highlight from anything? I think, well, I think the same as Pete, really being invited on. I mean, I knew you and Jez from your previous incarnation and it was really, um, I was really pleased you asked me to be involved. Hope you feel that way. You probably don't. You probably give me some digs, but it was it was great to be I asked, and it's it's never been a do that. <laughs> but it's been a yeah. I mean, it's three years now. It's, it's it's a long time. It's a big chunk of your life, and you know we've been at it the whole time. You know we have our you know a few weeks here and there in between shows, but we're um we're always we're always talking and churning stuff out and coming up with new ideas. It's been just been great to be involved with overall. Yeah, it's um just been a great experience. Craig. Well, obviously, getting to know you guys better and hanging out on a regular basis has been an absolute highlight on a personal note i mean working on this project you know it's made me enjoy my hobby so much more you know having this platform to go that little bit deeper into the things that i buy and the things i'm into it's just been brilliant i love that aspect of it Stu, you always ask us questions but when people look at it and they think of generation skywalker you are the anchor and i said that with a capital a you know the majority of the time you you anchor you head most shows so my question to you is why do you do this i like to be doing something and i think you know integrating that with your your your, your favorite pastimes mom if i was to pick out my favorite things to do you know i love football i love star wars and i love music okay that's probably where i spend most of my time doing but yeah i think i just like to be active and busy and i've made some great friends in this and we have some great we have some great evenings there's evenings sometimes i come in and i think oh we're recording this and i could really do with just chilling out and then we record and 20 minutes in we're having a great time i mean me and jez we we recorded a round table the other night which was meant to be like an hour long which is coming up i think show 102 to follow this our show, I think we were on for the best part of two and a half to three hours, weren't we, Jez? It, yeah, it was great. It was a brilliant night and just a brilliant, brilliant, fun chat with people we, you know, two of them have never spoken to before, but and one we do know. But it was just a great roundtable and, and just fun. And, I mean, we stopped the recording and the, the chat just carried on, didn't it? It was like, yeah, so nights like that are, are brilliant. I mean, you've got some great times. We've got Jez's mum recorded a story for us which is uh which is a real highlight i think that's story number 30 when we when you get to it so uh, you will enjoy enjoy some of these stories i love the idea what you've done with this show for this particular one it's not about us this whole concept of to celebrate our 100th we want 100 people on and it is quite literally generation skywalker i mean you've just made reference to the fact that my mum's coming on 
you know, but we've got other generations as well. We've got children coming on. We've got people spanning Star Wars, all eras, all passions and, and all generations. And I just think it's great that we've got all of these people. We've reached out. You've reached out to so many people and they've come on wanting to share their story. So I'm really excited for this episode, what you've put together, what we've put together. I think, you know, it's really exciting to be making a little bit of podcast history. This to reach 100 is history, but to get 100 different people on and 100 stories, that's not been done before. This is this is this is going to be epic. Yeah, and do you know what? I when when I was I was looking at we use Podbean to to put out our podcast and Podbean's fantastic. If you've got the full package, it's fantastic for stats and I was looking at the countries around the world that we have listeners in. So, obviously UK is our our highest download area and then followed by the United States, Australia, Canada, the English-speaking countries. But we've got downloads from South Africa, from Ivory Coast, from Saudi Arabia, Turkey, uh, Romania, Bulgaria, Serbia, Greece, Italy, France, Spain, Portugal, Germany, Sweden, Norway, Finland, Russia, which I know most of our YouTube ones are banned, (laughs) uh, Indonesia, Thailand, India, the Philippines which is uh, crazy. And then even South South America, Brazil and Bolivia, Peru. We've got one from Chile, Ecuador, Mexico. So all these different countries. So if anyone's listening from these countries, massive thank you. And, and please do get in contact if, if you want an interview. You know, it be, would be great to have people from all around the world. Now, I did, when I was approaching people for this show, I did branch out. We have got several nationalities on this list tonight. So, um, yeah, so many great stories. Just say well done, Stu, for putting it together because this is 99% you, I think. Yeah. <laughs> I've changed my mind now, Craig. I think this needs enhancing. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's get into the the stories then. Like I said to you, they're in blocks of 10. You'll hear 10 stories. Then it will go to one of us talking about one of our previous shows with a little clip it and then into the stories like that throughout the show. But uh, there is some crackers. Say to the end, uh, they're, they're split out lovely. Some people's memories, some of these are stories like i've listened to them and they're just they're just great i mean some of them are like a minute long you just think what a great tale so enjoy the show and thank you to everybody that has uh, sent me a story for this it's really appreciated my name's dean edwards and i've been collecting vintage star wars for a very long time uh, like many of us i was born in 77 so i grew up with the films and the toys. Unfortunately for me, my mum gave away my collection of vintage Star Wars when I was a kid to the local children's home. Listen, I know I shouldn't have been too disappointed, but secretly I was absolutely devastated. So I had to start collecting again. What really ignited my my passion for collecting was a holiday to Blackpool. I think I was around 10 years old. And myself and my brother, we were walking past a warehouse kind of shop and there was an A-board display outside and there were vintage Star Wars mocks on there, three for a pound. So we used to beg my nan every single day for, for any money we could to go and buy some figures. What really grasped my attention, though, some of the figures were miscards. I didn't really know what a miscard was at the time. Um, I think there was a smuggler hand on a Bespin hand. A squid head on a reuse card and a sensorscope R2 on a pop-up card. And because they were different, I decided to keep them as mocks. And I still have them to this day. I'm absolutely buzzing that they're part of my collection. And it's part of my collection that I, I really will never sell. I've had many focuses since then, from the first 12 characters 
to the full run of Loose Figures and to a lot of people's distaste now. I'm actually putting together or trying to put together a full run of the Toy Tony list. Uh, I've got a long way to go. Uh, I've managed to pick up quite a few of them and it's great to be able to identify these these figures uh, for, for record. Um, I know it's not to everyone's taste, but um, it, it's a run that I'm enjoying putting together. So uh, that's me in terms of collecting and hopefully I'll be collecting for many more years to come. Hey guys, it's Jake Stevens here from ForlamDeZuckus.com and I just wanted to wish you all a big congratulations on 100 episodes. Having podcasted a little bit in my day, I know how much time, energy, and effort goes into putting together a show and 100 episodes is no small achievement. So very big congrats on that. Now, since we're talking Star Wars and uh, I thought I'd share, and I think I've shared this before and past shows uh, of my own it's uh probably my one of my favorite childhood memories would be all the way back in 1983 yes i'm dating myself but um the debut on opening day of return of the jedi my dad left at lunchtime to get uh tickets for the family got in a small fender bender but all was fine after school after work that day we all went to go see return of the jedi and then my parents wanted to make a whole day of it, so then we went to Toys R Us. And uh, the coolest thing happened is that I was the only one in the toy aisle that had seen the movie. And so all these other kids that were fawning over the new Kenner figures and merchandise, um, I was there kind of preaching to them about what happens and and what these characters are and what that big green guy is and what he does and so it was a very very cool time um again 40 years later happy anniversary to return the jedi and again congratulations to you guys keep up the great work and as always may the figures be with you this is Mark from Fantatrax and Stories Insider. To celebrate Generation Skywalker's 100th episode, congratulations guys. I would very much like to tell a very brief and small tale of Star Wars that means something to me. So it's 1983 and I'm 12 years old and I'm a chubby little tubby thing and I get a phone call from a friend of mine back in the days when you had to ask your mom to use the phone. It's my friend Andrew Green, who I've lost touch with. I'd love to see him again. And Andrew phones up and he goes, Mark, 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 you've got to go down the New Jasons now and pick up your copy of Return of the Jedi Weekly. I kind of knew why, because back then in 83, I was writing fan fiction. And in 82, I'd written my first story called Quest for Freedom. And in 83, I was writing the sequel called Lydon Legacy. And in the second story, I'd got Lando in there and I'd involved some other characters and Lando at that point was probably my favourite and still is right up there as my favourite characters. And I loved what they were doing in the monthly, UK monthly, with Danny and Rick Jewell and Cheeto and all those characters. Really clicked and connected with those characters. And I'd written a letter in, in response to another letter that had been sent in, I think, to issue two of Jedi Weekly when they did the great big tall sort of long cover that they trimmed back for issue three. I think it had R2 and 3PO and Endor on the cover, if I remember and anyway sent the letter in and it had been printed so i go barreling down you know, mom 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 can i run down to you know, swan island and get my comics lived in burntwood still do yes go on then so i went running down the road god knows what passers-by must have thought of this tubby little roland from grange hill size kid running down the road to get his comic 
and run into the news agent and slap down, I forget how much it was in 83, I don't know, 20p or 25p, whatever it was. Uh, probably got a pick and mix as well. And <laughs> walk back up the hill, because it was downhill, walk back up the hill, reading the comic and getting to the page that's got Cyril. And there was a sketch of a speeder bike. Some kid had drawn a speeder bike. And the first letter was my letter. As Jan Lamona, who was my... That's the reason I mentioned the fanfic. It, I wrote it as my fanfic character. And it's just a letter saying how much I enjoyed issue two and how cool it was to see my buddy Lando in there. And so from all my fanfic that carried on way into the 2000s, Lando and my character Jan were always old buddies. There was uh, a sting in the tail, though, because I put down Jan, J-A-N. So to me, it's Jan, like the Dutch saying, Jan, Jan Lamona, that's my character, and still is. A lot of people read it as Jan, as in Janice or Janet. And so I got loads of letters, because my address was in there, Innocent Days. I got loads of letters saying, hey, dear Janet, how wonderful that there are girl Star Wars fans. And I was incensed, and I ripped up these letters. I wish I kept them. I ripped up these letters. I was so annoyed. And so it wasn't the happiest memory for for quite a long time. I can now, uh, as a slightly more mature, look back and realise what a good thing it was. So there you go. Uh, to celebrate Generation Skywalker's 100th episode, 100th show, that's my weird little Star Wars tale. Congratulations, guys. You're doing a bang-up job. Appreciate everything you do. Always enjoy catching up at shows. You're a good bunch, and let's hope it continues for at least another 100, if not a 1,000, and we'll see you out there. Cheers, guys. Hiya, boys. It's Lee Gregory from Palatoys. I uh, hope you're all well, and uh, first of all, congratulations on getting to 100 shows. Uh, it's a great listen every month. I look forward to it. Um, for my collective memory, it's back to ground zero to me. That'd be Salford, Zodiac, Toys in the Precinct, and that was me picking up Princess Leah in about 1978, along with my nana, who took me down there for my very first Star Wars toy. Uh, my nana's long gone, but Princess Leah remains. She's uh, battered, she's beaten. Uh, she even made it as far to my wedding cake, and now she stands uh, looking forever out the old run getting destroyed on my vintage Star Wars uh, Palatoys playset, reenacting the destruction of Alderaan's set. Um, I want something for the world. All the childhood memories are wrapped up in just one little bit of three and a three quarter inch white plastic with a dodgy 70s barnet. She's a cracker and uh, she's mine. All the best boys and uh, good luck to the future. Bye bye. This is Nair coming to you from the Star Pod Log podcast. I want to tell you a little bit about my background in Star Wars and it came immediately from the action figures. I had the action figures before I even saw the movie and the comic books too. It's amazing how the merchandising led me to loving this series of movies. Did see it in the theaters after I had the action figure, so I saw it in 1979. And being from that point forward, seeing the movies, first run in the movies, uh, going from Empire Strikes Back forward. What an amazing saga that original trilogy was. Congratulations on 100 episodes. Hello, this is Jules from Jules Burt's Collections and Unboxings on YouTube. My first ever collector's Star Wars story happened perhaps in 1987-1988. By that time, Transformers and Masters of the Universe was riding high in the toy shops, and none of the toy shops could clear their Star Wars uh, merchandise. I mean, it was just stuck on the shelves and no one was buying it. Basically, Star Wars was stone cold. But thankfully, that was the time I was really getting into it. Um, I'd had the toys when I was a bit younger and always wanted to get back some of those toys that I never had when I was a kid. And um, 
the late 80s was the perfect time to start pulling a collection together. Now, I remember one day absolutely vividly in 1987 where I was walking past a large newsagent's in my hometown of Plymouth. I looked in and saw that they were having a closing down sale and I could just sort of see up by the counter there, there it looked to be like a wire bin. I thought, God, that looks like some Star Wars figures there. So I went in and lo and behold, there was this huge dump bin full of vintage Star Wars figures, predominantly tri-logo ones, 29p each, all brand new carded. They'd just come out of cases. A lot of them had the old tri-logo uh, stickers on, uh, but then marked down to 29p each. And all the classics were there, Yak Face, R2 lightsaber, Han Carbonite, the Imperial Gunner, Anakin Skywalkers in multiples, twos and threes. I took the entire bin up to the counter. I said, I'll have these, please. She said, we haven't got any carriers for that. I said, stick them in a bin bag. I'm taking them all. So that is my dream collector's find and uh, something I'll never, ever forget. Thanks, guys. Hello, my name is Lee Gray and I've been collecting Star Wars on and off since the 90s. I've been a fan all my life. And I remember the one time I was in Putney, there was a shop called Patrick's and they had some Dengas in the window for 50 pence each. And that was a bargain. But being a teenager by then, I was a bit embarrassed to go into the shop to pay for 50 pence for a toy. And so I got my nan to go in there for me. And then she came out with the shop assistant and asked me which one I wanted anyway. So I was embarrassed then. But anyway, I got my Denga for 50 pence and I was very happy and... That's about it. I wish you well on your 100th show, Generation Skywalker, and have a happy new year. Hello, I'm Kimberly, aka the Craft Beer Pinup. What better place to do this message than my bar? Um, I know everyone is sharing their Star Wars memories. I was going to do quite a few stories from my childhood, but I thought one of the big highlights for me was the event that we did at the last celebration in Anaheim with Joey from Fresh Hops Podcast. So big shout out to him. And obviously I did that with Generation Skywalker. The vibe was amazing. Um, It was just really cool to do that kind of event, not only around celebration, but in a different country. I honestly didn't think it would (laughs) go as well as it did. It was such a great night. And on the back of the event, we we did the beer share and the amount of people that brought beer from all over the world. One lady even turned up with a crate of beer in her car to swap, which was brilliant. And yeah, I'd love to do that again. And also love to do a repeat of the beer show um, that I was guested on twice with Generation Skywalker. So yeah, watch this space for more um, Star Wars beer shares. And I thought, what better way to um, toast the 100th show than one of the beers I actually got from the beer share. So you want to have a look at this. It's probably going to be backwards, so sorry. But it is an I am your father. And it's a nitro coffee milk stout, 7% ABV. And this was one that I have kept since that beer share. And yeah, I've been saving it for a special occasion. So this feels like it could be it today. So um, cheers, cheers to you all. Have a great celebration. Hopefully see you soon on another podcast as a guest. Bye. Hey, Generation Skywalker. David DeMarcus from Indiana, United States. Who would have thought that nearly 50 years after the original movie came out that guys like us and girls like us would be collecting Star Wars toys from, for many of us from our childhood and just loving Star Wars still all, all these years later. But hey, it's here 
It's part of our society and culture, uh, probably for the foreseeable future. So let, let's let it live on, uh, whether you're a vintage collector or new collector, whatever it might be. Um, collect what you love and don't look back. Take care. Hello, uh, my name is Rob Thomas and I am a lifelong Star Wars fan and a vintage and modern collector. Um, it's pretty difficult to articulate just how much Star Wars means to me, um, but probably my greatest ever Star Wars moment would have to be during the uh, 2017 Star Wars celebration uh, in Orlando. Um, I just so happened to be stood by the main arena stage. I don't know if it was the Friday or the Saturday, I can't remember which now, but... Just to everyone's surprise, suddenly there's a big announcement and they announced Harrison Ford on stage and suddenly out he comes, swaggering in all his great splendour, followed shortly by George Lucas himself and then a bit later Mark Hamill. It was like the Beatles themselves had just walked on stage. I think I actually <laughs> screamed like a girl. Um, but the, the great thing, I, I mean, I just can't overstate just how important that weekend was to me. Because there were many sort of uh, vintage uh, dealers and vendors there, uh, and I picked up a load of um, beaters. Uh, I think, if I remember right, it was um, yeah, it was the, all the bounty hunters and the cantina aliens as well. Uh, when I got back to the UK, I just had the bug, and I just I wanted to complete them with their original weapons, and I wanted to buy more figures. So I found uh, Echo Base and Jabbers on uh, on Facebook, and that led me to Echo Live and meeting some of the most wonderful like-minded mates that I've, I could have ever hoped to have met. Um, so, yeah, I just have so much to be grateful for for Star Wars, and I just think it really brings people together. Um, so, yeah, um, happy 100th show, lads, and, uh, yeah, may the force be with you. Cheers. Hi, Stan, back from Generation Skywalker, this time to talk about my favourite episode and my favourite episode we ever recorded, I've finally narrowed it down because there is so much good stuff there, was when me, Jez, Craig and Stuart sat down to record our first commentary in December, which was released in December 2020, and was for the holiday special. Now, I don't know about you, but I've never made it through all of the holiday special before. I've, I've seen the Boba Fett cartoon and other bits and pieces, but... Whenever I've tried to uh, watch it end to end, I've um, yeah quickly lost interest and started skipping through segments to get to other segments and, and never had the full experience. Well, that's what we got during this recording and what an experience it was. We had such a great laugh recording it. And um, yeah, it stands the test of time. I've, I've recently re-listened. So if you are someone like me who is a little bit anti the holiday special and uh, can't can't get through it, why not stick on our commentary and watch along? You know, you can even head over to um, YouTube where Craig has kindly enhanced the uh, the the commentary with actual with the actual video of the holiday special. So you can you haven't even got to go and find a, a separate copy of it to play against the, 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 the podcast recording. You can just go and watch the whole thing there. It's definitely worth a listen. It's a really good time. Um, we have a real good laugh pulling this thing apart and um, give it some surprisingly high scores at the end. So, yeah, why not go and go and search that one out? Thank you. We stir the mixture. Stir, 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 stir. Stir, 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 stir. Very nice. Now, step two, while we're stirring, we also whip. Mm. So it's stir, whip, stir, whip, 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 stir. 
Stir, whip, stir, whip, 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 stir. Let's try it again together at an increased tempo because precision is very important in this recipe and we do want to have a fine consistency, don't we? So, and on the count of one. Stir, whip, stir, whip, 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 stir. Stir, whip, stir, whip, 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 stir. Come on, faster all together now. Cooking can be fun. Stir, whip, stir, whip, 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 stir. Stir, whip, stir, whip, 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 stir. Having fun, having fun. All right? I mean, this is just still mental. I mean, what's going on on screen? But I have to keep on reminding myself, this is the 70s. You know, we idolised Jimmy Savile uh, uh, and and can you tell what it is yet, man? It, it was just dark times. Are you times. saying this man's a pedo? <laughs> no, I'm just saying that. <laughs> what are you trying to say, Jez? <laughs> I'm just saying that. Which page of the we can't see? As a, as a race. We made a few mistakes in the 70s. <laughs> And acceptance and tolerance. Oh, here we are. Back Never in the internet, mate. This, this, uh, this Matt, Matt image. <laughs> so you've got an eight-year-old kid watching this, has stayed up to watch this, and is now just like, I want more buffet. I want more buffet. My I mean, that's it, isn't it? I mean, that's the that's the, the the beauty and the downfall of variety shows is they try and have a little bit of something for everyone. So at any given point, somebody's bored stupid. <laughs> well, this is say, kind of, you know, who's this bit for? these guys are middle-aged, aren't they? I mean, they're, they're old, old people. And, um, you know, they're all getting a bit fruity with each other. And it's like, as a kid, you just switched off. This um, this scene is the days before no meant no, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Me no too. Hashtag. He's having it anyway. That's starting to rebel. It's a bit like Manchester, <laughs> isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why she needed to do that because they're all annoying her. Why give yeah. her a drink for free? She told the band to pack up. That, they're not going to help. That's not going to help. <laughs> it's like that night in Ringwood, Jez, when we couldn't get into the pub with the music, so we jumped over a wall. We did. When you hurt, you hurt, so you hurt yourself, didn't you? I did. Yeah. I did my um, did my foot big time. <laughs> we did. We ended up crashing into some bins and everything. Oh, yeah. We didn't. Nice. Even, the funny thing was, we didn't even need to. The back door was open. Cracked my heel doing that. <laughs> so they're all being difficult. They're all being rowdy. So what she's done to solve the situation is give them more alcohol. <laughs> <laughs> was that a hamster? <laughs> <laughs> what is that? Like the rabbit. It actually looks real. Like a giant hamster. It's huge. I think they blew the budget on the hamster. So now she's got to close down because of the curfew. Do you think the government are going to like give her any uh, financial help? Fair for the loss of it. Oh, God, he's behind the bar. <laughs> and then watching this well, on the screen. Yeah, we're just going to go now. There's going to be a an assault there. <laughs> rather not know and they're like yeah "Yeah, they're like yeah we had enough of that hi i'm imogen and i'm jez's daughter my star wars story is when i was 12 years old we went to pinewood studios and went on the millennium falcon and i met the chewbacca from solo and fun fact i'm a twin me and my twin brother were almost called luke and leia Congratulations, guys, on your 100th episode. Chewbacca's the best. 
Hi, this is Peter Lee. Huge congratulations to start for you guys for reaching 100 shows. Absolutely incredible effort. <clears throat> Many thanks for all the hard work you guys put in as well. A Star Wars moment for me, looking back, certainly from a collecting point of view, is probably in 92, 93 when I stumbled across Steve Sandsweet's from, from concept to screen to collectible in Forbidden Planet in London. Saw the jacket, was intrigued as we all were. I was collecting comics at the time. Picked it up, had a flick through, fell onto the page with the, the full run of figures. Saw the last 17, never seen them before. Mind was blown. And from then on, um, just loved it. Just flicking through that book, all the, the production photos, the the production pieces, the the prototypes, the moulds, all the sort of the runs of the hard copy through to finish pieces, absolutely incredible. Certainly um, sparked, uh, sparked something in me that has lived on, on and off over all the years. And uh, yeah, a, a nod to anyone who has never bought that or read that book, go and buy it. It's absolutely incredible. And um, yeah, certainly got, got something going me back in the day. But yeah, there we go. And um, yeah, keep up the good work. Hi guys, it's Lee Towsey here. I work in Creature Effects for Lucasfilm. Started in 2013 making R2-D2 for The Force Awakens. I'm now fortunate enough to still be in Creatures, working on Acolytes, which is my seventh production. Um, that's all I can tell you about that. Craig has asked me to share a fond memory about Star Wars, well, Star Wars related. And I've got to say, really, the, the best thing about Star Wars for me is all the cool people I've met over the years. Before I was in the industry, I was an R2 builder in the R2 Builders Club in here in the UK. And I've made some great friends through R2 Building, Astromech Building, and with the other groups as well, the Rebel Legion, UK Garrison, and so on. And that has continued within the film industry, the cool events I've been able to do, and meeting his good self as well, Craig, doing the TEDx talk. I'm just so fortunate to meet such great people that share a common interest of Star Wars. That's it, really. Congratulations on your 100th episode, and may there be many more. I'm sure there will be. Take care, guys. Cheers. Bye. Hello there. My name is Robin Bokra. I run a page called Bespin Prime on Facebook. So if you guys are looking for any pages to join, we're always happy to have new members. I was asked by a good friend of mine, Stuart, to talk a little bit about a memory of mine from childhood. And there's one that always seems to be sticking out lately. When I went to a picnic in the summer of 78, and there was a Darth Vader like costume that this guy was wearing and he was paid to be there at the picnic and people could take pictures with him and he had the helmet but he had the most hodgepodge looking ridiculous costume on that he put together it had to be with vacuum parts and god knows what uh talk about being more machine than man but this thing was insane and and it looked i didn't realize it until years later looking at these Polaroids that have been fading. But, oh, my God. So I'd see him, and I'd run past him, and I was scared, and then I'd run up to him, and he, he didn't have a voice modulator or anything like that, so it was just him nodding and, you know, gesturing with his hands, and kids would come by, and he would take pictures. And finally, at the end of the day, I worked up my courage to be able to walk up to him, and I, I remember telling him I really liked his movie, and I thought he was great, and he's really scary, and then he picks me up, and he holds me in his arms, and... Somebody takes a picture and 
And then I had this Polaroid picture that I handed my mom. And of course, later on, she runs and goes and gets one with him too. She goes, oh, okay. So she has one also. But I have this picture to this day. And, it, and it's one of the few Polaroids that actually has lasted for 40 years, 40 plus years. I mean, all of them have all faded. But for some reason, that one meant so much to me. So it seems to have survived knowing that it's it's a loved little photograph. So... That's that's one of my earliest memories of being a fan. Well before I was even collecting really the toys or playing it much with other kids on the street. But that was a cool time seeing one of the first people in, I guess, cosplay is what we're going to call it for the day. And that's my memory. And I hope everybody has a splendid day. Generation Skywalker, congratulations on your 100th episode. This is Corey Galau, Star Wars artist. I've uh, been collecting the toys since I was four years old after going to the theater with my grandma nine times and grew up with it. And then later, as I got older, uh started collecting again and discovered the Facebook groups and became friends with uh, quite a few people. And then one day I decided to do a little drawing, did a little painting of Darth Vader, and uh, some guy in France asked if it was for sale. And uh, that began the career of Star Wars art for me, uh, that little Star Wars painting of Darth Vader. Then I worked for Tops, and then I uh, sold thousands of paintings around the world. And then I finally got my goal and was included into the celebration uh, art of 2020. And I am official Star Wars artist now. So without Star Wars, I would not be where I am right now. And I just love the, the community. And that's the greatest thing about it is just the greatest fans on this world. <laughs> Hi, I'm Will. Hi, I'm Robin. And we love Star Wars. And we love Generation Skywalker. We're friends with Craig. And we wanted to share our favorite Star Wars. My favorite Star Wars is Star Wars Rebels. I think it's the greatest story ever told in Star Wars. And it has all of my favorite characters in it. And I love that show so much. And... Star Wars animation, when it was airing, was not accessible to us, um, and so we were really late to discovering it, and we got access to Star Wars Rebels after the show had completed, um, and just fell in love with the story and the characters and the world building and all of that, and it was an incredible experience, and it's just my favorite. Yeah, and I'll add that the other great thing that Rebels did for us is it opened us up to the rest of Star Wars animation. After watching Rebels, we went back through and watched all of Clone Wars and thoroughly enjoyed all of that. And that, in turn, really um, gave me a much more deeper appreciation of the whole prequels era in Star Wars um, because Clone Wars gave us just so much more backstory and depth to all the characters and the narratives. And so not only did we get to enjoy Rebels... Um, which, again, as Robin said, is one of our favorite Star Wars stories, um, but it also just opened us up to so much more Star Wars content that we got to enjoy. So that's one of our favorite Star Wars, and happy 100 episodes to Generation Skywalker. So, wow, Generation Skywalker, 100 episodes. Great work, guys.
My name's Scott Cato and I want to talk about an item in my collection that is not at all rare, it wasn't expensive and it's not even vintage. It's a book called Star Wars The Action Figure Archive by a man called Stephen J. Sansweet. Now it was given to me by one of my mother's neighbours who knocked on the door one day and said it was left over from the church jumble sale and she thought I might like it. Now I didn't really know, know the neighbour that well so I was surprised that she even knew I liked Star Wars. Also, I was in my late 30s at this point, so didn't understand why she would think I would have an interest in toys. At that point in my life, I really didn't. But I took the book, and reading through it, it brought back a lot of good memories. At the time, I had quite a stressful job, so I'd read the book every morning before setting off for work. The images reminded me of a much simpler time, and the hit of nostalgia would set me up for the day ahead. After a few years passed, the job wasn't as stressful anymore, and the money got a little better, so I decided it was time to save my childhood collection from the loft and start filling in the gaps. Initially I just wanted to collect the figures I'd missed out on in the 80s. So I started to look on eBay and was amazed to see how much stuff there was on there. With a bit more poking about I discovered a podcast called The Vintage Rebellion where I heard Richard Hutchinson and Stuart Skinner talking about this strange cult called The Vintage Community. At first I thought it was ridiculous that there was a group of grown adults who obsessively collected and coveted these daft old toys. But before I knew it I was sucked in and found myself shelling out daft money for silly little bits of plastic. So that was my gateway into the Star Wars collecting world and I've enjoyed every minute of it. Generation Skywalker podcasts one of my favourites. It's great fun and a great resource. Well done lads. Looking forward to the next 100 episodes. Take it easy. My name is Ed Newbon and this is a story I've got about the Phantom Menace in 1999. So in the spring of 1999 I was in Namibia, southwestern Africa doing a series of community, environmental and conservation projects. So I was staying in um, deserts, mountains and really remote communities. And it was quite an experience and quite tough. And funny enough, one of the project leaders, who was a bit older than the rest of us because we were all venturers, used to work for Lucasfilm and he knew George Lucas personally. So it was in the build-up to the release of The Phantom Menace, and we would talk about it most days. And come the 4th of June, the expedition finished, and my 25th birthday was on June the 5th, the day the film got released in Namibia. So after living in the middle of nowhere for, for many, many months, I got to go to the capital, Windhoek, stay in a reasonable hostel, and then the, the morning of the 5th, I took a bus to some multiplex cinema, wherever it was. And it was really quite a special moment because I'd been sort of deprived of civilization and aircon and all this. And when I got to the cinema, it was um, air conditioned. I had that popcorn smell, just like you would get at a cine world in the UK or the States. And I got to see the, the film, which was really, really emotional because... I never thought I'd see another Star Wars film in my lifetime. And I also just come through a little bit of a traumatic experience, you know, quite tough uh, work over the last few months. And then, of course, the, the 20th Century Fox sort of drum roll starts and I, I sort of burst into tears on my own in this cinema. And then I saw the film and, well, that's another story, isn't it? But when I came back to the UK um Late June, early July, I thought I was like, yeah, 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 I can rub it in. You know, I've seen the new Star Wars film because it came out really late in England, much later than the States. 
And of course, every friend of mine I met who was into Star Wars had already seen it on bootleg VHS, which is like not really the way to see a, a, a new Star Wars film. But it's the circumstances of seeing it uh, will stay with me for forever. And I've just um, the last like three or four years, I've entered this tradition of I always watch Phantom Menace on my um, birthday on the 5th of June. And this particular year, I watched it on Laserdisc, which is a slightly different cut and has an amazing sound to it, actually. Yeah, the film's not that good, though. But recently watching it with my five-year-old son, he loves it and he loves Jar Jar. So I I cut it a bit more slack now than I used to. Anyway, (laughs) I probably gabbed on too fast there about seeing The Phantom Menace in uh, Namibia, Namibia in 1999. Hi, everyone. It's Dave Tree. Uh, some of you probably better know me as uh, All the Cool Stuff, which is a toy retailer, or perhaps Farthest From, uh, which is a toy show related to all things uh, vintage Star Wars merchandise and collectibles, or maybe even from the Star Wars Zone at uh, London Film and Comic Con each July. Um, but uh, I've been very uh, honoured to just talk for a few minutes about anything related to Star Wars. Um, so first of all, I want to say congratulations to Generation Skywalker for their hundredth episode. And it got me thinking, like, what can I possibly talk about that hasn't been covered like a million times already by everyone else? So rather than talk about my thoughts and experiences or anything like that, I thought I'd like possibly give a shout out or uh, a spotlight onto the people that inspire me uh, within like the Star Wars collecting community. And I'm going to keep this limited to the UK because otherwise we're going to be here all day. But um, truthfully, for me now, um, I don't really collect as such anymore. It, it is all about the, the the people and the relationships and the friendships that you have. And you do have uh, um, a few nasty uh, interactions. You know, there will people be out there who, who, who will completely screw you over. But like for the most part, everybody is an absolute gem. And where I've been collecting um, for almost 30 years, um, I've had incredible experiences of working with people and I'm always most inspired by so many people, particularly now because you've got like all this creativity that manifests itself in different ways. Um, so going back to Generation Skywalker, the amount of time, effort and energy that anybody puts into uh, like a, a project, like be it like a podcast or a website or otherwise, is absolutely fantastic. So I want to give it like a huge, you know, I, I greatly admire anybody who, who does all that. You know, with like uh, the boys at Generation Skywalker and the Vintage Rebellion. Um, uh, the only non-UK guys I'm going to like shout out is the Kivecast because uh, I've said it a couple of times before, but the Kivecast in particular were the inspiration behind Fathers From. Um, after listening to them, that got me thinking about doing my, what I can do within things that I enjoy. And that was like, uh, you know, doing like a Star Wars vintage toy show. Um, so anybody who, who does all of that sort of thing. And, and then equally, Mark Newbold is another one. Um, he is uh, a, a huge Star Wars collector, uh, a lifelong fan, uh, journalist as well. But his knowledge is, is just absolutely bonkers. And if, if ever... I've got a question. He he'd be able to like tell you not just say like the, the 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 fictional side of things, you know, of like you know the distances between A to B or like the the 
the the impact of a laser or something like that but also kind of like the 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 actual real movie uh side of things as well you know he's absolutely nuts in terms of the level of knowledge that he has so like you know huge shout out and and greatly admire mark newbold also jason joiner and mark new uh mark newbold again mark willard um for literally keeping the the light alive when nobody else did i mean in the 90s the falcon society and you had um all like the empire days they mean so so much to me they really genuinely do because that was like my stepping on point back into collecting and seeing all of this stuff and this is all pre-internet days and it, and it absolutely phenomenal and nobody else was doing that back then uh we take all, all this stuff for granted now but they really genuinely were putting everything they could into into those events and uh keeping like the star wars fandom alive in the uk in the uh early uh to late 90s so uh hugely admire them and also who was connected to that but like someone who most people probably have never interacted with is paul wennington as well um long long-term collector doesn't really do like social media but like his stories are absolutely fantastic of like collecting um and and uh the the, the things he's come across and the experiences you know if ever i get like a chance to have a few minutes chat with him at any of the show masters events it's always one of the highlights of like any event that i attend um other uk collectors like gary smith uh and lee bullock have got the chance to work with gary with uh the palatoy archive in 2007 for the first celebration europe and gary hands down is is the apex palatoy collector um it's absolutely incredible what he has achieved and still is going with it as well uh, most people would have probably like crashed out by now but like i've never known anybody with the tenacity of gary and like lee is also uh as scary as he might be he's a big pussycat and he's also one of the smartest guys i've ever known in my entire life um so i'm, I'm always in awe uh whenever i see them um on the social media side of things the echo live guys um from uh, echo base so like adam wayne and the rest of the team paul um Echo Live is incredible. It is like the ultimate supermarket for Star Wars collectibles. And the fact that so much money is then raised at the same time for like charity and and different projects is absolutely knockout. And they really don't get enough acknowledgement for that. You know, it literally like blows my mind. Whenever you go to one of their events, it's it's staggering. It's staggering. So I'm, I'm in complete awe of them. I'm also very lucky to know a lot of artists as well. Um, so um, uh, always in awe of anybody who, who who applies their creative skills and talents within the realm of like Star Wars. And uh, you have like Paul Bateman and Jake and Mark Daniels as well. Um, whenever I see any of the stuff that they, they create or they do, um, I'm just completely like blown away. Um, Paul is, is a gentle soul and... Uh, is is very good just to kind of sound out ideas with and and uh, jake is just 100 percent uh the best laugh you'll ever have on a night out um so i've probably been rambling on for way too long now probably more than what Stu wanted me to and probably not even in the realms of what Stu wanted me to either so i'm very sorry but like uh i just wanted to kind of spread the love really i guess um 
I'm freezing. I'm in the shop and it's absolutely cold. But anyway, congratulations, Generation Skywalker. I love you guys. What you do is absolutely fantastic. Keep it on um, and look forward to seeing what's coming up for like, Celebration Europe this year. Woohoo! See you later. Hi, my name is Sister Jackson. I reside in Mexico. I've always liked space toys and movies. My mom first introduced me to sci-fi with shows such as Land of the Giants, Star Trek, The Black Hole, and many others. My first experience as a fanatic was with Masters of the Universe, but everything changed after I saw Star Wars for the first time. I was seven years old. I couldn't believe my eyes. Everything seemed and felt so real in this perfectly elaborated futuristic fantasy. I lost interest in toys after my parents got divorced, but the spark started again in the mid-90s when I knew about the Star Wars movies coming back to the theaters. There was my chance to see what I couldn't when I was a kid. Many ups and downs about the Star Wars has helped me stay motivated to keep on going. That's why I love it. It has given me the chance to meet some nice people too from around the world. Collecting to me became an obsession at some point. I was gathering almost anything with the Star Wars name on it. Once I was told I owned the largest Lego collection in Mexico and very likely one of the biggest Lego collections in the world. Not long ago I decided to let go of a lot of my toys for mental sanity. I didn't have the space nor the time to enjoy them properly. Now I dedicate more time to traveling, my dogs and myself. I now keep my collectibles to a level it is not difficult for me to enjoy since I move around a lot. Only the things with that true meaning, things that tell you a story. I am proud to say I own a few one-of-a-kind pieces that I like to share with the world someday. I collect some other lines but both fed is my thing. I never forget the first time I saw him chasing the Millennium Falcon and walking from behind Vader in that Bespin scene. How could he? What made him so special to be able to capture the unbeatable Han Solo? Toys will pass, but memories will remain. All the fun in Star Wars just as in any other line started as a fun thing we all like to be part of. Let's keep on playing and play it nice. Peace out everyone and may the force be with you. Most of our listeners will be aware that the Generation Skywalker crew were initially brought together through our mutual love of collecting vintage Star Wars figures, toys and other collectibles. In fact, many people know that Stuart and I both started off on the Star Wars Forum podcast, which then became the Vintage Rebellion. It was not long after we left the Vintage Rebellion that Generation Skywalker was formed, opening the door for us to be able to look at so many more things other than vintage. But vintage was always going to be a passion of ours. However, it was in early 2022 that I felt that we had really kind of taken our eye off the ball with those old fossils, our vintage collecting podcast. We weren't recording as many as we used to. We were really getting into modern collecting and that was where the main emphasis was. Why was that? I don't know. Maybe we just all felt that we were priced up the market or it was just more that everyone was just so excited about what was going on in the modern world. So I looked at what was going on and I thought, right, I want to take it back to basics. I want us to really focus on the figures, the nostalgia and have deep dives into the figures. I want us to get loads more guests on. I want us to focus on so many different areas and I want us to have the the biggest focus collectors on. And actually, let's look at more variations and variants and just try and get as many people on as possible. Really have the community podcast for the vintage collecting community we've looked at it it's evolved over the year we started off with a four figure focus and we were getting so much detail so much information and so many great 
great guests that we've now dropped it down to a three-figure focus. But these are still the most popular podcasts which we produce, and um, you wouldn't believe it, but just the changes which have been made to those old fossils over the year, we've seen an increase of 40% on our downloads from the year before. It's incredible, but the way in which the community has reacted to this, the guests who we've got queuing up to come on, just absolutely blown away and uh, the reaction from everyone having taken it back to basics and, and looking at the figures which is obviously where our first love was where the where the nostalgia really really is i'm just delighted to uh to be at the helm of those old fossils and long may it continue where did you dig up that old fossil i actually really like the car back image are we doing the car back image now do you want to talk yeah, about for that sure let's talk about the car back image <laughs> I think it's a great shot of the Emperor. I think it's more exciting than the figure. Um, I've got a carded one, and it's that. I think he's when he's turning to Luke, when he says, uh, your faith in your friends is yours, and he's sneering at Luke. I think it's a fantastic yeah. image. Yeah. I think he looks over his other shoulder when he says that. <laughs> maybe they, flip, maybe they flipped well. They've got, yeah. they've got, they do like flip-flopping these images around, so maybe, who knows? They do have a habit of that. But, yeah, it's a good image, isn't it? Let's go over to Ron Salvatore. Rebel Alliance, who's going to talk to us about the Emperor. Hello there. Hi everyone, this is Ron Salvatore of the Star Wars Collector's Archive, and today I'm going to talk about Kenner's action figure representing the Emperor. The Emperor was the first true mail-away of the Return of the Jedi era. By true, I mean it was the first to be released after the movie hit theaters. When kids mailed away for Nine Numb or Admiral Akbar, they didn't really know what they were getting. Return of the Jedi wasn't even out yet. These figures were mere teases, promises. You got them and you wondered, I wonder what he does. Yes, Kenner included an explanatory note in the mailer box of each figure, but these were teases in and of themselves. They tended to merely heighten the mystery. Nine Numb co-pilots the Millennium Falcon. Doesn't Chewbacca have something to say about this? But when the Emperor was revealed as a mail-away, everyone knew who he was. A major figure in the movie, and Darth Vader's boss, the Emperor is perhaps the signature character of Return of the Jedi, or one of them anyway. I feel as though the Emperor casts a shadow over genre movies as a whole. Whenever I encounter an enthroned baddie in a movie or a cartoon, I think not of Ming the Merciless or even Elon Musk, but of the Emperor in Return of the Jedi. That's surely the 80s kid in me talking. To this day, I refuse to acknowledge the character as anything other than the Emperor. Full stop. He's not Palpatine, and he's certainly not Sheev. He's just the Emperor, short and sweet. The one and the only. By the way, where does that horrible Sheev thing come from anyway? A novel or something? I refuse to call him that because it's stupid. It's like calling Mr. T. Lawrence. And it sounds like a brand of condoms. Kenner advertised the Emperor offer on the 65 back blister card starting in the fall of 1983. The following is the text that promoted the offer to retailers. The Force is back, stronger than ever, with Star Wars Return of the Jedi. It's a new movie, a new Kenner collection, and once again we'll be featuring our universally successful free figure promotion in the fall. From October to December 1983, Star Wars fans will see our offer on 2.5 million action figure cards. When they buy five of their favorite action figures, we'll send them The Emperor, a unique, brand new action figure free. Of course, we'll also be running a 30-second commercial to keep the excitement in hyperdrive. 
Whew, that was a lot of exclamation points. Sometimes I think the folks who wrote this stuff were on speed. Anyway, if you were a Star Wars kid in 1983, chances are you had most of the figures released in Kenner's first wave of Return of the Jedi product, even the amazingly dull General Maydeen. How could you resist mailing away for the Emperor? The figure kids received in the mail was a substantial hunk of plastic with details intended to simulate robes. Indeed, of all the figures Kenner had created up until that time, the Emperor was the most clothing-centric. Earlier figures had mimicked drapery with plastic capes. The Emperor, though, was different. The cloth effect was entirely integrated. It was entirely in the plastic. This wasn't always the plan. Originally, Kenner's designers wanted the figure to include the outer robe and hood as a separate piece. This piece could be removed to reveal the Emperor's bald head in all of its pruny glory. Perhaps due to cost concerns, this was changed during development to yield the figure we know and love today, the one with the integrated robes. Fortunately, we can get a sense of how the original design would have appeared by referencing the hard copy prototypes that still exist today. Dubbed the Bald Emperor, it preserves the figure's first iteration, which makes for a fun comparison with the final production figure. You can see a comparison on the Star Wars Collector's Archive. Hi guys, it's Jonathan McElwain from Stafford, Virginia, which is in the suburbs of Washington, D.C. I've been here since uh, the mid-90s, uh, but I grew up in uh, a rural part of uh, Pennsylvania, um, sort of along the Mason-Dixon line uh, between uh, at the border between Pennsylvania and, and Maryland. Um, anyways, um, I wanted to tell a couple of collecting um, stories that uh, just really more so anecdotes, I suppose, that bookended uh, Empire Strikes Back for me. So... As a kid, I was a big collector of the uh, trading cards, um, and I remember that when uh, Empire had come out, we were not among the first to see it. Um, I don't think it was too long uh, after it came out uh, that we saw it, but I remember being drug off to a family reunion, which is the sort of thing that you don't appreciate as a kid. Some people never grow to appreciate that kind of stuff, but... Um, I do remember being disappointed because I knew that the movie was out and we weren't going to see it. And instead we were going to this thing I didn't want to go to. Um, but my parents were kind enough, um, to get my, myself and my brother, who's three years younger than me, um, the tops trading cards, they did, a. uh, uh it's probably not that well known, I suppose, compared to the regular stuff. But they did a blister pack um, where it was a big blister card and attached to it there were 80 trading cards from Series 1, the red cards, along with a, 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 a collecting box, just a little cardboard box that you could slip the cards into. So it was a great starter set for these cards. So. I remember being thrilled to get these things and my brother and I tearing them open and sort of trading uh, among the two packs, you know, because that's 160 cards between the two of us. So it got each of us uh, pretty well on the way towards our um, uh, our set. So that was a fun way to kind of start uh, the trading cards. And then my other story was at the, at the end, I would guess that it, this was probably summer of 81. Um, I remember needing one card from either the red or the blue series, one of the first two series, but I had finished the other set and as well as finished the third yellow uh, set. And um, we were having a family yard sale, and I remember this um, mom and a girl showing up, 
at this thing and I had all my duplicate cards out um, as if any was was going to show up and actually buy or or trade for these things. But as luck would have it, uh, this girl showed up and she had never seen the yellow card series um, and but said that she had the card that I needed. Um, so uh, her mother dutifully ran her home. She brought back the card I needed and in a very lopsided uh, trade, I think I gave her every card you know, one of every card that I had a duplicate of from the yellow series. So, um, anyways, that was a fun, um, fun way to kind of bookend, uh, Empire Strikes Back. So hope you guys are doing well and, uh, talk to you again soon. Hello, I'm Toby Skinner, the son of Stuart Skinner, the most good looking person on um, Generation Skywalker. My favorite Star Wars TV show is Obi-Wan Kenobi series. And I like Ewan McGregor because he's Scottish and he drinks Iron Brew. In 2023, I'd really like to meet Ewan McGregor. Bye-bye. I'm Hetty Skinner and I'm Spirit's daughter. And my favourite characters of Star Wars are Baby Yoda and Chewbacca. Why I love those characters is because Baby Yoda is so cute and Chewbacca is so funny and cute. And Baby Yoda's funny too. I also like Princess Leia because she's a princess and I really like the face and I really like the characters that she actually stays with for the whole four movies that she's in. I first saw Star Wars when I went around to a friend's house when all the adults were having a party together and they put all the kids in a, the TV room and it was just a home rental just on a small tube TV um, but I was just instantly hooked, and uh, I just remember the scenes about the Tuscan Raiders really vividly with the Banthers, and, and even though it was just a couple of seconds of footage, um, I think I spent most of the movie just thinking about those you know, massive monsters and the Gaddafi sticks and the trouble that Luke was in, and, and I think that's just the thing about Star Wars. There's just snippets of such a massive world that can just stick with you and there's always something new to discover. Uh, so the seed was planted when I was young and I became a collector of the figures, uh, going around toy fairs and sooner and before I knew it, like just thinking about Star Wars or just having Star Wars in my mind in the background, it just became part of my life and... Um, I'd always look forward to getting the next collectible or going to the next fair or swap meet. Um, so it's, it's had a you know, pretty big impact on my life. And now fast forward to current day where I've actually created a small business out of Star Wars, running StarWarsTracker.com, maintaining price guides and providing a way for people to track their collections. And so when I think back to where it all started, that, you know, that TV room in a friend's house watching you know, just a few seconds of footage to where I am now. It's it's quite an amazing journey, and and the journey's not over. And and the cool thing is that we don't know where the destination is. There's always something new coming out, something to look forward to. So that's my little story. Hey guys, congrats on the hundredth episode, and I look forward to many more. This is Sean Kempel. I run PowerTheToys.com, which I hopefully will do a revamp sometime soon. Uh, I wanted to share the story on how I got my early bird mailer. This was about 12 years ago now, and I was doing my occasional searches through a local classified website. Um, this was long before Facebook Marketplace had taken off, and so really the only place to buy and sell were, you know, were sites like Craigslist or uh, 
or this one was actually done through a local um, newspaper. And uh, usually all I ever see for sale there are modern items and nothing vintage. Early turns up. But uh, so I happened to uh, find this listing, and all it says is I have an early bird special with Chewbacca, Luke Skywalker, R2D2, and Princess Leia. Original packaging from the 70s and the original box sent in the mail. The lightsaber in Luke's arm functions properly. Send an email if interested. Um, there were no photos with the listing, and so my initial assumption was that this was probably going to be the 2005 Hasbro version, and the seller was confused on the dates. Um, however, you know, I was really into mailers at this time, and um, an early bird mailer was kind of the last thing on my list that I needed, so I decided to reach out about it and just find out for sure. Um, a few days passed, and uh, I figured he'd probably sold it already or something had happened. Um, but I finally received a reply, and he still didn't have any photos. Um, but we had a little bit of discussion back and forth, and I asked a few questions, and things sounded like it was actually a vintage one, but I still wasn't 100% sure. Um, he, uh, we arranged to uh, meet up the following night at, at his work, which was you know, probably about a 20 minute drive for me, but I, you know, if this turned out to be the real deal, it was worth it. And, uh, he worked at a car dealership in the, uh, garage. And, uh, so I met him there and he had the white box just sitting there on his workbench when I, when I found him finally. And, uh, you know, there were sounds of cars being worked on and stuff as we were kind of doing this, this deal. And uh, have a look at the box. You know, he pulls it out, and it is indeed a vintage one. Um, he tells me that he's had these since childhood. Um, he opened the baggies and then really just displayed them. And, you know, having a look at them, the figures are very nice. You could tell they weren't, if they were played with, it was very lightly. Um, all the limbs are stiff. The paint looks good and all that. And then, you know, I have a look at the Luke, and I'm examining it. And it also was indeed a double telescoping version and the saber appeared to be fully intact, you know, because a lot of times, you know, the end of the saber can uh, break off, a little, you know, at least a little piece is missing. And uh, so anyway, we kind of, we worked out the deal, and, at, you know, at the time was a very good price for me, um, which he was happy, you know, that it was going to a good home, but, but at the same time, you know, it was... Uh, a uh, still a splurge for myself even at, even at the you know the good deal that he gave me and then uh anyway since buying those you know i did upgrade the baggy ones to go with my mailer set but i also keep the loose figures displayed right in front of that um just because i think it's you know good to uh keep that all intact and i haven't really had very many local finds so finding the early bird locally was you know something really special for my collection and you know that's probably if I ever sold, would be one of the last things that I would let go in my collection. Anyway, take care, guys, and uh, look forward to hearing more from you. Hello, everyone. My name is Milan Tanasquic. I am 47 years old and live in Sweden. My story today will be about uh, completing the trilogue of Mock Run. Uh, but the journey began five years ago uh, when I found my childhood collection containing mostly figures and started to collect again. And in the beginning, it was all about buying loose figures and army build all characters. Then, 
After around uh, 18 months, I bought my first mock, and uh, after that, it has just continued with uh, completing all kinds of mock runs possible. Uh, in the very first beginning, in my childhood collection, this fantastic cardback was in my childhood collection, and I was told in the beginning that this specific piece would be maybe the hardest mock to get uh, or, or even to find for a sale. So I knew that if I for any reason would go for the trial of a mock run one day, this would definitely be one of the harder pieces to find. So after completing the Star Wars run, the Empire Strikes Back run, the Return of the Jedi run and Power of the Force run, it ended up with the trial of a run and I gave it a shot and uh, of course General Modine would be the hardest one to get since I found 89 of the 90 mocks pretty fast but the missing piece was pretty much impossible to find and then from all of a sudden three months ago I got the opportunity to buy the very last piece General Medin Trilogo mint on card so since three months back I have completed the Trilogo mock run, which I am very happy for, as it is a huge achievement. So, um, the Star Wars story today is about my collecting life for five years, with being called Mr. WK in the beginning, since uh, since WK was my favorite figure, and everyone thought that I would actually go for the figures forever, but after buying the first mock back in the days it was just like a poison you wanted all of them so today i have the full trilogo mock run which is today's star wars story cheers hi this is dave reader and i'm delighted to have been asked to contribute to generation skywalker's 100th episode well done guys as for all of us i'm sure star wars has been a constant pretty much through my entire life I remember my first term at primary school in 1978, seeing kids bringing in these little plastic figures of Luke, Han, Darth, and wondering who they were. And for Christmas that year, I remember choosing my very first figure, an R2-D2. And not long after that, my big sister bought me the novel, and despite my name at that age, I wasn't a strong reader, but I looked at those photos on the census pages for hours, imagining the film playing out in my head again and again. I didn't actually get to see Star Wars in full until 1981, so every little bit of Star Wars, from bubblegum cards to magazine articles, a snippet on TV, a pencil with an image of Darth Vader on it, all of those are so precious. I guess that's why so many of us are so fond, have such fond memories of the merchandise from that era. Right the way through school and university, I remained the Star Wars guy. Even in the dark times, I was watching the films relentlessly, making model kits, and even buying the odd Bendham. Right the way through my adult life, I've collected all areas of Star Wars, from vintage to modern, and I was even lucky to be able to relive my youth through my son, who's also Star Wars crazy, and it's a good excuse to buy Lego Star Wars as well. But it wasn't until 2015 that I discovered that there was a community of like-minded collectors out there, through podcasts like Generation Skywalker and Facebook groups like Echo and Jabbers, I was suddenly not collecting in isolation anymore. And boy, it's a lot more fun discussing Star Wars with friends. So cheers to Generation Skywalker's 100th episode, and here's to 100 more. Cheers, guys. Hey, everybody. My name is Gus Lopez, and I'm a Star Wars collector. 
and uh, really congrats to Generation Skywalker on the hundredth show. Uh, it's it's uh, it's awesome to hit that major milestone. I had a quick Star Wars tale I wanted to share. Uh, so this is a story from a galaxy far, far away on. My second trip to Tunisia, which is the country where many of you know they filmed uh, the planet Tatooine in several of the Star Wars films, I was visiting in 1999 in a remote desert town called Nefta, and I was talking to a local person there who had bought a lot of the set dressing after they finished filming the Phantom Menace. And so he had a lot of it, mostly a scrap, but I, I, you know, I wanted to bring back souvenirs and so on. Anyway, so I'm in this rural desert town near the Algerian border and this uh, this four-wheel drive vehicle pulls up has the Imperial logo on it and out comes this guy and he goes, are you Gus? And I I was like, what? I am in the middle of nowhere and this guy knows my name and uh, and he was uh, Philippe Vanny who's this Star Wars fan from France and he had, um, I had heard of him actually and he had was one of the earliest to go to Tunisia. And uh, and somehow he figured out I was there at the same time, and he found me, and uh, we became friends ever since. We've done, I've traveled with him in Tunisia a couple times, and uh, it was the craziest story of, like, in the most remote area in the world to run into another Star Wars fan who had never met, uh, who had, had, you know, had heard of each other. And so... That was uh, that was a great moment for me, um, and it shows you just sort of how Star Wars connects everybody around the world. So, uh, happy 100th show to Generation Skywalker, and hope you enjoy the quick story. Hi, my name's Jordan. Uh, I work in the coffee industry. I recently did a video with the lovely Craig and the people at Generation Skywalker on coffee and cool things from Star Wars. So... What Star Wars means to me personally, it just makes me think of just my childhood and my mum was a child of the 70s. She introduced us to people like David Bowie and Blondie and then it was like different films and TV shows and one of those films was Star Wars. So we just kind of grew up watching it and it was just me and my mum and my brother and we used to absolutely love it. We'd love all the characters as you can see, we loved, you know, like the Ewoks and it was just cool for me as well to see like people like Princess Leia, like that character who has got urgency. She's strong. She's, you know, absolute badass and like can also save herself, like doesn't need like a man or something to come in and save it, even though they're like this lovely group that come together. And the story itself is it's great. It's just so cool. And it's nice to see how each generation is constantly developing the story or how looking back or finding different avenues you can take in cartoons and like online series like it's just amazing that it's not ever really died like you can see sometimes with certain other franchises and I think it's a huge testament to the story they tell and how they make you feel included and how that's really spread into that wider community and Plus, you can't go wrong with how cool all the merch is and everything like that. So I just really enjoy it. And it's nice to keep digging into it and seeing how they did the special effects and how that's grown over the years. I just find it fascinating. So, yeah, cheers to Star Wars and cheers to Generation Skywalker. Thank you. Hi, I'm Nick Shear and I've been a Star Wars toy collector since my late teens. 
I would like to give you a quick snapshot of my experiences of the collecting world over the past decades and how it has changed beyond what I could ever imagine back then. I was too old to have had the toys as a child. My first memory of seeing them as they started to slowly appear at toy fairs in the late 80s. I was captivated by the artwork on the cards and the boxes and the simplicity of the figures themselves. I can still remember the first item that I bought. It was a boxed ATST with the Hoff scene from a toy fair in Tunbridge Wells on a hot Sunday morning. And that was it. I was totally captivated. The next big thing that I discovered was Stan Sweet's book from concept to screen to collectible in a WH Smith's. It was a real eye-opener to what was out there. I remember using a copy of the pages with all the figures on as a check sheet to which ones I had and which ones I still needed to collect. There was, of course, Model and Collector's Mark magazine with its listings including the late Jim Stevenson's, which was always worth looking at very closely in case there was a bargain to be had. There never was. Chisholm Sci-Fi was the big one for me, and once you was in the queue to get in, your mind would be in overdrive wondering what treasure would be coming home with you. Of course, they were the pre-internet days before the instant gratification that we all experience now. Mocks were often pulled straight from shipping boxes and put onto the tables. Kenner cards were considered the king of the crop back then, with the likes of Trilogo being looked down upon by a lot of collectors. And of course, there was only two main variants, carded and loose, and repo weapons were made of metal. How things have changed. But it was an insular time as well. There wasn't any way of connecting with others. Forums on Facebook have certainly changed that part of the hobby for the better, with making connections and helping others find the items that are looking for, a very rewarding part of the hobby. The biggest game changer happened, of course, with the advent of the internet. And of course, then eBay. This changed everything again as you were suddenly aware of so much more that was available worldwide and with cheap prices and cheap shipping making buying from the US an absolute joy. Again, how things have changed. It's an ever-changing world that we collect little bits of plastic in but long may the hobby exist to take our minds off the trials of day-to-day -day life. I wonder what's around the next corner that would dramatically change the way we collect. Whatever it is, it'll be interesting, that's for sure. And a massive congratulation to Generation Skywalker on their 100th show. I'm Jez's mum. I think I started all this Star Wars for him. When he was about six or seven, I bought him his first Star Wars figure. And if he was poorly, he might get another one. Or if he did well at school, he would have another one. But I never thought 40 years later... I would still be buying Star Wars. But anyway, congratulations on the 100th. May the force be with you. Perfect. Mum, you're a legend. Speak soon. <laughs> <laughs> now, we enhance a lot of videos. Most of our um, podcasts are, are enhanced. But these are, are like two, three-hour videos which go over to YouTube. And that's a big commitment. And uh, uh, there was a point in time when... I thought that perhaps we needed some shorter content within the videos and Craig went away and he took snippets from shows like interesting topics to do Skywalker Blast, which we named them. But um, I also came up with a concept called The Committee. And basically we, we pick a topic, um, for example, we have done so far the best lightsaber duels, uh, the greatest original trilogy put-downs, um, I'm trying to think what else we've done. The greatest moments from Attack of the Clones, which was in Attack of the Clones month. 
and a couple of others. I think we've done five of these in total so far. And we have a discussion about different things and, and we put forward ideas. We then go away and vote and then we can collate the votes. There's normally five people on the um, committee. We collate the votes and we then have a top ten countdown which we then release as a video. And we've had guests on to do this. We had uh, Peter Lee on for two of the shows, now a member of Generation Skywalker. And we had Ian Trussler on the last two shows. What I will say is, there's definitely foul play sometimes in there. Um, I think Craig is a big one for tactically voting. And Ian was very much of that uh, ilk as well. As you can see here, this is a clip after the countdown from the lightsaber duels. He's got uh, Vader and Luke from the end of Return of the Jedi as only the 10th best in his countdown list, which obviously caused it to drop right down our countdown. Very strategic. Can you name nine lightsaber jewels better than that? I very much doubt it. So we're going to hear that clip now where Jez defends it and um, Dan also has it down in seventh. So, yeah, a bit of negativity again. We hear it all the time, the negativity and the positivity balanced here between Jez and Dan. But uh, it's quite clear in this clip, you'll see. But um, if you want to be part of the committee, drop me a line. We've got some really good ones coming up. We've got one based on Vader, one based on the sequels. Uh, I think we've got uh, going to have one for Return of the Jedi Month. And um, I might actually knock one out for Celebration. So all these topics to come in the next few months. But if you fancy being on the committee, drop us an email. And uh, we will get you on one of our committee shows. They're a great, a great fun to record. They're, it's a good, it's a good evening and uh, some good banter. But um, let's listen to this clip about foul play in the lightsaber drills. Hang on, kid. This way, smell that kid. Probably it'll keep you warm. Until I get the shelter up. Ah. Ah. I thought they smelled bad. On the outside. Ah. Uh, gents, that is the lightsaber discussion. Um, I'll tell you now, Luke and Vader only beat the Phantom Menace um, lightsaber fight by a single point. But... Um, Point-wise, the Luke and Vader from Return of the Jedi, Jez, now I know you'll be interested in this, finished 11 points behind the Empire Strikes Back. Are you surprised at that? Um, do you know what? I'm massively surprised that it came behind Revenge of the Sith, which was just a load of sort of twirling majorettes. Uh, you know, the, oh my goodness, for me, no, I am your father. That's, that's after the battle. That's, you know, the battle is finished. The lightsabers have gone from Luke's point of view obviously Vader's still got one in his hand but yeah a good committee a good top 10 but I'm um yeah oh, lost for I, words I have to come to this okay so the two <laughs> the two Luke and Vader fights were every everybody's number ones here okay so myself and Jez had both voted Return of the Jedi as number one and Dan and Ian both voted Empire Strikes Back as number one, as was discussed at the start of the discussion. But I wonder here, boys, I'm coming to you, Ian and Dan here, whether there was some tactical voting here, because me and Jez both had the ESB one in the top three. 
Whereas, Dan, you had the Return of the Jedi fight down in seventh. And Ian, you had it down in tenth. With there's been some foul play in, in play here. Because... I, 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 I will say that I think, and I can say this wholeheartedly, that the Luke versus Vader fight is... There's, there's not a lot to it, and I don't think it's a great battle. I think the climax of Return of the Jedi is brilliant. I agree with you there. The whole culmination of the trilogy, the actual fight itself, nothing really happens. Nothing really happens. You need to like no, Star Wars more. No, I there's do more like going Star Wars on in more, there. But there's better lightsaber battles, is what I'm saying. You've got Yoda. So I, I, I'll stand by my score. There was no tactical voting on my part. Okay. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. No tactics there whatsoever. <laughs> I compiled my original top five. Luke, Luke Vader from Jedi wasn't in it, and it wasn't even one of my backup ones. I mean, it's a it's a great scene, but as a fight, it's it's more Luke just defending against Vader. Only right at the end, when Vader sort of threatens to corrupt Leia, if you like, that Luke. Loses his shit. Nah, no, no. Right, that's my. You're wrong, right? No, you're wrong. Because right at the beginning, right at the beginning, when Luke goes to get the Emperor, so Luke goes to get the Emperor, he then starts battling Vader, cutscene to a different scene, comes back to that scene, kicks him downstairs. Kicks him downstairs. How can you say that's him defending himself? He's yeah, got the hands. Then he goes he's... on the defence after that. He jumps away from he's... him. He runs away and he hides. Yeah. I will not kill you, Father. <laughs> it's, it's great Star Wars, right? It's, I mean, there's so much more to that. I, it is a great, it is great Star Wars, but it's not a great light, lightsaber duel. Hi, my name's Julian. Uh, I live up in Chester. I'm just lucky enough to be 50 years old and I've been collecting Star Wars since I bought my first R2-D2 in 1977 or 78 at the age of four or five. Uh, fell in love with Star Wars from the start. I remember I saw uh, A New Hope in the classic cinema in Southport uh, and then obviously fell in love further with Empire and Return of the Jedi and continue collecting the figures right up until uh, prior to the release of The Last 17 because I never remember The Last 17 from my childhood. Uh, my teenage years brought liaisons with cider and cigarettes and unfortunately I sold the lot uh, in the late 80s bar a single R2 unit which was the first figure I bought. And I thought that was the end of my love of Star Wars because I kind of degenerated into the teenager and then the early 20s. And it was only in the early 2000s when I got my first proper job that I discovered eBay and started slowly buying things back and, and developed a, almost a complete loose collection of vintage only, none, um, a couple of droids bits. And, and then started displaying it in various parts of various houses as, as as we kind of you know move from one house to another and then the last chapter is 18 months ago i i stopped drinking i made a decision at the age of 48 and a half that it was time to stop boozing and all the money i saved uh, which is thousands i've plowed into starting to buy mocks and it was last month that i completed an 81 run of uh 
box um, with all of them fully sealed uh, and that's been my passion for the last year and will I collect the last 17 on the card? Probably not because they weren't a part of my childhood although I do have them loose so that's me. So hello Generation Skywalker. Congratulations on 100 episodes. That's quite the feat. Um, Keep it going. Can't wait till you reach 200. But anyway, uh, thanks for inviting me. This is Becca Benjamin from Tarkin's Top Shelf. Um, I appreciate this opportunity to talk about something special in my life that has to do with Star Wars. So I think I'll tell the tale from Star Wars Celebration Orlando in 2010. I brought my son that year. He was eight years old. He is now 20 and still talks about this memory. Anyway, we were on the first day in the main hall, um, and it was getting ready to close. And so there was very few people walking around, and I was helping him with his backpack. And we started walking away, and I noticed in front of us there was a group of five people. And there was a gentleman in the center, and of course all I could see is the back of everybody. And he was wearing a black cowboy hat. And not putting everything together that when a big hall like that is lacking people, you know, your voice tends to echo. And I'm loud anyway, (laughs) in case you haven't figured that out. Um, I said to my son, I go, I wonder if that's Dave Filoni, you know, from the Clone Wars. And sure enough, the whole little entourage of people, they all stop dead in their tracks and a few of them turn around and of course you see the gentleman's head with the cowboy hat just go forward like ugh (laughs) turns around puts his arms out like Han Solo like yeah it's me so it was Dave Filoni it was great we had a few moments to talk with Dave Uh, Dave was just so kind and sweet and took the time to get down on one knee and talk to my son and Asked him what he liked about the Clone Wars, because remember, Clone Wars was only like two years in at the time, um, and what he wanted to see more of, you know, and it was interesting because Dave kept looking at me. I'm like, no, talk to my son. I go, he's your he's your audience. I'm already invested. I'm not going anywhere. I'm a lifer, but you need to keep him, you know, and so he pursued asking my son, you know, what he was looking forward to most. And of course, shy and eight and, you know, just full of nerves. He's just like, I want more, more clones. So of course he's gotten so much more with the clones. Um, You know, obviously the Clone Wars went on for seven seasons. We also get the Bad Batch, which obviously features more clones so he's pretty ecstatic that the things he's asked for he's gotten over time um and this story just comes full circle for me specifically because just this past celebration um in anaheim uh i had the opportunity to you know have a panel a fan panel of ahsoka tano sitting alongside of ann convery Um, And she's awesome. She did the only original short story anthology for the Clone Wars book, uh, Tales of the Light and Dark. And um, her short story is Bug. Anyway, she was able to join us on our panel. And then on the following day, she had an extra VIP ticket to 
watch Dave talk about Tales of the Jedi. So she gave that to me and I got to sit with her during that panel. It was just, like I said, a full, full circle moment and I couldn't be more honored and grateful that through that we developed a friendship. And, you know, my son gets to meet Dave in 2010 and come 2000, you know, 22, I am now, you know, friends with Anne Convery. So just awesome. Star Wars is more than just a movie of video game, books, comics. It's about friends and lifelong bonds. So yeah, that's my story. So happy 100th episode and here's to another 100. Thanks guys. May the force be with you. Greetings, exalted ones. Allow me to introduce myself. This is Mike Cooper from Hamden, Connecticut in the United States of America. I just want to say congrats on 100 episodes. I believe I've listened to every single one and it's phenomenal podcast. Anyway, I've been asked to uh, share a, a Star Wars memory. There are so many because Star Wars has been in my life since I've really had memories, but I'll go with uh, one that stands out the most is Kenner's customer service, at least in America. When um, I was a kid, I sent away for the emperor. It took a really long time for the emperor to arrive uh, in the mail. And so uh, my dad, who was as enthusiastic about the figures back then as I was, got on the phone and called Kenner in in, uh, Ohio to see what the deal was. And they were uh, very uh, contrite and, you know, very sensitive to the fact that we didn't get our figure. And they sent us an emperor uh, mint on the card and wanted to know if there are any other figures that we that we were interested in. And uh, back then, during the Jedi era, of course, the uh, A New Hope Princess Leia was notoriously hard to find. So uh, with my dad on the phone, he said, yeah, we can't find the Princess Leia. And they sent us the two figures. Still have both card backs. And that happened again uh, about a year or two later when Power of the Force figures were out. We were able to find all of the f- new figures with coins at Toys R Us here in Connecticut, all except for Luke Skywalker in Stormtrooper disguise and Luke Skywalker in his Endor poncho. And same thing, uh, my dad got on the phone with Kenner and said, we're having a hard time finding them. And six to eight business days later, we had those in the collection. Still have the figures and the card backs and everything. Anyway, keep up the good work, gents. And uh, here's to at least a hundred, if not thousands more episodes. Cheers. Loads of stories throughout this episode, which is brilliant. And it occurred to me earlier on that it's not just stories of people who have been into Star Wars for ages. Now, my young nephew first discovered Star Wars about six months ago. So I wanted to have a quick call with him to find out about how his Star Wars journey is beginning. Let's go and chat to Harrison. All right, so Harrison, I'm coming to you because, as you know, we're doing loads of stories, people's Star Wars stories. But you've only kind of really recently discovered Star Wars, haven't you? Yes, I have. When did you start getting into it? Probably around mid, maybe like mid-early-ish 2022. Right. And I, how do I put this, uh... I started, I was on like YouTube and I Star Wars videos started popping up and I was like, hey, I really like this. 
So I went on to Disney Plus. I sort of watched the first couple of movies and I was like, wow, I actually really like this. Mm-hmm. And I just started watching and watching. And as time went on, I just got really into it. Brilliant. Like the rest of us. So yes. what have you seen so far? Because I said to you, you might want to start and do it in this order. So where yes. are you? Because it's been ages. So I've watched all of the movies. Yeah. I'm now going into the series. I've watched most of the Clone Wars. Right. Season one of the Bad Batch. Season one of the Mandalorian. Oh. And I'm sure there was something else as Rebels? well. Rebels? No, I haven't started Rebels, I haven't started yet. Rebels yet. Okay. What's your favourite? Or oh, probably the Clone Wars. Right, yeah. I'm into yeah. that sort of era, the Republic era. Oh, brilliant. That sounds great. What would you say is the best thing about Star Wars? I know you just said the Clone Wars, but is there any person in particular or is there any ship? Uh, if it had to be like ship, kind of like capital ship or something, it would have to be the Venator class. Oh, wow. Not, I'm not, not quite sure about that one. Mm, awkward. It appears in a like a quick scene at the start of episode three, I think. Amazing. Yeah, I know that you are a, a very knowledgeable person. Very quickly when it comes to stuff, you do immerse yourself into things, don't you? Which is wonderful. Yeah. So, did Star Wars feature this year for Christmas? Yes, definitely. <laughs> what did you get? So I got. Some of it was for my birthday, some of it was for Christmas, but they're quite close together. So I have the Lego UCS R2-D2, Millennium Falcon, ATTE, the Separatist Alliance AAT, so that's the Armored Assault Tank, Luke's X-Wing, the normal Empire TIE Fighter, the Star Wars Trench Run Diorama. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. a republic tank wow can i come round your house and play that is an amazing <laughs> list if you want to <laughs> brilliant stuff oh harrison that's brilliant i'm so excited for you having begun your star wars journey now is mum around uh she's just gone downstairs i think right because you know that i've known your mum for 22 years yeah and she had never watched a star wars movie she had tried a couple of times and apparently fallen asleep now how is she with you watching star wars is this something you do together now we have watched them together and she's really enjoyed them amazing that's a great story nice one harrison that's really really good to know mate thank you ever so much now me and you are gonna have a proper chat about star wars without anyone else listening yeah (laughs) awesome (laughs) Do you know what? It was brilliant. We chatted for so long and his knowledge in, in the certain things that he really, really likes, be it his own observations or opinions, which he's also sort of coming to the conclusions based on what he's seen on YouTube and, and, and other YouTubers and stuff. It's really, really fascinating. I had a great conversation with him and it really made me think, hmm, maybe we need to do this some more. I might, I might talk to the team about maybe generation skywalker juniors session where every every quarter or so we're able to speak to you know the youth the young ones the the next generation who are coming through 
and getting their point of view, getting their say, giving them a platform. I mean, they've probably all got platforms anyway, as YouTubers, no doubt. But yeah, Generation Skywalker, the next generation, Generation Skywalker Juniors. It, it was brilliant. And uh, yeah, good on you, Harrison. I'm going to enjoy watching your story develop. Generation Skywalker listeners, aloha from Beeline Creative. Now, Craig asked me to recap a Star Wars memory, story, tale of meeting someone, etc., but that I had to do it in under two minutes. So here goes. Since I have yet to be invited to be an extra on The Mandalorian, John, Dave, if you're listening, I'm free. I'll just try and sum up a little about Star Wars and how it's impacted my life and my company. We created this crazy concept called Geeky Tiki's back in 2014, which meshed together my love for Star Wars characters and tiki culture. What started as a rough concept that we really knew, we, we, we didn't know we'd get it off the ground, let alone approval from Lucasfilm, has turned into a core brand for my business and allowed myself and our team to extend the line across hundreds of other licensed properties and really kind of dive in deep to the Star Wars world, exploring characters, environments, vehicles, that we weren't really familiar with. With this research, we've also had the opportunity to learn more about the behind the scenes of Star Wars, its prop builders, its movie magic tricks, not to mention meet other licensees who share a similar passion for the franchise. Having the Star Wars license has also allowed us the opportunities to collaborate with amazing artists like the artist Shag, and it's opened up the opportunity to turn our Geeky Tiki's collectible line of drinkware into a true lifestyle brand, which now spans Aloha shirts, exotic t-shirts, throw blankets, fine art, and more. What started as, a, as just one series of six mugs has turned into a product line now spanning across hundreds of characters, vehicles, and environments, and we're just getting our feet wet. So we look forward to sharing with everyone what's coming down the pipeline and appreciate all the support we've received across the pond. Congratulations to our friends at Generation Skywalker on 100 episodes. Cheers. I'm David Thomas, and I wanted to share my favorite scene from the Star Wars movies with you. Luke has prematurely ended his training with Yoda and sped to the Cloud City to rescue his friends. He confronts Darth in the carbon freezing chamber, unaware at this time that he is facing his father. It is simply good versus evil. Luke rises from the platform into deathly silence, surrounded by steamy smoke. The lighting is gorgeous, slats of vibrant orange cutting into the darkness. Vader stands amongst the steam in silhouette, a vision of darkness. Both ignite their lightsabers, adding to the contrast of dark and light and signalling that the duel is about to commence. Luke displays the skills he has learned from Yoda. Could he already be a Jedi? Could he actually defeat Darth Vader? We'll learn he's full of surprises. Vader knocks him to the ground, but Luke, visibly shaken, controls his anger and goes back for more. Pipes get severed, the steam is rising and the duel intensifies. Luke forces Vader back. He's on the brink of exhaustion. Vader loses his balance and falls into the pit. Luke deactivates his saber and silence returns to the chamber. He follows Vader into the pit, not daring to believe that this is the end. It's beautifully shot, tensely choreographed and perfectly pitches light versus dark. This scene still has me spellbound. Greetings, pop pickers. 
Mark Baker here from Jabba's Court and Ula's Booty. Just dropping a line to wish Generation Skywalker a happy 100th birthday. I'd like to thank you all for the hard work that the team put into each and every episode, making them all varied and different, but always an interesting listen when I'm driving, which helps pass the time. So what is Star Wars to me? Well, there's a world of subsections in Star Wars collecting, but for me, it's the action figures. The catch them all mentality, the studying of them, the displaying of them and the social aspects of the online community. Many who have become trusted friends in real life. The other reason is the nostalgia. A figure, an image or a sound can give you a fleeting flashback so palpable you can almost be back in your childhood. A whisper of a memory can be invoked, almost ghost-like when you pick up a collectible. You get an almost tangible feeling of where you were when you saw that carded figure in a shop. A special Christmas from long ago, or playing in a school friend's garden, re-enacting scenes from the film. You can feel it in the pit of your stomach, or a lightness in your head, for just a split second. But then just as you try to grab it, it's gone. When we become a man, we are expected to put away childish things. But thanks to podcasts like Generation Skywalker... We get permission to be a child once again. Happy 100th episode, episode, Generation Skywalker. Thanks for all the brilliant studio content in the last few years. Uh, It's been amazing. Uh, We just can't get enough of Generation Skywalker. Here's to another awesome 100 episodes. Yeah, cheers, guys. Woo! Hi, I'm Alan Norris from South Wales, and my relationship with Star Wars started back at the very beginning, back in 1978, I would have been three or four years old when I saw it on the big screen for the first time, and it got me from the very start. John Williams' immense score, the Star Destroyer filling the screen, Vader appearing, the droids, Chewie, and, of course, my childhood hero, Luke Skywalker. It got me from the get-go, and all the way through that until the end of the first trilogy with Return of the Jedi, I got everything I could, collected as many toys as I could, T-shirts, whatever I could get with Star Wars rated, I would have it. And then it was a bit of a wait until the Ten of the Island trilogy came out in the late 80s, early 90s. But yeah, that got me back into Star Wars in a big way as well. Collected all the books, read all the novels, comic books, again, anything that I could get hold of until the prequel trilogy came along, which I was able to share then with my son, who's also into Star Wars in a big way. Maybe not as big as me, but, you know, you hope they follow in your footsteps. And, yeah, love everything about Star Wars. I just love that we're living in a golden age now with amazing shows, Mandalorian, Book of Boba Fett, and loving Andor. The Clone Wars, how that evolved into the television series, that was must-watch for me. And, yeah, and my biggest memory of Star Wars, my most treasured memory is meeting Mark Hamill at Celebration Europe 2016. Told him he was my childhood hero. I got that smile and the point off him, saying he loved hearing that. And that wasn't 41-year-old me meeting Mark. It was four-year-old me meeting his childhood hero, Luke Skywalker. Hi, this is uh, ZRSV. Uh, So I'm a vintage collector. I've been collecting over 30 years, but the last 10 years... My focus has been on mint on cards. Uh, prior to the mint on cards, I was into trading cards and uh, vintage sticker albums. 
So Stu asked me uh, about one of my favorite uh, collecting memories, and I thought about the Kenner uh, movie viewer, which I discovered uh, as a kid in the summer of 1978 when I went to the States, and I fell in love with this toy. Um, in the world where there was no internet, uh, no video home system, uh, this was the only way I could uh, reconnect with the movie experience of what was Star Wars. Um, I used to replay the movie within the, the, the tape for hours and hours. Uh, and I'm so excited that in the last uh, few years I managed to uh, get boxed versions of it, of it. I even got some of the accessories and even a graded uh, box item. And finally, I want to say congratulations to Jerusha Skywalker, uh, to Stu, Jez, uh, and the rest of, of the team. You guys are doing a fantastic job. Uh, please keep it up. It's hard to single out a favourite show, um, but I do like it when we go off-piste. Uh, the beer shows spring instantly to mind. The island of Dr. Modesto still stands out as fun. The art costumes and sound shows in Attack of the Clones month were great, as was interviewing my indie hero, Darren Heyman, about Star Wars figures and his folksy paintings. But if I have to point to one, it would be Show 40, the Seth Elwell interview. As an older collector, more prone to pondering about the future of vintage collecting, it was great to chat to an 11-year-old who clearly has the curiosity and passion to keep the flame burning for the next generation. It was also my first solo interview and edit, so yeah, it was an achievement on that level too. It's not a show full of incredible finds or stunning displays, just a very relatable tale of a shy lad and a loving dad bonding over the sole survivor of a childhood action figure collection. You do not yet realize your importance. You have only begun to discover your power. Join me, and I will complete your training. With our combined strength, we can end this destructive conflict and bring order to the galaxy. I'll never join you! If you only knew the power of the dark side, Obi-Wan never told you what happened to your father. He told me enough. He told me you killed him. No. I am your father. No. No. It's not true. So you find this Rebel Commando in a box and your dad explains a little bit about what it is and where it's come from. And that obviously you know, captured your imagination. If you go into any toy shop now and you look at the action figures that are available for Marvel or any of those things, they're actually quite sophisticated. They've got lots of joints. They look like the people they're supposed to look like. Um, and the old Star Wars figures, they're a little bit, I guess, crude. They're, they're not as sophisticated or as... Uh, uh, well, modern looking, I guess. So there, there must have been a, an appeal. You thought, yeah, this is this is cool. I like this. What's, what, can you remember what you thought in terms of why you liked it so much? Or? Yeah, I think that the first figures looked better than the ones today. I mean, they're a bit more basic, the ones like back in the first films, but the ones that you get these days, I think they just look a bit, you know, like too... Too, almost good. too finished, yeah, don't they? Yeah, 
Yeah, they're almost too good in some respects. I mean, that's a really interesting and fascinating to get your your perspective on that. So you've got your Rebel Commando. How did you find out about the others? What did you do to go and look up the the full range? And, and what was it that inspired you to collect the set? Well, I think when we found, found the Rebel Commando, I think Dad was looking at some of them on eBay mm-hmm. and just looking at like old figures and stuff. And then I thought they was a stupid price for just one figure. But I think over time, I think I started to like the figures because I started to watch the films more. Looking at the figures and getting into the figures made you go and go back, return to the movies and, and, and relive those. Yeah. I'm guilty of probably fueling it because I started to disappear down rabbit holes on eBay and start looking at all these characters and trying to remember the figures that we did have before, but before they were lost. So I think we both started looking, didn't we? And I think we thought, yeah, this could be really good if we could get a full set together. And I think it kind of refueled a, a passion for me as well to get those figures that I probably didn't have as a child. What did you think, Rich, to the, you know, the prices and the, the whole world that's been built up around this? It's very deep. It's quite an established hobby. It is. I mean, I've always been aware how, how big the hobby is, you know, not least through yourself and how, how into it you are. Um, but, yeah, I, I, knew, I knew it was out there as a, big, as a big interest. And I think when I saw the prices, as I said before, I can remember going down to Asda and they were on the back wall by the checkouts, which was good strategic placing for, you know, for parents to get the money out. And they were £1.49 or £1.59. And now when you see the cards, now the card is figures with £1.59 on and it's a, I don't know, a vinyl cape jower. You can, <laughs> they went for about 29 grand. Was, yeah, you can't believe it. So I think what it made me think, I, I just wish I just wish you could turn back time and go into Alstra and buy the whole collection, you know, all the figures for £1.59. I think it kind of thought, God, it's, it's amazing how, you know, how sought after they are. But where's the fun in that? Well, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Hello, Generation Skywalker, and thank you for letting me join you on your 100th episode to share one of my Star Wars tales. For those who don't already know me, my name's Alistair Kirkland. I've been a Star Wars fan and collector probably most of my life. And my collection now consists of uh, a little bit of everything, I think, probably from vintage mock runs to right up to modern pieces and some promotional items and store displays. I had some great memories from uh, collecting and going to big events, or going to celebrations. But why don't I share with yourselves and everyone on Generation Skywalker is something that's actually developed from my own professional career and it's allowed me to have probably one of the best or certainly most memorable Star Wars experiences. So my job now actually after leading the police about 10 years ago involves looking after the security of individuals and one day I get a phone call from my friend uh, he says I've got a job for you next week I want a clear schedule. So I did exactly that. I also knew being a fan that the uh, Star Wars premieres for the sequels were about to start and sure enough he got me allocated to one of the cast members and I stayed with that cast member, providing them sort of security for all their sort of premiere events, and after parties, award ceremonies. So we get to the last film, Rise of Skywalker. And uh, what would normally happen is when they would get into the theatre or cinema that would be uh, showing the premiere, I would wait by the door just inside the uh, screen, but never really got to actually enjoy the films. You know, I was working. But this one was different. I was handed a ticket. Uh, to watch the premiere with the cast and crew. It's one of those moments where I definitely had to pinch myself. I was working, 
Like I was now sat in the theatre surrounded by uh, all these actors and actresses who have played roles that I'd enjoy so much on the screen, sort of past and present, and watching and soaking up the premiere of the film with them. Incredible experience for a Star Wars fan, and certainly the cherry on the cake for one of my experiences. And I hope you've enjoyed listening to that. And Generation Skywalker, 100th episode, great effort, guys. Carry on the good work. May the Force be with you. Hello, everyone. I'm Josie Eclipse from Canada. And my first ever memory when I was very little was of watching Return of the Jedi with my two older brothers on the sofa, which became a regular occurrence. And experiencing this magic that we love from Star Wars from such an early age has definitely shaped my life to make Star Wars a huge priority for me. I just love finding friends that understand that same feeling that we share that Star Wars gives them too. And my favorite trips now are to go to Star Wars conventions and find these people, especially at Star Wars Celebration. This is truly magical, and it feels like the Force brings us all together, because none of us would have these memories or new friends without Star Wars. I have met the love of my life through Star Wars collecting and that same mutual passion that we share. Now, both of us make special swag to give away at conventions, to keep spreading our love of Star Wars, and to bring even more happiness into the world. I am forever grateful for Star Wars, and I wouldn't be who I am today without the Force. Hey guys, this is Ron Salvatore checking in um, for your 100th episode. Congratulations. Uh, Stu asked me to tell a story, asked me to keep it short. I'm not even sure that's possible. Uh, to keep it short, I mean. Um, but the story I, I was thinking of was the story of High Catline, um, who is, he still is, uh, a former Kenner employee and was the man who was in charge of Kenner's um, Toy Fair showroom in Manhattan for, for quite a few years during the vintage era. Uh, and High lived um, at one time in Rockland County, New York, which is pretty close to me, about, you know, 45 minutes away. Um, so... At one time, in the late 90s, High had got the bright idea to start selling some of the things he had saved from Kenner, and he was a real pack rat, um, and so he advertised in Toy Shop, which was the big marketplace of that time, and the thing he advertised um, was Power of the Force maps, so, so unused maps that were put into Power for, the Power of the Force vehicles. Um, and people who saw that, who were smart, realized that, hey, that's pretty odd that someone would have these Power of the Force maps... And so they reached out to him, you know, to see what else he might have. You know, Chris Dragulius was one of them. Uh, it turns out he had a lot of stuff. You know, he had uh, a Han Hoth doll, you know, with the full outfit, the unproduced Han Hoth 12-inch uh, coin album with the actual sticker on it. He had some Toy Fair signs, and I believe he also had some revenge carded figures. So pretty good stuff. And he ended up selling this to uh, several of the guys who had reached out to him. You know, it was Chris Dragulius. I think Chris had had alerted Gus Lopez to it. Mark Salati was another guy who was aware of it. I think John Kellerman may have been involved. Um, but anyway, he sold this stuff kind of to the to the highest bidder, and those guys ended up with these great pieces. And, and it was around that time, again, it was like 97, that I had gotten to know Chris, Chris Dragulius pretty well, and he had put me on to high. Of course, after those guys got all the good stuff, I, I got to, to go on and, and, and meet him because I lived pretty close. Chris, Chris knew that I lived pretty close to him. And so I went and met him. Um, he still had a lot of stuff, production stuff, and at that time I was going to school in Westchester County, New York, and High was on the way back to, to home for me, and so I used to stop by his house after college, 
and basically hang out with him for a couple of hours. His wife would make us diet, diet Pepsis and cookies, and we'd go into his basement, and I'd help him sort through his carded figures, because he wanted to sell those, he didn't really know what he had. Uh, right, so I would catalog, and he just had tons of super mint carded figures, Empire, Jedi, Power of the Force. I don't think he really had many Star Wars. And he had other stuff as well, like just boxes of loose figures, and he had like a whole stack of boxed, unused Toy Center, Return of the Jedi store displays, um, and I helped him kind of catalog all that stuff. So it was a process over several months, and of course I'm a collector, so I'm trying to buy stuff from him, and I, you know, I must have gotten 30 or 40 carded figures from him over that period. Um, you know, at market prices, but pretty good, and they were super mint, coming straight from a Kenner employee. Um, and it was great, because at the same time, I was also working on this big collection uh, on the other side of the river, or the Hudson River, and I'd go back and forth between the two, trying to make my money work and buy as much stuff as I could, uh, you know, and, and because other friends were coming into the area, and they wanted to meet high, it was a great opportunity to meet people for the first time. I think I met Rob Johnson for the first time in High's basement, Will Grief, I think I met for the first time at High's house. Um, I'd, I'd met Gus before, but I remember he came up once, and we, we went to both of my big leads and, and bought things on the same weekend. But yeah, I mean, some of the other things that we ended up finding at High's were I got a removable limb C-3PO that was basically a mock-up, like an early prototype made off of uh, the original C-3PO. And I remember Will Grief found a, a proto-molded Luke Jedi with a with a prototype lightsaber. That was a huge find. I kicked myself. You know, Will got to that, looked in that box before I did, and he pulled that thing out. Um, but like I said, it was a great experience. Hi is still a friend. He lives in California now. Uh, he's been out to Celebration a few times and taking pictures with some of his old buddies. Great guy. Great memories. And uh, that's my story, so I hope it wasn't too long. Uh, congrats again, guys. I'll talk to you soon. Hi, Stu. Hi, Generation Skywalker. My name is Jamie Acott. You'll find me on Facebook on Jebba's Variant Hunters and as a member of the team at Variant Villains. I've got a few childhood memories of Star Wars that mostly come from staring at all at the toy aisles and Tesco's and picking out a Darth Vader's TIE Fighter for Christmas 1982. Or being put in a quandary when I received two Gamorrean guards for Christmas in 1984 and not knowing whether to keep them. But my favourite memories come from when I got back into collecting when I was at university. I was in my second year in 1997 at Nottingham, and we found a place to live miles from anywhere and anyone in Mapperley. We spent the year as recluses, charity shopping, car booting and doing pub quizzes at our local. The special editions came out in January of that year, and we were all collecting the Tazos. I remember I'd never heard of Doritos before that year, but I munched my way through hundreds of bags of cool Dorito-flavoured crisps, on my way to completing the album. I've got a soft spot for that album and I still have my original one. And every time I open a bag of Doritos, it takes me back to Star Wars and one of the happiest times of my life. 1997 was also the summer of car boot sales. I have a memory of one summer's day walking around the boot sale with my Walkman playing Mosley Shoals by Ocean Colour Scene. That particular day, I picked up two Jawas, a cloth cape version and a vinyl cape variant. Fast forward to today and it turns out it was a cut down Kenobi cape you can only dream. But I still think of Star Wars and boot sales and smile every time I hear the day we caught the train. So the story I want to share with you today is about this very, very rare Mechano factory sealed 8-pack of Square Gadget Wild Star Wars training back cadet figures. So those packs are extremely rare and uh, the only one that survives are made of Jawas and uh, 99% of them don't even exist anymore because they were torn apart in the 2000 
to get the now unpopular U-grade. So this pack is even more special because it's not jealous, but it's it contains Death Squad Commanders and is the only one sealed known in existence. So the story is that um, back in 2014-15, I was contacted by someone living in northern UK and he had eight of the SPACs available for sale. And um, it's not widely known, but due to the strong connection between Mechano and Palitoy, uh, some Mechano items ended up being retailed in the UK. So the story, so like I said, I'm always um, fond of hearing the story behind those stories. And uh, so I learned that those packs have been, have been, have been ordered uh, from a local shop uh, for a summer camp uh, back in 1979-1980. And uh, they ordered the very same figures for the summer camp because they wanted to avoid the kids being jealous. But the summer camp uh, was cancelled, and so the, the the shop owner remained with those packs, and he just stored them away like it was the habit at the time, and uh, they were just forgotten during nearly 45 years. So when I was contacted uh, by this guy, um, all of the packs but one had already been opened to sell the figures individually, and. Um, and so I ended up buying just one empty pack and this one, which is the only one that survived as sealed. So it's a great collecting story and uh, and just also beyond just um, hunting for the stuff. Uh, what I like about our hobby is that making great friends and new pals and great friends all around the world and also having great stories like this to share and to hear as well. So thank you and uh, cheers. Wow, 100 shows. Guys, congratulations. You've put in uh, a ridiculous amount of work over the years for this. Um, I probably encountered most of you from uh, from the forum, from SWF UK. Uh, it's Lee Jackal here, Carl Dennis, as people will probably know me on Facebook. I guess I've, uh, I've always really loved Star Wars you know, since since childhood, as uh, as I say, all of us have. My, uh, my fondest memories are... Uh, from visiting my grandparents every weekend because they had a, a VHS player, so I could watch uh, I could watch Star Wars pretty much every weekend, and then um, yeah, that was uh, one of the real highlights of the week. Um, earliest memory of getting figures is uh, is Christmas '85, and that's because I've got a, a wonderful photo of uh, me having just opened a, a crisp Trilogo R2D2 um, with another another trilogue or two on the floor behind me and a, a big stack of presents as well yeah it's it's just such a such an evocative moment you know fortunately captured on film which these days seems like nothing because everything is photographed but um such wonderful memory such enjoyable times and then then finding uh, a bunch of like-minded collectors to to share that sort of thing with so um yeah that's it really cheers bye <coughs> Hello there, this is Dan Burgess from Generation Skywalker here with a quick collecting tale. Nothing too earth shattering, but something that means a lot to me. So back in 2016, it was, I was uh, regularly posting Gumtree ads looking for vintage Star Wars toys. And every couple of months, someone would get in contact um, trying to sell their, their Star Wars toys. And one fateful evening, I received a message from a lady selling her son's toys. It wasn't too far away from me, probably a five, ten minute drive and headed around there. Knocked on the door, lady answered the door and invited me in. And I couldn't put my finger quite on it, but I did recognise her. 
and I sat down and she brought out a big box of old beta figures and ships and bits and pieces and I, I started going through it and I suddenly remembered who she was and I looked up and I said are you Mrs Weller and she she looked back and she sat back in her chair and she she looked at me a little bit more closely and said are you Daniel Burgess and it turned out she was a uh, a teacher of mine from back when I was in in primary school I think year four year five um back in the the mid to late 80s and we had a great chat um she we was talking about you know old times at school what she was doing now what I was doing now some of my friends from school that I still knew from primary school we chatted about them my brothers who also had her as a teacher and it was a it was a great little great little evening you know turned out from a you know in and out collecting some Star Wars toys and ended up staying there for nearly an hour having a cup of tea with her so you know it's one of those one of those things that happens when you're collecting and you know the world's a small place and full of coincidences and and something that you know I'll always remember might not be a you know a grail piece being discovered or a you know a, anything exciting like that but means a lot to me so uh, yeah hope you enjoyed that for what it was hello generation skywalker this is jason langendorfer so i've been a star wars fan since the very beginning I remember seeing it when I was like four years old, 1978 at the drive-in. But I have to say, you know, since the dawn of the internet, it's just taken my fandom to a whole nother level. Podcasts like your show, uh, Facebook groups, you know, like I grew up Star Wars and so many other great groups out there. I've met a ton of great people, have made some, some very good friendships over the years. And that just keeps that excitement for Star Wars and the passion for the collecting and, you know, being able to share, you know, the enjoyment just keeps it, keeps it alive. So just wanted to let you guys know, I appreciate what you're doing. Happy 100th show and may the force be with you. Hello, everyone. Jules here, Jez's wife, Jez, also known as the running stormtrooper. I probably would say my love of Star Wars started from a very, very young age watching Star Wars on Christmas Day with my mum and family and my brother loving it as well at the time. And then throughout my teenages became a bit more aware of it again and... Um, running into my university days um, where I spied a life-size cutout of Darth Vader with a voice activator. So every time you walked past him, he would speak to you saying his various Darth Vader quotes, which I thought was absolutely hilarious, absolutely brilliant. And a fantastic addition and novelty piece in my university student house. Um, it wasn't long after that that I met Jez and invited him back to our house. And he saw the Darth Vader life-size cutout. And I think he realised right there and then that, uh, that I was a keeper. <laughs> and thinking... Hmm. Yeah, I think I've got a good one here. 
perhaps not knowing how involved he would be in the Star Wars community as he is today. Um, but yeah, that, that was, um, quite a highlight of, uh, my student days. Um, many people came to see the Darth Vader, um, life size cut out and we had great fun with that. Hi everyone, my name is Daz Quinn. Uh, I'm a Star Wars fan. Uh, I just want to start off by uh, thanking the guys at Generation Skywalker uh, for all the hard work and time and effort uh, that they put into uh, these shows uh, for Star Wars fans to uh, listen to. Um, I haven't got enough time uh, to talk about some of the uh, uh, other Star Wars towers and adventures over the, the years uh, around the world, uh, but I just wanted to sort of just reflect back on um, some of the uh, opportunities that I've had uh, within the Star Wars community. Uh, very fortunate a few years ago, actually a number of years ago now, um, uh, going to Palmer Studios and uh, uh, doing some work supporting Jess and the, the Running Storm Trooper and obviously the stuff that he does for Make-A-Wish Charity. Um, uh, that was a, an amazing experience. Uh, and, you know, considering how, uh, the, the amount of work that he puts in, um, it's just phenomenal. You just you just couldn't really, unless you were there, understand how much work that guy put into that. And especially I spent most of the time just eating. Uh, so obviously it wasn't too much of a strain on me. Uh, I want to also say about, um, you know, through lockdown, COVID, um, you know, it was a, um, a different way of communicating with people. You know, I've seen, managed to see on Teams uh, some amazing collections uh, around the world. Um, uh, and, you know, and get some great advice from people and, you know, learning stuff that I, I never knew because it's, uh, you know, a sort of vast uh, uh, area of, uh, uh, of knowledge out there and expertise in different fields. Uh, so that's been really uh, interesting as well. Um, so, um I'd also probably just want to really finish off with saying, well, I look forward to uh, catching everyone uh, for those that are able to make Echo in a couple of weeks in the uh, um, uh, hometown of Redditch. And for those that uh, aren't there, uh, hopefully I'll bump into you at Star Wars Celebration, uh, probably in a queue somewhere. So uh, thanks, everyone, and I'll see you all soon. I don't know what proportion of our listeners are aware that since 2016 I've been running long distances, marathon distances, dressed in a stormtrooper armour. So full stormtrooper TK, I've been doing a variety of different events and distances for Make-A-Wish and Spread a Smile. And since 2016, managed to raise just over 71, very nearly 72,000 for the two charities. And in 2020, I set myself a crazy challenge of running a thousand miles in the armour in 2020. So to accompany that crazy challenge, which started on January the 1st, 2020, Stu and I put on a separate podcast called the Running Stormtrooper podcast. And the intention was we would have about an episode a month. We ended up having 10 episodes to accompany the entire year, just keeping tracks of how it was going, how the running was going, how the fundraising was going. And also on each episode, there was a, a tale or a story or something that had happened to my alter ego, the running stormtrooper in, you know, the last five years or so. And uh, yeah, really, really good fun to record. They were only about 35, 40 minutes each. In fact, the first one was just 10 minutes as a pilot 
but yeah, the Running Stormtrooper podcast. And I was delighted that just a couple of the sort of key episodes, the Generation Skywalker Land said, yeah, we'll host that as well as an additional Generation Skywalker release. So yeah, amongst the 100 episodes, 2% of them are Running Stormtrooper. There is a great disturbance in the Force. May coronavirus... All the races are cancelled. Star Wars Celebration has been cancelled. What? I got a bad feeling about this. All the charity fundraising opportunities have gone. Even my Pinewood 100 miler is looking doubtful. I got a bad feeling about this. I have a bad feeling about this. We'll be okay. Rebellions are built on hope. I've had all these setbacks this year. You know, we've had the London Marathon cancelled, Star Wars Celebration, which I was really, really looking forward to doing. Obviously, that there's quite a few problems there, Jez, and that obviously has a, a knock-on effect. So what problems have you also encountered with regards to the fundraising? The lack of Star Wars celebration, and, you know, I've said this Star Wars celebration thing now, and there might be a lot of people thinking, you know, what is that? Star Wars celebration is a huge gathering of absolute Star Wars nerds from all ages, all, all backgrounds. It's just... I mean, mate, you go to these with me. It's just, it's just an absolute celebration of Star Wars nerdom, and uh, they're just great fun. And it, but it is sixty thousand people in the London Excel or in Orlando or in Anaheim. These things happen all over the world. In twenty seventeen, I was invited to Star Wars Celebration to have my own booth, where I was able to run on a treadmill. We're here with world-famous running stormtrooper Jez Allenson right now to talk to him a little bit about what he's doing and why he's been running as a stormtrooper for so long. If I'm not mistaken, this is his second half marathon of celebration, second of four. Jez, you want to slow down a little bit so we can have a little bit of a chat? Okay, my pleasure. Okay, we'll get we'll give him a second to slow down and take his helmet off. Um, but he's been running basically nonstop through Celebration, raising money for charity. So, Jez, you want to pop that helmet off and tell us a little bit more about what you're doing? Give him a second. Deep breaths. Hello. <laughs> Hi, everyone. Um, yeah, I'm the running Stormtrooper, and uh, I thought it would be a great idea for Make-A-Wish and my Make a Star Wars Wish project to come here and run a half marathon every day for the four days um, for, for Make-A-Wish and Make-A-Star-Wars-Wish. That is incredible. i got to ask, everybody's thinking it, how hot does it get in that outfit? Oh, I got a little cooked, but I'm okay. <laughs> okay, a little cooked. Now, you run full marathons, right? And you're going to run another one just a su- in two Sundays, right? Yeah. I, I'm not, really, this isn't the best preparation for me, but I couldn't resist the opportunity to come here and do this. But next Sunday, Sunday, April the 23rd, I'm going to be trying for a Guinness World Records at the London Marathon for the fastest marathon as a Star Wars character. Wow, that is a great record. That would be a phenomenal record to have. Tell me a little bit more about the charity work that you do and and where the money goes. Okay, well, Make-A-Wish 
is just probably one of the best charities which I've ever seen. You know, there's so many poorly children out there who desperately need some support and who need a light at the end of a tunnel or, or just a great day out where they can get spoiled, but not just for the child, um, but for the parent as well. Um, so Make-A-Wish do so many good things and they, they could have... Uh, do you know what? I saw a girl today who was here on a wish for Make-A-Wish. For make At Star Wars Celebration on a wish. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, a family came to the booth and they introduced themselves and, and showed me this little girl and she was on a, on a wish. And that's just amazing. And they, it, it, they grant so many wonderful wishes. Uh, so Make-A-Wish need all this money to be able to give people these wishes. So um, I set myself a challenge that I'd be the running stormtrooper. So you've got Make-A-Wish, you've got Star Wars, smash them together, you've got Make-A-Star Wars Wish. Uh, and so that's my project on Facebook, Make-A-Star Wars Wish. So um, yeah, that's a good place to start, to have a little look, Make-A-Star Wars Wish on Facebook. Um, my plan is to try and raise £10,000. Uh, which is probably around about $12,000 um, this year. Um, so, so the marathon, the marathon's big, but it's still just the warm-up for the big one, which I've got planned for May. Oh, fantastic. And how big is that? That's going to be 40 miles, is that right? Well, it's the 40th anniversary of Star Wars. So, uh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, <laughs> we wouldn't have it any other way. Okay, Jez, well, I'll, I'll let you get back to running now. Uh, so you hear that if you're here at Star Wars Celebration, your chance to come by and see the running stormtrooper and give to a great cause. Hello, Generation Skywalker and Generation Skywalker listeners. My name is Chris B, and I'm here to say happy 100th episode, guys. Now, Stuart, you asked me to share a story about Star Wars, and you said it could be anything. And for people who don't know what I do in the community, I run GalacticFigures.com, previously known as JediBusiness.com, where I archive Star Wars action figures, report on the news about Star Wars action figures, I interview the people who make Star Wars action action figures. And the one thing I've learned by running the fan site for close to 20 years now is that everyone remembers the very first Star Wars action figure. Where they got it, when they got it, and who got it for them. So the very first Star Wars action figure that I got was Luke Jedi, and that was back in January of 84. I didn't know anything about Star Wars, never heard of Empire before, but Jedi came around and everybody in class was talking about going to see it after school. Now I couldn't make it, I had to go to the hospital because my grandfather was in the hospital at the time and I was really upset about it. But my mom said that uh, you know she would take me the day after. And that's what she did. And so I got to see uh, Return of the Jedi a day after all my classmates went to see it. And uh, it just blew me away. And then one day after that, we had to go visit my grandfather again, who was, you know, still in the hospital. And uh, we went to this department store, which is not too far away from the hospital. And on the top floor, there was a restaurant. And my grandmother, who was with us at the time, and uh, my mother and I, we went there to eat, and I got done earlier, was really bored, and I asked if I could go around uh, the toy department. And they said, go ahead, and that's what I did. I ran off running around the toy department until I saw the Darth Vader display. And it was that display that was in uh, a few Scandinavian countries, I think. It was, of course, all over Germany. It was also in Spain, I think. And it's where you have that Darth Vader bust on the top of the rack and underneath it is room for single carded figures and on the bottom rack there is the mini rigs it was kind of like the uh kenner darth vader carry case just a little bigger and it had red eyes which were blinking 
So, you know, being a kid and seeing that, it was just, you know, it was so cool. I still remember that to this day. But yeah, that was the day when I got Luke Jedi. And then two days after that, my mom also got me Darth Vader. And uh, that was the start of a lifelong passion, which I share with you guys. So I really appreciate you guys hanging in there and giving us the coverage and talking Star Wars and collecting Star Wars for all of this time. So thanks for having me. And I hope to be back for episode 200 of Generation Skywalker. What does Star Wars mean to me? Everything. Since the age of 10 in January 1978, when I first saw it, it's been constantly bringing joy and fun into my life. My mum buying me my first ever figure of Ben Kenobi in March 1978, receiving my mail away Boba Fett, longing for Empire to arrive and reading the novel first and being devastated to learn Vader was Luke's father reading my fan club banter tracks, feverishly waiting for Return of the Jedi to arrive, through the dark times, before the prequels, shaking hands with George Lucas and thanking him for everything, meeting so many cast and crew over the years. It's been a constant presence for 45 years and one I hope never goes away in my lifetime. Hi, my name's Jill. I currently live in the Midlands and I am a second generation Star Wars fan. My mother brought me up watching Star Wars. Unfortunately, I didn't watch the first three movies in the cinema, but I watched them at home plenty. Uh, played Star Wars, always Leia, because, you know, lack of representation. Um, we even had a Millennium Falcon that one of my friends owned that we would play with. Um, that was before we knew that they would become quite so collectible 40 odd years later. Um, I love Star Wars because it is so inclusive. Um, there's no upper or lower age limit for Star Wars. I also cosplay um, various characters in Star Wars and I love the fact that when you're walking around a convention somebody will walk up to you and I'll be like oh my god are you a Star Wars fan? It's like what gave it away? Star Wars being so highly consumable whether you watch the animated series or one of the other series whether you watch the movies you play the game whether you use a lightsabers as a martial art form, whether you read the books, Star Wars has allowed generations of people to not have to grow up, to not have to leave that part of their childhood behind. And I think that's what makes it really, really special. And I really hope that it continues to be able to inspire new generations. Hey there, Generation Skywalker. John Aves here. Thought I'd share this slightly amusing little tale with you that happened back in 2009 when I was on a mission collecting the run of Palator 12 and 20 bucks. So I met this chap uptown who had three 12 bucks for me, Stormtrooper Jaren Princess Leia. And fittingly, we met in Forbidden Planet, which, as many of you know, is a really cool shop. So he had them all for me in star cases, checked them all out, all was kosher, and they were absolutely pristine mint. Now, it was very quiet in the shop, and I must have had some crazy nostalgic moment because I then proceeded to put out on display, amongst the other toys in the shop, my three newly acquired 12-backs. So I stood back and took a look and started reminiscing about being a child and looking in the shops back in the day and so on, amusingly looking around to see if anyone would notice. Thankfully, they didn't. And then I uh, quietly took them back off the shelf and put them away in my bag. So if you're in the shop on that day, around that time, you may well have missed three mint 
Palatoy original 1978 12-backs on display amongst the other toys in Wooden Planet. Thinking about it now, it could have all gone horribly wrong, but thank goodness it didn't. Anyway, much love, Generation Skywalker, and peace out. Hiya, Generation Skywalker. It's Martin Keeler here, and congratulations on your 100th show. That's incredible work. Well done, guys. Uh, so you've asked my Star Wars story. Well, my story started 45 years ago when, as a five-year-old, I was taken to London by my parents to spend our Christmas money between Christmas and the New Year. And I remember we out and about, we went past the Dominion Theatre, didn't know it was that at the time, and there was a long queue of people waiting to see this new film called Star Wars. And my dad suggested that we join the end of the queue to see if we can get in, and I think we were like one of the last people in. And I sat in the the cinema, um, or theatre now, but it was a cinema then, and I just remember being blown away by this incredible film that was all real to me then. I remember being petrified of a Chewbacca. But little did I know that through those 45 years... That film and my passion for it would lead me to have incredible adventures. Um, I've been lucky enough to be on set. Uh, I've been to Lucasfilm in San Francisco. Um, I've held a concert, which we're doing again uh, at the O2 during celebration, called Hashtag Cantina with Ash. But the big thing is all the friends that we've made. is like the bulk of my friendship group now is all due to Star Wars and the common interest we have in that and the fun we all have together, even though I'm no longer... a five-year-old i'm gonna be 50 but anyway listening to you guys when you talk about it reminds me through all those times makes me smile so keep up the great work and um here's to another 45 years yay have fun bye congratulations generation skywalker on your 100th episode this is mike freeman owner of fourth moon toys check us out at fourthmoontoys.com the Star Wars memory or moment I wanted to share came this year for me, and that was when Jim Swearingen, who was the designer at Kenner, responsible for uh, the first 12 figures and TIE Fighter and X-Wing, uh, visited my shop this year after a convention we held here in Toronto, uh, and it was just amazing to see him kind of come full circle and see the toys that he had made 40 years later still on store shelves and and just an honor to have him in my store, uh, and it was just a really proud moment for me. So thanks a lot, Generation Skywalker, and uh, hope you have another 100 or maybe 1,000 more episodes. So my name's Michael Thornton, uh, Michael Peter on Facebook. Um, when I was asked by Stuart to, to do this, I would try to think something I could speak about. So uh, what do I do? Do I talk about Uzai? Do I talk about Leia, Carrie? Some of the friends I've made while I've been collecting, and I thought, no, I'll, I'll, I'll do something that's way more important than that. Um, and that's a small Facebook group called General Made in Sexy Club. Now, for those that don't know, General Made in Sexy Club started in 2017 by Tom Gill. And basically, it was a, a bit of a Mickey take back in the day. So around that time, there were a lot of uh, single-figure focus groups starting. So you had like R2-D2 focus groups and Bosque focus groups and Dengan. Um, I mean, the worst one was Dan Turl's quite offensive travelling robot page, which I think is still going. Um, so the group basically was started by Tom um, just as a, as, a, as a Mickey take, really, for those. And he invited myself, Nick Reese. Mark Baker, I think Alex McGraw, and a few others at that time. And basically, it was like-minded people with a similar humour, just bantering each other. Um, 
mostly at Dan's expense, if I'm honest, about his Lobot collection. And it just kind of escalated and grew, so that more and more people joined with a similar humour, lots of funny memes, you know, things like this. And we all just basically worship General Maydine as a as a god. Um, and it's just grown and grown. So um, what's nice is you've got a lot of people in there, like highly, really highly respected collectors, you know, like um, you've got Brian Angel, Ross Bar, Matthew Bartholomew, you've got Lee Bullock, Jason Smith, and in there, your reputation means nothing. If you say yak face or you disrespect the general, then you, you're kicked out. It's as simple as that. Um, what's been nice is over the last few years has been, uh, like with Echo Live, I've, I've done a couple of swags based on, on the groups. I did like a Lobot badge and I've done a Sexy Cub Bar Blade, which were handed out, but then other people have started doing the same with the members. So like Chris, Brayshaw did some amazing movie slides at Last Echo as swag, and there's been badges. I think Julian did some badges. There's been Marsha's VHS cassettes, uh, covers. There's been all sorts, stickers, key rings. Um, and last year, Wayne got uh, Dermot Cowley to attend Echo. So was in the group, we all decided we were going to try and get a group photograph, um, <clears throat> all the members. And luckily, Dermot were kind of up for it. I think Jason Smith had mentioned something to him the night before at the pub about this and warned him. Um, and luckily, he got the joke. And we all sort of trooped up to the table and, and sheepishly asked him. And he went, yep, no problem. And he got up and he came around. And he, he was the one that I think he was the one that suggested we all bow down to his feet and got an amazing picture. So, yeah, it's just a part of the hobby. It's nice because the hobby can be quite... Not stressful, but it's quite a serious hobby. You've got a lot of money changing hands. Obviously, you make a lot of friends along the way, but parts of it can be quite serious and stuff. And it's nice to have a little corner of the hobby that you can escape to with like-minded idiots and just share stupid jokes and, and pictures. So, yeah, that's that's my uh, that's my contribution. General Made in Sexy Club. All down to Tom Girl. Hot dang, ladies and gentlemen. This is Darth Elvis, the Dark King of Sith, here celebrating 100 episodes of Generation Skywalker. Hot diggity dang, boys. You made it to 100 episodes. Congratulations. I'm honored to call you guys my friends. Thank you very much for being there. Uh, I love the show. And thank you for inviting me to uh, tell you a Star Wars story. So here we are. Gather up, sit around the campfire, and listen to the Dark King's Star Wars story. I'm going to tell you about Star Wars Celebration Europe. Not the first one, 2007, which was the Dark King's debut gig, let me tell you. Uh, not Celebration Europe 2 in Essen, although that was still my favorite celebration that I've been to. Hot dang, that was a good time. No, I'm here to talk about Star Wars Celebration Europe 3 in London back in 2016, and in particular, the gig Hashtag Cantina that kicked off the Thursday night, the day before Celebration kicked off. Uh, the gig itself happened at the Brooklyn Bowl, baby, uh, in the O2 Arena. Hot dang! Um, at the show, we had DJ Elliot. We had Mark Daniels introducing. We had my friends from Blues Harvest, who it was the first time we met. I'm honored to call them my friends and sometimes bandmates, let me tell you. You might recognize some of them from Darth Elvis and Friends. Um Darth Elvis and the Imperials, my former backing band, the Imperials, we played uh, mid-set, uh, middle of the night there. But the headliners that night were a band you might know, but they were going by a code name in advance called Luther Ingo Star Cruiser, and it was revealed they were actually Ash. Yes, 1977 Legends Ash. Now, I remember being a little boy picking up 1977, I say a little boy, a teenager, in 1977, from uh, 1UP Records in Aberdeen, my uh, was my local record shop back in the day. Um, 
picking out all my, bring it back to the common room at school and blasting it. These guys were heroes of mine big time because there was one year age gap and we were like, you know, school bands and stuff, rocking and rolling. Uh, but Ash were um, something to aspire to, you know. So when it turns out that Ash were the headline band for Hashtag Cantina, it blew my hair off, baby. It was the strangest, coolest night I think you could ever think of. There was like Star Wars actors and cast hanging about. There was bowling going on. Ash on the main stage. There were some cool videos playing. Star Wars cocktails were flowing. It was a mighty fine good time. And I have to say it was a real turning point for Darth Elvis. It was a killer show. The audience loved uh, what we were doing. The whole night was incredible. We made lifelong friends at that gig. DJ Elliot, Blues Harvest, uh, the Ash guys, just everybody came together, put on a hell of a show. And big thanks to Martin Keeler and Jed Shepard uh, for putting on that incredible night. And I hope we get to do something again in the future. You never know. Star Wars Celebration Europe 2023 is just around the corner. Hopefully, I'll see you there. Generation Skywalker, thank you very much. And I look forward to hanging out with you guys in celebration in 2023. Hot dang, baby! Congratulations. Hello, this is Chris Malpin from Metropolis Vintage Toys in Warwick. Congratulations on reaching your 100th birthday. The first Star Wars toy I ever sold as a toy dealer, professional or not, was because Dick Whittick from Cotswold Collectibles who was then a very, or still is, a very good friend of mine, asked me, because Star Wars was much, much more in vogue for him in the States than it was here, he said to me, Chris, do me a favour. I'll pay you a pound for any Star Wars figure you can find me. Don't care what it is, no weapons, without, whatever. Fine, it would have been about 1992. So I put loads and loads of adverts in the paper and at that time, you could buy loads for bugger all. So I can remember putting so many adverts in and getting a little bin liners full of stuff. I mean, I can remember getting Rebel Transports full of Last 17. I remember one guy sold me, a, I'd, I'd never seen so many, and nobody called them Last 17 then, that's the point. It's like nobody called them mocks. Um, they, they were just, the better figures and I can remember seeing three uh, EVs and two yaks and um, all sorts in, in and this thing was grand and I gave him 50 quid um, so and they all went into at the time I worked for a pushchair company selling um, pushchairs and wheelchairs for children and the pushchairs when she sold one came in these huge boxes you can imagine the size of a pushchair box I remember filling it, absolutely filling this thing to the brim and saying to him, you're right, I've got loads. I said, how many have you got? Oh, I don't know, about a thousand. That many? Yeah. And he wasn't interested in the weapons or anything. And the only ones he, even then that he identified with was um, yaks and he would pay a fiver each for a yak. So God knows how much stuff, how much of his empire was, was funded by, by this stuff. But yeah. Um, and he didn't want the weapons, so I remember taking the weapons uh, to Donington Toy Fair and trying to sell them for a pound a piece. And I can remember at the end of the day, there's this pile of weapons, and there were, you know, black blasters, anything. It was a pound. 
I remember somebody, one dealer went through it and he said, oh, I think I might have those bows for the Ewoks. How much are they, pound? Oh, it's a bit expensive. Yes, you just think, you know, it's knowledge, isn't it? So how much, how much I sent to the States is incredible. Hi, this is Ted. I remember being featured on the podcast for my Uncanny Qui-Gon cosplay at Celebration and helping Craig live his Han Solo fantasy piloting the Millennium Falcon at Galaxy's Edge. Happy 100th episode to the Generation Skywalker crew. Hello there, this is Dan Burgess back from Generation Skywalker talking about some of our past episodes. And one of the, my favourite episodes I've been involved with was the uh, Lee Ward interview um, back at the beginning of 2022. That was a show that I um, put together with Lee. Um, I enhanced it and edited myself. Um, first time I've done any of those things. But most importantly, getting to speak to someone who was an expert in something other than, than vintage collectibles, really. And uh, me and Lee had a really good chat. Um, you know, Hot Toys is something for me that I've been on a bit of a journey with when I started Generation Skywalker. Back at the beginning of 2020, I wouldn't touch one with a barge pole. I thought they were, you know, really expensive. And if I was going to spend that kind of money on something, I'd be spending it on vintage and was quite happy buying, you know, 10, 20 pound vintage collection and black series figures. Um, but yeah, that through the show, I think Stuart and Grant mainly really opened my eyes to the world of hot toys. And I'm now, you know, into it deep um i think i've got about a dozen in my collection now rarely buy any hasbro products and yeah it's been a bit of a bit of a, a change in direction for me and getting to speak to lee who's such an expert in in hot toys was was a real um was a real revelation you know some of his insights into the collecting world being a retailer as well were, were great and you know hearing his background in collecting so yeah that that, that that's probably one of my, my proudest moments in generation skywalker like a bantha. Seen on Facebook and on on in Instagram, you've done you, you've done some unboxings of hot toys with with, with Keith Lemon. Tell us a bit about that and how's all that come about? <laughs> when I, when I found Facebook was getting a bit flat, um, I was chatting to a, a friend of mine and he said, um, "Have you got an Instagram account?" I said, "Oh no." I said, "I'm not a technophobe, but I'm I'm a little bit complacent, you know. I just do the same old, same old." He said, yeah, get yourself an Instagram. I said, why? Yeah, yeah, you show off all your photos. It's all the rage and all this. And I said, oh, okay. This, we'll have a little look at it. So I opened up an Instagram account. Started posting the odd few bits. And um, out of the blue, I get this this message from Paddy McGuinness. As you do. As you do. Sorry to bother you, it says. Um, recently got into the hobby. Would, would you be the man to, to help me with a few questions? Um, if it's no trouble. I thought, that's... It's a very polite message for Paddy McGuinness. I said to my mate, I said, I've got some hoaxer trying to message me pretending he's Paddy McGuinness. I said, yeah, I remember moaning about it like an old man. How do they let him get away with it? It's disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> and um, <laughs> um, and he, he said, send me a screenshot. So I sent him a screenshot. He said, no, it's him. I said, what? I said, how do you know that? He said, he's, you've got these verification yes. next to your name. He said, no, that you can't copy them. That, that's him. I'm like, bloody hell. <laughs> wow, Paddy McGuinness, you know, take take me out. I think that's all I associated him with. At yeah, the time. yeah, no likey, no likey, <laughs> no likey. Yeah, and all that. Yeah, <laughs> you just kind of think to yourself, does does a cool guy of showbiz like that really want to be asking me about one sick figures? But yeah, um, so I got chatting to him, hit it off, you know, laugh, um, to and fro, to and fro, and then about a month later, um, I get a new follower and it's Keith. I'm like, bloody hell. 
And he's got the tick. It is him. <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting used to it now, uh, Dan. I'm getting used to it. You know? Yeah, yeah. I've just sent him a message. And, and I thought he'd never reply. Well, so thanks for the follow. Are, are you a collector? Well, that was it. Bang. Not, not just messages we were sending. It was like novels, you know? Right. Like, it was okay. insane. Turns out that, that, that Keith's been a... Uh, collect all his life you know um if you ever get i don't know if you ever saw the the, the life questions like questions and answers i did with him on my yes Instagram. yeah yeah yeah. i did see that yeah um and that, that gives you a bit of a an insight into keith's life as a collector um obviously he's very comical and he's very funny but also yeah he's a proper nerd he really is and and, and it's great time moved on and then i got introduced to to other guys mainly from from itv who were all collectors um so I'll throw some names out there. Gino DeCampo, I supply him. Jonathan Ross, David Williams, uh, Lee Gill, I've even supplied who played Gary in The Joker, you, you know, the, the, the midget. Right, okay. Yeah, uh, who's also on um, Celebrity Joes and he's been in Game of Thrones and Lord of the Rings. So yeah, he, he buys off me. Wow. There's a few there anyway. <laughs> yeah. I think it, it reminds me of Meet the Fockers. I think when you're in the, the circle of trust. Uh, <laughs> yeah. You know, <laughs> as, as soon as you as soon as you exploit any confidentiality, you're outside the circle. Um, you know, right? Okay. Not that it's anything, you know, that interesting to, to you know. There's no controversy behind it or anything. But no. um, yeah, they they are just um, full on collectors. And I think with Keith, he's always done that. I think with Paddy, uh, Paddy grew up in a very you know poverty borderline poverty breadline lifestyle and mm. and and didn't have the toys and couldn't afford them and, and now he's uh, obviously a multi-millionaire and he's making up for it <laughs> yeah don't blame him don't blame him <laughs> so and then what happened was um keith would buy stuff he put some regular orders pre-orders and i just thought i might just have a bit of fun it was never really about the marketing although that helps mm. i just i thought I'd, I'd ask him a cheeky a cheeky question i said look i've never seen it done on youtube you're obviously trying to grow your channel. I said, and it was all about the benefits for him, you know? Mm. And I said, how do you fancy a dual unboxing? And he went, I love it. That's, that's <laughs> ace. That will really work. It's, it's different, isn't it? And I said, yeah, yeah. 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 He said, yeah, yeah, yeah. How, how are we going to do it? So, like, the first attempt was a real blunder. In fact, uh, we never published it. it. It was such a mess. Um, we had technical issues going wrong and all uh, <laughs> Um, and then we tried again with with another figure, and, and then off we went. Um, I don't do many, but it is great fun because obviously, what you see in, in ten minutes is is two hours of recording. But yeah, I find it really hard to keep a straight face with him, to be honest. Hi, I'm Mark Howard. I was nine when I saw Star Wars back in 1978. It was the first film I was taken to see at the cinema, at Well Hall Cinema in Eltham, which is sadly no longer there. Other than the pure joy and excitement of getting to see the film everyone was talking about, my main memory of the event was swaying in my seat as the X-Wings flew into the trench, though it needs modern VR when you have a child's imagination. From then on I was hooked, and I've been collecting ever since. One of my favourite items were the trading cards, and to this day these remain my main collecting focus. Not just tops, but all kinds of cards, stickers, pogs, transfers, food premiums, etc., if it's flat and comes in a vague set, then I'll probably want it. Of course, we had the initial blue and red sets back then in the UK. But I remember a friend from school had been on holiday to the States, which was a big deal back in the 70s. He brought back some green and yellow border cards, which he kindly gave me one of each. Great excitement, 
but also confusion. Where were these cards from? Why weren't they available in the UK? Why was the numbering so high? And of course we didn't have the internet to look things up back then, so it remained a mystery for many years, until eventually finding out about the sets released in the States, and of course then other sets from around the world. Card collecting got even bigger, and even more interesting. Happy 100th birthday, Generation Skywalker, and I raise a can of Stormtrooper beer to you all. Cheers. Hey guys, it's uh, John Ragusa, a.k.a. Darth Berezing from the old forum days, and I'm here to congratulate Generation Skywalker on its 100th show. And I was asked by Stuart Skinner to uh, give a quick little story about Star Wars and I guess how it affects my life. So, if anything, had you asked me in 2000 and seven what star wars meant to me i would just tell you that it was a really big movie that i loved loved everything about star wars and that would have probably been about it but when my son was about five years old i decided to do a quick ebay search for vintage star wars figures that i had as a child and that moment is kind of the watershed of my life from 2008 to 2010 i Learned about Star Wars collecting. I joined Rebel Scum and um, learned that there was a much bigger world out there. Then 2011, I was very proud to take over the Imperial Gunnery, which is uh, a pretty well-respected site, I hope, among the collecting community, finding out about repros and authenticity. From there, I ended up finding international and carded figures and understanding the bigger world out there and how Star Wars has kind of been a global phenomenon. And now, fast forward to 2017, where I left a pretty lucrative job to open up a little toy store. And fast forward to 2022, I've now been on a TV show. I have another TV show coming out. And Star Wars is pretty much a huge part of my life. So if I could say anything good about Star Wars, I could say that the Force was with me. And... It completely changed my life by a simple eBay search now almost 16 years ago. So that's it. To the Generation Skywalker folks, congratulations on 100 episodes. Um, wish you 100 more and keep doing what you're doing. It keeps the hobby alive and keeps everybody learning more and more because I think at the end of the day, that's what this hobby's all about. It's a never-ending journey and... The more you learn, the more you know. It just shows you how big of a part of the world it really is. So anyway, may the force be with you guys. Congratulations again. Hello, it's Craig here, regular host, contributor, and in-house designer at Generation Skywalker. If you've listened to all 99 of our previous shows, you will have heard lots of my tales already. It's funny. Star Wars is one part of my life where the extrovert in me regularly trumps the introvert. I can hold court wax lyrical, and even summon up the nerve to co-host a podcast. I don't know, maybe it's just my safe space. It certainly brings something out of me. And I think that's why I cherish the times when the people I hold most dear connect with this galaxy too. I don't expect anyone around me to be the fan I am, but there's something lovely about being in the living room, working on an enhanced show or an edit or a Generation Skywalker blog while my wife, Kimberly, plays Battlefront 2 in the background, shouting at the Roger Rogers and sipping a Star Wars-themed beer. Most of all, I love that I got to take my 21-year-old son, Ted, to Celebration this year and that he got such a kick out of cosplaying as Qui-Gon and hanging out with his girlfriend, Kate. 
I love that my music-obsessed 17-year-old son, Lachlan, still has a little shelf of Wookiees in his bedroom. And I love that his twin brother, Wilf, embraces his middle name, Luke. And that he told me that his first tattoo of a fern leaf was a nod to Endor, even though it wasn't. Hi there, my name is Aldona. I'm 37 and I'm from Poland. And Star Wars had great influence on my life. I've been recreating Queen Amadala dresses for 10 years now. It's an amazing hobby and it influenced my life and had a great impact on my sewing skills. It all started in 2012 when I decided to take part in a cosplay contest during our local convention. My choice was Queen Amadala parade gown and it was neither good nor bad, but it was fun. In 2018, I applied and got accepted to the University of Fine Arts, all thanks to Queen Amadala because I could show the committee my portfolios full of beautiful fabrics, vibrant colors, unusual shapes and finely made details. I hope you enjoyed the movie. Hi, it's David Quinn. I wanted to share my sincerest congratulations to the team at Generation Skywalker for reaching their 100th episode. I recently hit that milestone for my podcast, Star Wars Prototypes and Production, and it's a wonderful feeling to connect with so many of our fellow collectors and Star Wars fans. You all do a fantastic job of keeping the passion alive for the films, series, and toys, and it is an honor to celebrate with you. I wanted to share a few of the things Star Wars has taught me over the past few years. Tales of the Jedi showed how former Jedi can lose their way and how it's never too late to return to the battle on the side of good. And the show finally helped me to understand and appreciate Yaddle. Andor reminded me that a live-action Star Wars story with solid writing and acting could help it to rise above almost anything currently airing, regardless of the genre. If you don't like it now or think it's boring, that's completely okay. You'll be singing its praises in a few months. The Mandalorian demonstrated that the magic of Star Wars storytelling is still as strong as it was 40 years ago, and that Dave Filoni and Jon Favreau have the baton and are running joyfully with it. Rogue One taught me that there are dire risks in fighting for a cause, but the mark you make could ripple through the entire galaxy. The sequel trilogy emphasized the importance of having a long-term plan when constructing a story and of getting everyone involved on the same page before you set sail. Star Wars Rebels prove that a modern crew can be just as memorable as the one from the original trilogy. Also, Ralph McQuarrie's influence is still with us. The Clone Wars introduced me to Ahsoka Tano, the best Star Wars character since Luke Skywalker, and that Dave Filoni truly learned from the best. The prequels taught me it sometimes takes a little bit of time and distance, along with a little help from a seven-season animated series, to see something in an all-new way, and to develop an appreciation in later years. Return of the Jedi gave me a reason to dress up like Luke Jedi every day as a child, and to continue to be astounded by the power of love and friendship as an adult. The Empire Strikes Back taught me a sequel could be just as good, if not better, than the original. And I learned not to judge a book by its cover, to listen for your calling, and to be careful who you kiss, because she could be your long-lost sister. And Star Wars showed me a world like I had never seen before, one that took an army of creative and imaginative people to put together. 
It filled me with images of lightsabers, of twin suns and ships that soared through hyperspace. And it taught me that hope is something to both hold tightly and to share freely with others. And it made me so thankful to be a part of Generation Skywalker. Guys, first of all, massive congratulations on your 100th show. It's an epic achievement. Well done. Um, I guess all my Star Wars memories um, are since I've met Stuart. And a couple sort of spring to mind. I think the first one was um, we'd moved into our new house. We had Toby trotting around and Stuart had gone off to an event and come back with what I can only describe as a dustbin that looked like a robot. And I've never seen him so excited before and rarely since. I think he called it a toy Toto or Totem or I don't know, something like that. But it was odd and he declared that this was his new thing and it was going to be kept in our home. And I was thrilled, as you can imagine. But since then, we've had a life size. I don't know how you can call it life size. They're not real. But a life size Ewok, who is um, affectionately known in our home as Uncle Gerald. Um, that came home with him one day unexpectedly. I guess my face would have been a picture. And more, most recently, a life size uh, Jawa who sort of stands in the garage in Stuart's office when the lights are out and its eyes glow. It's absolutely terrifying. So here's to many more years of podcasting and probably many more years of Stuart bringing home random um, toys, etc., and trying to explain to me why they're definitely worth every penny you spent on them. Well done, guys. Oi, oi, Savaloys, and a big hello there, and congratulations to the Generation Skywalker lads. Um, it's Luke Bly, aka Luke Blywalker, from Star Wars Sessions podcast, the other UK Star Wars podcast, um, and it, it's Star Wars memories. Um, I have a lot, um, but a more recent one is when Matty Boy and I, my co-host, or co-ho and I, um, were exploring the Andor sets that were very close to home. Obviously, we're based in Essex. Essex! We're based in South Essex, and uh, Andor was filmed filmed here, right? Um, a, a few times. But anyway, I won't, I, won't, I won't get distracted by that. But anyway, we, we were spying on this set, okay? And um, basically... We managed to get a couple of high-vis uh, jackets and sneak into an area that we maybe weren't supposed to be. Um, I'm being a little bit vague because I'm not, I'm not going to go into specifics right now. But uh, we did that and we actually got chased by a security guard. And I remember saying to Matty Boy, like, mate, how, how quick can you run? And he was like, I can't. I'm not, I'm, I'm not running. And I was like, oh, come on, mate. Come on. Do it for the Star Wars. But um, we did get a few nice little tidbits and information on Andor. It was great. It was beautiful. But we got chased down the road. Uh, we went to the site again the next day. And uh, this, like, security car, like, followed us. Got a tap on the window, pulled over. And um, the guy was like, yeah, boys, what what is going on? <laughs> who, who are you? And we just had to explain, look, we're just a couple of Star Wars nerds. Um, yeah, and, and, and this is what we do. And it was like, okay, because that's good to know because we were going to put you on like a anti-terrorism list. I, I kid you not because long story short, it turns out the area they were filming is owned by the government. 
Um, so there we go. That was in Corriton in the UK. There you go. That's the location. So listen, congratulations on hundreds, uh, hundred episodes. Have a good one. Uh, may the force be with you. This is the way. It's early in the morning for me. Um, my neighbours probably think I'm absolutely going mental right now, which which isn't anything out of the norm. But I hope you guys are keeping well. And look, here's to another hundred, and we'll see you at Star Wars Celebration. Uh, Hello, Generation Skywalker. My name's Steve Clark, and I'm currently living in Sydney. Congratulations on hitting your 100th episode. My Star Wars tale begins in the summer of 1980. I was five years old. My parents took my brother and I to see The Empire Strikes Back at the cinema. I hadn't seen Star Wars, but that didn't matter. I was instantly mesmerised by the movie. I knew who the goodies and baddies were, and my obsession with Star Wars and Darth Vader began on that very day. That trip to the cinema shaped who I am today, a 47-year-old geek and nerd and movie fan who absolutely adores Star Wars. I was completely sucked into the Star Wars universe, and I've loved it ever since. Star Wars is also responsible for one of the longest friendships of my life. It was our mutual love for Star Wars that brought us together in 1991, and we are still great friends today. I have a lot to thank Star Wars for. I absolutely love it, and it's been part of my life since 1980, and it will always continue to be part of my life, good or bad. Thanks, Generation Skywalker. Happy 100th. Why Star Wars? I'm in my 50s now, so I was lucky enough to see Star Wars on its first theatrical release back in 1978. Going to see it in Birkenhead with my mum and dad formed one of the happiest memories of my life, as my dad was an engineer and worked away a lot of the time, so we didn't have much chance to do things together. I can still recall feeling like I was floating on air rather than walking on the ground as we left the cinema. My seven-year-old mind had just been absolutely blown away. With all due respect, I don't think younger fans really grasp just how far advanced Star Wars was, was compared to everything that had come before it. Up until then, the only films I'd seen on the big screen were The Jungle Book and The Cat from Outer Space. And then suddenly here were these beings and spaceships from another galaxy that seemed so alien and yet so real at the same time. The sound and visual effects, the score and the whole experience captured my imagination and my heart that evening. And nothing has changed in the intervening 40 odd years. I went on to own almost every single figure and many of the vehicles and playsets, including the Death Star. Sadly, in my teens, I sold all the vehicles, but I kept my figure collection and still have them now in a nice shiny display case. My grown-up children show no interest in Star Wars, but happily, my stepson seems to have caught the bug, and we enjoy seeing all the new movies and shows together and comparing notes. He will be coming with me to Redditch for our second Echo Live in 10 days' time. And I hope that these times spent together provide as fond memories for him as seeing Star Wars all those years ago does for me. My name is Bob Breakin. Um I joined Palutoy in 1967, the year after 
Action Man was launched and I left in 1984, the year that Action Man finished and uh, was the licence was sent back to Hasbro. Um, about two or three years after I joined Palitoy, I became chief designer and most of the time during stay at Palitoy, I um, de- designed and developed a good, good quantity of the Action Man uh, toys. Um, I heard about uh, Star Wars, obviously, when the film was launched in America and there's a lot of hoo-ha about it. And um, of course I read in the press and in comics and things uh, in the UK uh, that this film was coming out and so forth. And it wasn't until Jeff Maisie, who was uh, marketing manager for uh, Star Wars, gave me a couple of tickets to go and watch a um, a special showing of the film on uh, Tottenham Court Road. Um, I can't remember the name of the cinema now, but um, yeah, it blew my mind, especially at the beginning when the, the film opened, and uh, it was obvious from watching the film that it was toys from beginning to end, really. Um, about three or four weeks after watching that film, um, myself and Roger Morrison, who's the tourney manager, um, we went to America to visit uh, Kenner, also Hasbro, but we visited Kenner at um, Cincinnati, and we saw, saw the first mouldings for the uh, TIE fighter and the X-Wing fighter uh, come out of the tooling and the, the engineers there were putting them together to check all the fits and everything. Um, when we came back, um, Roger organised with their uh, shipping agents at uh, Kenner to have tools sent over. Uh, the um, I think it was the TIE fighter that was sent over. In the meantime, he also got drawings for the uh, X-Wing fighter and the land speeder uh, to make our own tools here in England and mould them, uh, I think it's probably at uh, Aldridge Plastics in the West Midlands. And then the moulders were sent into Palitoy and um, assembled in the factory. My job as designer was to um, modify some of the play sets, uh, the uh, droid factory, the uh, cantina and the um, land of the Jawas. We had to. Make, we couldn't get the tooling. We couldn't borrow the tooling for those, so um, we had to make our own. But we cheapened it by using vac formings and uh, printed card. And um, then uh, Jeff Mays, he 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 got a, a very 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 rough sort of uh, mock up of uh, the card Death Star from the agency in London, um, Foot Cone and Bendit Belding. Foot Cone and Belding. They were the people that sort of um, worked with 20th Century Fox to get. Um, things approved that were anything to do with Star Wars and um, we got this card uh, rough card sort of mock-up and we would had to make it work so we could so firstly so a child could put it together and also so it could be made um, economically um, we made a few changes by putting in the trash compactor and uh, we added um, the, the, the uh, big cannon on the top or I think it was two cannons on the top with a little vacuum forming uh, seat for a figure to go in we added figures to the printed card, but the main thing was the um, the, the clip that held it all together. Uh, oh, the, the the card corridor was much too complicated to make, so we had to make it simple so a child could sort of slip it in between two walls. And we added the uh, little chute that the figures dropped through down, down into the trash compactor. And uh, we had to, to send the, the roughs back to uh, Foot Cole and Belding to get approval. And... Um, they sent us the copies of the artwork, which then Brian Turner, who, who designed the clip and the other plastic mouldings, he went to see Dave Barnacle, who did a lot of our 
packaging artwork and uh, with, with the uh, transparencies for the finished artwork he was able to copy that and uh, we can make up uh, white death stars and then stick the uh, the prints onto the card for samples for, for toy fair and uh, salesmen and things like that so that was basically uh, our involvement in star wars as regards design and development we also um we had a product called Salvo, which is based on the uh, Etch-a-Sketch mechanism. Um, it was sort of a sea battle game, great big thing made of plastic. And it was ideal for turning into um, a Star Wars uh, destroyed Death Star game. So that was another thing we developed. But after the first year, design and development uh, didn't do any work because everything was being done in Kenner and we were either borrowing the tooling or getting the mouldings from them and so forth. So that was really my involvement in uh, Star Wars. Um, if you want to hear the story in full and hear Jeff Maisie, who was the marketing manager, who they later went on to be in control of marketing throughout Europe of Star Wars, uh, you need to, need to get along to um, Echo Base Live uh, on the 4th of July and uh, we'll be giving a presentation there and answer any more questions and signing anything you want signed. Um, so that's our little, uh, my, my story about... Um, Star Wars. Uh, I left Palutoy in 84 when Action Man was finished and uh, uh, stayed in toy design for a few years um, until I retired basically. So I hope you like that little story. So goodbye and uh, maybe see you all on the 4th. It's hard to point at one thing that I'm proud of. So I'm going to cheat and I'm going to say the blogs. I know that as a podcast, Writing words and adding pictures is not the core of what we do. But I do like to poke around the dusty corners of the collating hobby and shine a light on what I find. Our blog posts personally give me an outlet for my curiosity, but it's also a little thrill to find and present something brand new to the community, especially when most aspects of Star Wars have been catalogued, analysed and debated to death. It's great that Generation Skywalker has a permanent platform for this stuff, and one that is freely accessible to anyone to discover and build upon. Whether it's the story of an unproduced colouring poster from 1976, a comprehensive look at bootleg comics from China, or the world's first attempt to catalogue every Star Wars mention in looking magazines. Hey, Generation Skywalker, this is Chris Letty. Vintage Viewport and Letty's Collectibles on Instagram from the Collecting Tracks and Six Scale Scavengers podcasts. Just want to congratulate you guys on getting to 100 episodes. That's quite the feat. Uh, one story that I'd like to share uh, is a pretty special one. Back in 2019 at Celebration Chicago, I had the opportunity to go to the Clone Wars Season 7 panel with my good friends David Quinn and Justin Rowland. And I have to say, that's probably the most memorable moment I've had as a Star Wars fan. That being the first celebration I had gone to and the first really big panel I had ever attended uh, the emotions were full and being able to share it with such good friends in the community is just an amazing experience that I'll never forget. 
seeing all the Clone Wars actors on stage, especially Ashley Eckstein, who's Ahsoka, who is my favorite Star Wars character. It was just so meaningful. And it's those types of moments in this hobby, in this community, within Star Wars that really make it so special to be a part of. And I'm just glad that I was able to share it with friends. And I look forward to more moments like that in the future. And uh, yeah, that's my story. Great job as effort ever. Uh, love what you guys do and keep it going. Hopefully a hundred more. Thanks so much, guys. Take care. Hey, Generation Skywalker. It's Mark from Valiant Villains, and we're raising a glass celebrating the centennial of your brilliant shows, which is a, it's such a fantastic milestone. So kudos to all involved. I mean, I've been listening to Generation Skywalker since day zero really when you guys launched and immediately knew it'd be a show that'd be like a staple in my podcast feed well your vintage shows at least uh, the hobby is based around the love of vintage star wars but really it's the, it's the shared experiences collecting with mates that really gives this thing its spark the beers the curries the the dramas the empty wallets we're all in it together so please do your best to look out for each other i'm hearing more and more stories of heartbreak at home middle age is one of the toughest points in our lives super demanding jobs crazy kids teenagers uh, aging parents partners that you take for granted or or take you for granted cost of living stuff it's tough so we've got to have each other's backs when life gets us down the hobby it's a, it's a great excuse for us to check out from the drama of real life and lose ourselves in something trivial and as fun as our childhood toys um, aside from that stuff, uh, sure, it's exciting to add to the collection, but that's just that's just money. Anyone can buy themselves a collection with just money. I mean, I've got a decent collection here, but I'm, I'm most proud of the contribution the villain site has had on the hobby. We've only been up and running since 2021, and in such a short time, we've become the go-to site for IDing repro, uh, documenting COOs, sharing knowledge... We've launched a whole new section dedicated to vintage card backs with the help of Stefan. We've got a phenomenal baggy section on the way soon, which I'm building with Frank. The, the strength of the hobby is the group of collectors who are looking more at their mocks and figures, finding details previous generations of collectors uh, had missed. They're contributing and pushing us all forward. Uh, it's a lifetime of work for just a few of us. But with everyone else chipping in, I can barely keep up with the amount of great finds the very niche the hobby is turning up. I mean, since launch, every month we've averaged nearly 1 million hits. That's not bad for a free site, just run by enthusiasts, who also happen to be some of the most knowledgeable, the friendliest group of mates that I could wish for. Boys, it's been a privilege to join you guys on the GS Vintage episodes. Looking forward to more, sorry, missed deadlines, and uh, keeping Jez and the editing team as busy as hell for as long as you'll keep having us back. Love you guys, keep up the great work. Hello, this is John Jackson Miller, author of Star Wars Kenobi, Star Wars A New Dawn, Star Wars Lost Tribe of the Sith, Star Wars Knight Errant, and the Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic comics, among many other things, uh, with a Star Wars tale here for Generation Skywalker. 
when I was a kid, Star Wars was uh, huge. The action figures were huge. And uh, one of the other things that was huge is the uh, action figure for s- the uh, Snaggletooth character, the original Snaggletooth uh, instead of being the short uh, red uh, plastic guy that we all saw in the Kenner uh, action figure cards, uh, there had been a version of him that was blue and was tall. Uh, this was because Kenner did not have the correct sized uh, imagery. They didn't uh, they know how tall uh, Snaggletooth was. Uh, Snivian is the name of the species. And, uh, you know, my buddy had one and would not sell him to me, would not trade him to me, would not do anything. Uh, it was a great uh, action figure, and I, I longed to have one. Uh, I never did actually get one, but when I was uh, writing my first regular Star Wars comic series, uh, I was looking for um, a sidekick for Zane Carrick, and uh, the, you know, the first uh, character we went to was a sort of a, a blue Max Rebo guy, uh, and uh, the uh, staff said, you know, we really can't do that because we can't see that character's mouth. He can't smile. We need a character that's got a nice winning smile. Um, that went with my description of Zane's uh, sidekick. And uh, so I said, well, you know, uh, this could finally be my chance to uh, you know, play with a uh, Snaggletooth figure who, uh, even though he's uh, you know, not, the, not, not the tall blue version, uh, this would allow me to uh, write about a Snivian uh, just about every day. And I did write about Griff, Marn Hierogriff, the, uh, the conniving uh, capitalist uh, character uh, con artist uh, from Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic comics. Uh, he appeared in uh, almost every issue for the next five years. So, uh, again, that was uh, just sort of a fun moment that, uh, you know, I got to... Uh, even though I didn't actually get the physical figure and still don't have one, I uh, I was able to uh, immortalize my memory of uh, of that uh, character uh, in stories later on. Uh, this is John Jackson Miller. The website is farawaypress.com, JJM Faraway on Twitter, and John Jackson Miller on Facebook and Instagram. Hi, I'm Kirsty, and this is my Star Wars memory. It's that image of it being shown on terrestrial TV and R2 and 3PO uh, traversing the sand dunes together. As a girl growing up in the 80s with much older brothers, there wasn't really a love for Star Wars culture in the house. But as a daughter of Minman, who used to tap me random toys that he would find, I had a treasured Ewok from the vintage line. And that joy of the Ewoks cartoon is where my love for Star Wars was nurtured. And today it's still nurtured through those cartoons. Whether it's some of the best and most finest storytelling in Rebels or to the latest journeys in Bad Batch. There's a an honesty and depth of storytelling in that animated world that beguiles me still to this day. Hello chaps, it's one of the marks from Making Tracks. I just wanted to swing by and say congratulations on reaching your 100th episode of Generation Skywalker. That is by no means a small feat and definitely something worth celebrating. So well done and here's to at least another 100 shows. Now to be fair, whilst I've been a Star Wars fan for many, many, many years, it wasn't really until 2007 that I really started to become active in the community and it was because of Star Wars Celebration Europe that I kind of first actually went out in in costume and so that's where i first met the rebel legion and the 501st 
And for me, that's really where my Star Wars story began. If it wasn't for the Rebel Legion and the 501st, I don't actually know how active I would be in the community. And it's because there's so many wonderful and supportive people in the clubs that actually give you the confidence to make you believe that you can succeed in building a costume, which when it's your first costume, regardless of what it is, it's quite a daunting thing. And I'd say that most of my fondest memories and a lot of my star stories are going to revolve around some form of event that I would have been with, with either Rebel Legion or the 501st or even the Mando Mercs. And so it's really difficult to pick out one particular instance. We have been very lucky, and I don't mean to brag when I say that, we were invited to the Force Awakens premiere and Last Jedi and Rise of Skywalker premieres and that. Because to be fair, that is just one event out of many. However, the ones that really touch you are the ones where you see how Star Wars actually affects other people and how through Star Wars they find solace and they find comfort and they find happiness when everything else around them could be going to complete and utter shit. It could be a terminal illness in a family member or it could be some other kind of trial, be it difficulties of work or mental health or, you know, other other relationships. So I'm really proud that the work that I do with the Rebel Legion is making a difference in a number of different ways for, for charities directly, be it at an event or, you know, through raising money for charities. Or like I said, just, you know, putting a smile on somebody's face. Because of that, I've had the chance to meet some very wonderful people such as yourselves and the guys at Fan for Tracks. And of course, as well as like, you know, quite a wide variety of the Stars cast and crew members. And I think one of the fondest memories that I would definitely hold dearest to me is having the opportunity to help good old Jeremy Bullock get dressed into his Boba Fett costume on a couple of different occasions for the LFCC. Uh, photo shoots and in fact the the most fondest one was probably the last time which was his pretty much his last appearance in the costume not only because obviously it's Jeremy Bullock in the Empire Strikes Back Boba Fett costume but also because we almost got run over by Meatloaf on an electric scooter and let's be fair it's only going to happen at a, a showmasters convention so yeah that's one of those bizarre things that um it's definitely one of my fondest memories and I suppose on a personal note if it wasn't for Star Wars I wouldn't have met my partner Karen who has been you know, supportive of me since I've taken over running the Elstree base and it's just been wonderful and uh, has allowed me to at least occupy at least one room in the house with the Star's collection. So these are the things that I'm most grateful for. So anyhow, uh, keep up the good work, lads, and I hope to see you at Star Wars Celebration Europe in a couple of months' time. Hi there, everybody. This is Jason Smith, otherwise known as Mr. Palatoy, recording for the 100th uh, episode of Generation Skywalker. And I want to talk about um, my appearance on the BBC World News five years ago for uh, GMT. Um, so this was on Star Wars Day, May the 4th, and they wanted somebody to come on and do a live interview about the value of Star Wars collectibles and um, collecting uh, to invest and stuff like that. Uh, so it was it was a really fun day. Um I turned up there and um, had a talk through with the the guy who was going to be interviewing me. So we discussed exactly how we were going to do this interview and uh, all the various questions that were going to be asked. Um, Then I went and sat in makeup waiting to go on. But then uh, in the morning, Prince Philip was unwell and um, that dominated all of the, the news that they had this in the morning. But rather than cut out any of the people that they had uh, on to interview, they just decided to compress all of the segments. So 
in the interview that I did in the end, it all looks kind of very rushed and um, I'm having a lot of questions fired at me because we were trying to get through all the material in as short a time as possible. Um, so anyway, the interview itself, I thought it'd be really kind of uh, nerve-wracking, um, you know, being live on uh, air to, you know, a million odd people or how many people listen to the BBC World News. But it really was nothing like that. You go in, there's an empty studio. There's the studio kind of manager who's kind of directing it all. And then there's a couple of big, massive cameras on wheels with people behind them you can't really see. And then there's you and the interviewer. You've already met and, you, met, and you've already, you're already kind of uh, decided what you're going to talk about. So anyway, so I kind of came on and she kind of ushered me in and I sat down on the table and I started setting up with all the kind of toys that I'd brought in and kind of things we were going to talk about during the interview. So I was kind of doing that. And then she rushed over and said, we're going live in 10 seconds and proceeded to pick up a pile of the toys that were kind of on the edge of the table and that hadn't been set up yet and start to run off with them. And I was like, oh shit, those are the things that I'm actually talking about. So I had to run after her, grab, it was like a little uh, a little desktop pencil sharpener and some other bits and bobs, and then run back onto the set and sit down about one or two seconds before we went live, which was um, quite funny, really. And then um, I had the interview, which all, all kind of went okay. And um, it's on my YouTube channel. So if you go to... Um, www.youtube.com slash at Mr. Jason Smith, MR Jason Smith. You can see there's about the fourth video down there. The whole interview's there. And it's about five minutes long, but it was just a really funny day and um, it almost went disastrously wrong uh, live on air. Anyway, that's my story for, for the 100th episode of Generation Skywalker. And uh, keep listening. I'll see you all later. Hey, everybody. Matt Schoenfelder here, coming to you from the forest moon of Endor, or as I like to call it, Eureka, California. I'm up here in the Redwoods, and this is where Lucas chose to come and film the Endor scenes from Return of the Jedi. I've been here for 15 years. I still cannot get over the size of these trees. The sequoias are truly something to behold. And Return of the Jedi, 40 years old this year. Super excited for that. One of my favorite memories of Return of the Jedi would be Christmas 1983 under the tree. It's the Ewok Village action play set. Our little minds went crazy with adventures. What were these Ewoks doing? What was their daily routine? And on that note, the merchandise with Return of the Jedi was fantastic. The Jabba the Hutt with the little Rancor doors, just everything that's involved with the merchandising was so creative. And I asked around, a couple of the filming spots from Return of the Jedi are actually still up here in the Redwoods, although some are private property and others have been developed over the years. And, you know, on that note, I would love to do a tour up here sometime of these filming locations. So definitely a shout out to one of my favorite Star Wars films, Return of the Jedi. And to Generation Skywalker, congratulations on 100 episodes coming in. And I can't wait to see what you guys do for Jedi's 40th. My love to everybody, and may the Force be with us, always. Hi, my name's Mark Spriggs. I've been listening to Generation Skywalker almost since it started. My memory is this. 
1996, Michael A. Stackpole launched Rogue Squadron on the world and his main character, Corrin Horn. It would be something that echoed down the years for me, to the extent that somehow my wife agreed to name our son after him in 2003. But in 2009, Walmart had an exclusive series within the then Legacy Collection, The Droid Factory, five twin packs that also created an 11th figure. I approached Asta to see if they would be sold in the UK as a member of the Walmart family, explaining why and my son's connection. But they wouldn't be coming into this country. It was a dark time for collectors. I then got an email, a light at the end of the tunnel, and it wasn't a train. There was a production sample in the office, and it was mentioned in the email. They said they'd send it. A box arrived. Curiosity was piqued, but no great expectation. It was a big box, though. What was it? A note from Hasbro on the top, to enjoy a few little extras. The set that wasn't coming to the UK had arrived for my son to see himself. But not one figure, or one box. Not even one set of five boxes. They'd gifted us two whole sets one for a then overjoyed six-year-old, but also one for me. It was, as I told them in my shocked email, Christmas, birthday, anniversary, and many Valentines all rolled into one. We're collectors. We'll always remember the amazing people at Hasbro and Asda for this amazing gift. And now Corin is back to canon, and the journey to an eventual Rogue Squadron film continues and he's hoping that he might play himself. Racking my brains trying to think of the one story I want to tell. But I'd like to go back to 2017. It was May the 4th, 2017. I just finished a 40-mile run dressed in Stormtrooper armour to celebrate the 40th anniversary of Star Wars at Pinewood Studios for Make-A-Wish. Now, it, it was a huge event absolutely loved it and it was really really important for me that i had oliver ball who was a make a wish recipient join me at the end so we managed to get him a second wish a really really um lovely young lad who's had all sorts of um, medical uh, problems conditions and challenges throughout his life who's a huge star wars fan so we got oliver along and uh they were filming i think it was solo at the time and he got to meet warwick and uh, got shown around a little bit but it was brilliant but the community aspect to that because throughout the entire run and storm Jupiter challenge i've been supported all the way all the way through this um people just on forums on facebook groups just the support was brilliant and on the day i had so many people coming down helping out you know had Loads of different lads from the forum there. And, you know, Peter was there. I had Stu was there. Rich Hutchinson was there. Steve Savory was there. Andy Bridge. Grant was there. There were so many people coming along to help out. And, you know, Mark Hockley. All, all the people were coming there supporting. And it was really, really great. But what Grant had been doing in the background, learning about Ollie, was Grant had contacted people on the forum. In particular, it was Paul Davies who helped out massively. And the community just donated toys and treats for Ollie. So whilst Ollie finished the last 50 metres or so with me of this 40-mile run, 
and we we crossed the finish line there was a huge confetti cannon which had been um, put on by the pyrotechnic people from jurassic world and uh and then ollie was just blown away by the generosity of the star wars community of the star wars collecting community who gave this young make-a-wish recipient more presents than he's ever had in his entire life and uh yeah just a really good feel-good day and i think afterwards we all just sat down and had a beer and we all had a huge smile on our face it was good times now jez's story there is is absolutely lovely um i was there that day and uh ollie's face everything about it was was incredible and jez has done a a brilliant brilliant thing here he's managed to get ollie to do a short recording for the next story with his memories of that day and uh, a very special recording this one hi i'm ollie when i was seven i was invited to palmer's studios by jez on may, may the 4th of star wars day jez ran 40 miles from april and crossed the finish line with him and then there was a gold confetti i got to go in a golf buddy and i met Wyatt davis and jez Kindly gave me a box of Star Wars there. Thank you to everyone and for Jez raising a huge amount of money for Metal Wish. You know what, Generation Skywalker has opened up so, so many opportunities to interview so many interesting people. Uh, we've had on here Steve Sansweet, uh, Becca Benjamin, Ross Barr, Chris Leddy, uh, Zia Revsi, Matthew Schoenfeld, all, all these amazing people who have come on and spoke about their passion and and their area of star wars that that means so much to them in fact coming up in uh, a week or two we have a terrific uh, round table myself and jez sat down with um, mark hamilton who's in the band ash a massive star wars fan uh, writer director and producer of horror movies jed shepherd and martin keeler and i sat them down we sat down for an evening to do an hour's hour's show and we ran miles over two hours because everyone was so invested in the topic and and that's what's great about about doing something like generation skywalker you get so many opportunities to talk to so many like-minded people that you wouldn't you wouldn't necessarily meet on a day-to-day basis i mean they're all around the world it's, it's been absolutely fantastic to get so many different people on so i could have gone with a a clip here from an interview but something else that we do here now in Generation Skywalker, or we try to do, it's not always possible with with timings and whatnot, but at the end of some of these amazing TV series, we sit down and, and we dissect the episodes. We look at each episode on a whole. We look at a series on a whole. And uh, we've done this twice to date so far. We did it with The Book of Boba Fett, which was a brilliant look in it because there were so many um, similarities to other movies and so many like little nuggets taken out but uh, this clip i'm about to play is from obi-wan kenobi now this was show 83 and went out on the 11th of august 2022 and the great thing about doing a round table just with the generation skywalker host is you've got dan who will always pick out the negatives in a tv series he'll don't like that and i don't like that but uh, jez is quite the opposite and he looks at every positive and even the negative points he he turns it into a positive so quite a different of um different of opinion between the two of them i think myself and craig sit more in the middle of it but it uh, always makes for an interesting conversation as uh, well basically as jez schools dan and this patch of star wars actually i think they're agreeing i think this this clip i've picked out is is actually jez saying what he didn't like about obi-wan kenobi but um yeah let's 
Let's take a listen to the clip that I've selected here. Oh, nice to see a familiar face. It should that. How rude. What did you think about Reva screaming, light him up, and they started shooting the base doors? Right, that, yeah. Something else that bugged me. So, this is now my time to talk about bits I didn't like in this in this thing, because there is a lack of real-world-isms here. Because I'm a changed man, I'm an experienced man, and now I use that experience to question things that I see. So, stormtroopers firing heavy lasers at the blast doors, yet no one's wearing eye protection. <coughs> No one's worried about ricochets, right? She's just light them up. I'm thinking I might need to put in some sort of dynamic health and safety assessment. There's other elements throughout the series. You walk along the corridors of an imperial establishment. Not a single notice board without date information. There's no health and safety or diversity and inclusion, sports, pub of the month or anything like that. I don't really believe it because there's no notice boards. So I was taken out at the moment when they fired at that door and there was no quick Get your safety goggles on. Galaxy, a long time ago, Jez. I mean, you've only got to go back to the 90s. There wasn't <laughs> health and safety. Fair argument. What a great series. And also, then she just sticks her lightsaber through and cuts the door open anyway. Yeah, yeah, I can explain that, though, because I needed... Again, I thought to myself, Dan might not like that. But that had taken several blasts. And it was like the, the straw that broke the donkey's back. She She exposed the bit which had already been damaged by the laser. Hello, Generation Skywalker. Well done on a fantastic run of 100 episodes. I've been there from the beginning and I've loved every single moment and all your work is fantastic. My name is Jeff Tilley. I hail from Victoria, Australia, so one of the Down Under fans. And I'd just like to recount a little story about my own personal experiences. So when Star Wars first came out in 77, I was 14 and I read every single magazine and book that I could about Star Wars. And I learned that there was a Darth Vader appearance at my local shopping center. So off I trotted and I saw the actor there in the uh, the costume. And what did I say? Well, being the smart ass that I am, I said, hello. You're not Dave Prowse, and I know that to be true. And then I walked off. And it wasn't until back when the special edition episodes came out uh, that uh, I managed to get the opportunity to play Darth Vader at a shopping centre. How ironic is that? And there was a kid that actually came up to me and, and said the same thing. He said, you're not Darth Vader. And my lightning uh, response was, well, I'm not. I'm Anakin Skywalker. Darth Vader's just my day job. And he looked at me and he ran off. So that's what the original guy in the suit should have said in 77. But of course, he didn't know any of the wiser. Anyway, that's it for me. Congratulations again on 100 episodes. And I look forward to catching all the future ones. And may you have 100 fantastic more episodes after this. Okay, catch ya. Bye. Hey, Generation Skywalker, Lee here from The Good, The Bad and The Robots. You know, the best online shop for your one-sixth figures. 
congratulations on your 100th episode what a milestone big fan of the show keep up what you're doing guys you're doing so so well so uh, my contribution towards uh, my life in star wars there are two things for me number one is the uh, opening of the empire strikes back the battle of hoth uh, the reason being it was my first ever encounter with star wars it gripped me as a kid um, and still remains my favorite scene of all time uh, why i don't know it was just magical the snow the the size of the attacks the the fact that the baddies won which you know is so rare even in films these days and and started the whole thing for me uh being a star wars fan so that is definitely my number one um another thing of course is the merchandise the toys right from the very beginning the vintage figures um it, i still get nostalgic now when i see them they're amazing and now we're in you know 2023 and we've got hot toys and and even hot toys stuff is just getting better and better and better and uh, uh i still get that kind of magic uh opening a hot toys as when i did 40 uh, uh, years ago as a kid so um yeah that's my uh contribution um best of luck guys and may the force be with you my name's Amy Schoberg, and I live in Seattle, Washington. I've been a Star Wars collector since 1995. The cool thing about being a Star Wars collector is you can make friends all over the world, and that includes my friend Dave from Cincinnati, Ohio. And in March of 2016, I decided to go out and visit Dave, because he's always offered to come visit, and uh, see the birthplace of Kenner. So oh, yeah. um, we went out to... He, Dave showed me the sights, but uh, when I left... Seattle, my friend said, what what kind of stuff are you going to bring back? And um, I joked, well, either a Kenner sign or maybe some prototypes, because you know those things are probably not things you're going to get. And I will let Dave take the story from here. Yeah, so then we drove down to uh, Kenner Street, and I'm Dave Rod. I'm uh, Amy's friend in Cincinnati. And um, we drove down to Kenner Street uh, to check it out, and we got out and took a nice picture of ourselves in front of the sign. And then Amy kidded, uh, hey, we should come back later tonight, haha, with some tools, haha, and we can get the sign. And I said, yes, that would be funny, haha, wouldn't it be? And then we got in my car and drove one block, and there was a sign knocked over in the street. So wouldn't you know it? Uh, it was just it was actually behind some yellow tape. Do you remember that, Amy? Yeah, it was it was so, in a ditch. Yeah, and, was, uh, yeah. and so uh, I said, let's pull over the car. And remember, there was a car idling there, and you were nervous. Yeah. And said, no, no, like like don't do it. And then I said, well, you know, just let's just see what happens. So I just noticed I could step over the tape pretty easily, and then I noticed the sign came right up the pole pretty easily, and then I noticed it fitted right in my trunk pretty easily, and then I noticed we could drive away pretty easily. So we did all those things. And it, and that was the start of a collecting road trip. We visited. Several other collectors that weekend, yeah, we including sure Ann Duncan Jenkins, Kevin Lent, yeah. um, Arnie Marjorie Carvalho, and uh, we took it around and let people take pictures with it. So yeah, we have all those pictures somewhere. We can add those to the enhanced version if there is one. Yeah, it was like a collecting road trip. It was indeed and then a lot of fun. Fast forward to Celebration Chicago, and another one of our friends. Uh, was selling miniature replica Kenner Street signs yeah. at room sales. So um, while the awesome actual street sign resides in the collection of Dave Brott, uh, <laughs> I have a mini mini version of the sign in my collection. Which and, is uh, yeah. Yes. But fond you, memories. Oh, and good you are stuff. the co-owner of the big sign, Amy. Anytime you want to ship that thing out to Seattle, I'll do it. I think it belongs in Cincinnati. Oh, that's sweet. <laughs> But Star Wars, lifetime of uh, stories and memories and and, uh, just all around good time. Indeed, and this was a fun one. 
Good morning, Generation Skywalker. This is Travis Hoffman from Cincinnati, Ohio, home of Kenner and home of Star Wars toys. So what does Star Wars mean to me? Um, it means pretty much everything. Other than my family um, and my friends, Star Wars has been the only constant in my life. Star Wars has been with me since 1979 when I got my first action figures. Uh, as a kid, um, my friends and I would either be playing with our figures or acting out Star Wars. When I got into my teenage years, Star Wars was a part of my life, um, playing the West End role-playing games and reading the books. Um, as an adult, Star Wars has gotten to be an even bigger part of my life. I got back into collecting vintage Star Wars, um, and it's something that I actively pursue, and I'm a member of several several uh, collecting clubs. I started a collecting uh, club in my uh, community. I'm a member of the 501st Imperial Legion. So Star Wars is with me every day, day in, day out. And one of the biggest, uh, one of the most important stories that I can think of um, when I look back over my Star Wars uh, life was uh, sitting in the movie theater in 1980. Um, I have clear memories of watching Empire Strikes Back and going and seeing it multiple times. And then in 1997, um, the first time I ever put on a Star Wars costume, and I went to a Star Wars or a science fiction convention in Cincinnati, Ohio. And I met um, David Prowse, Kenny Baker, um, Peter Mayhew, uh, Jeremy Bullock, all at this one convention. And I got to shake their hands and talk with them and take pictures. Um, so that's probably the most defining moment um, in my Star Wars career and has gotten me and taken me to the places I've been. Um, love the show. Love you guys. Keep up the great work. Hi there. This is Stefan Klut, also known by my forum's nickname Plastic Held. And, and I'm located in a small village near Cologne in Germany. Uh, first of all, uh, congrats on 100 episodes of Generation Skywalker. You guys are doing absolutely great. Um, so for me, I'm a vintage collector starting in 1994. And for me, it's all about the toys and with them deeply rooted childhood memories. And here's my Star Wars tale. When I was five, my father took me to cinema to watch The Empire Strikes Back and boom, what an impact this had on me. The following year, when some Germans are celebrating Carnival in February and dress up for it in all kinds of costumes, <clears throat> I wanted to be Darth Vader. But at that time, there was absolutely nothing like this over here just to buy in shops. And so my father made me a Darth Vader mask out of, out of a firefighter helmet for kids and a lot of cardboard. My lightsaber was made out of empty kitchen roll and aluminum foil. My mother has sewn me a cape. And man, that was the best costume I've ever had. And I do own that mask till today. Nowadays, I'm neither a big cosplay or carnival fan, but I still love my Star Wars toys. <coughs> Short story for Generation Skywalker podcast. Uh, Paul James here, and I'm going to give you a little story about a yak face. So this would have been in about 1993. I've been 13 or 14 years old. I was buying a lot of um, Star Wars and toys then back then from um, my classmates. Uh, Penman School in Cornwall, um, and I picked up a, a yak face, 
um, from a, a kid called Charles uh, for twenty pounds. I had to go and pick it up from him from um, Morning Smith. Um, it's a small village about uh, ten miles away. So my mum had dropped me there to pick it up. I couldn't drive at the time; it was too far to cycle. Uh, so I, I, I treasured this twenty pounds. I paid for it. Twenty pounds exactly. I was made up. Charles was made up. Brilliant. Anyway, skip forward about two years later. Um, I had a complete run at that point. Not a problem. But the Yak Face was always my prized possession in the collection. And uh, I used to live in this chalet in the garden. We had this sort of outhouse chalet. It was an outhouse. It was a shed, really. It was a luxury shed that, that got turned into an outhouse that got turned into my bedroom. And I lived in there from about 14 and a half, 15 years onwards. So maybe 1995 this would have been, actually. Uh, and... I got caught smoking by my mum in the shed. I'd only had a couple of fags at the time, but me and my mate had been in the shed. And I think she could see through the window as she looked out of the top bedroom window. She could see the, the cherries on the cigarettes burning where she came in, storming in. Don't you, daddy, be smoking in there? You know, burn the place down. She was in a fit of rage. Uh, so she walked in and she grabbed um, my yak face. She knew it was my prized possession off, uh, off my, my, my wall where they're all displayed on the shelves. And she snapped both of the arms off it. I mean, this was a mint condition yak face. Snapped both arms off it. I mean, I I burst into tears. I, I didn't know what to do. I I, I mean, I knew I, I should never have been smoking, but uh, well. So um, anyway, I took this yak face and uh, first of all, I tried to melt its arms back on. So I took my lighter. Um, I, uh, I I tried to melt both arms and stick it together. That didn't work. So then I tried some candle wax. Tried to drip some candle wax on it. Stuck the arms on. Uh, in the end, I went for super glue, like you do. Just glue the bloody arms back on. Uh, it still looked pretty good via a couple of little burn marks around the shoulders, but it wasn't too bad. Uh, move on a few years. I sold that in a collection of um, last seventeen on eBay. I sold. An entire run. I sold a couple of runs of figures, but I did an entire run of last 17 figures. Um, there was an EV-99, I think, missing an arm. The Yak Face that had his arms glued back on. Um, there was a Paplu and a Lumac card, I think, Mox on Return of the Jedi. But they all went, all last 17. I think they sold for £230 for the whole lot. Um, a complete last 17 run back then in 2004. 2004. Anyway, since then, I've done quite a few um, on on the group shout-outs trying to get this yak face back again, obviously. I didn't get it as a, a baby child. It wasn't brand new to me, but I'd had it since I was sort of 13 years old. So I have done shout-outs. If anyone comes across this yak face, it was sold in a bundle of last 17, 2014. So, yeah, um, if you find or come across a yak face that is missing or has two arms still glued onto it, please get in contact with Generation Skywalker. I'd like to be reunited with it. Okay, guys, thank you very much. Peace out, God bless, may the force with you. Paul James, signing out. James Burns from GNI News here, wanting to wish Generation Skywalker congratulations on reaching their 100th show milestone. I'm often asked what Star Wars means to me, and above all, it's the conflict between good and evil that takes it to a place of escapism, with the good side of the force prevailing, and we need that escapism more than ever today. But more than that, it's the friendships created all over the world that enable me and my family to break bread and have conversations with like-minded Star Wars fans no matter where we go. So, stay safe, clear skies, and may the Force be with you, always. Hi guys, it's uh, Chris Mann, the Go By Jedi Masters on the forum. Uh, so, why Star Wars? Um, so, my dad got me into collecting uh, when I was around 
eight years old, so about 1992. Uh, I remember he came home with uh, a green Kerber box uh, with about half a dozen, maybe eight figures in, and a couple of mini rigs. Um, nothing special, no uh, no pearly white stormies or um, or any DTs, nothing like that. Uh, mostly mostly Re uh, Return of the Jedi villains. Um, yeah, and a couple of mini rigs, and um, from then, from that day, I was just hooked. I loved the figures that he brought home. I don't know where he got them from. I haven't got a clue to this day where he got them from, um, but I loved them. And, and from then on, where we used to go to toy fairs together, um, searching out what we could find, um, you know, uh, whatever, whatever we could buy. And um, yeah, so uh, it was my dad that got me into it. God rest his soul. Um, and I still have uh, the last bit he bought me before he died. Um, uh, a very nice tri-logo boxed Return of the Jedi um, uh, Rebo band, which I will be keeping uh, forevermore. So yeah, so that is why I love Star Wars. Hello, I am Mark from uh, Blue Harvest Toys on YouTube. Congratulations on 100 episodes. Absolutely fantastic. Um, you've been a very big inspiration for me. Back in 2016, I mean, I'm looking. For, we're looking forward to um, Star Wars Celebration coming up next year in April. But going back to 2016, when it was blasting London, I got to meet Carrie Fisher, and you can see, big Leia fan. Um, it was absolutely fantastic. It was two hours queuing up to see her. We got into the the boarded off bit, and she went for a break, went for a 45 minute break, and she came back, and she was so nice, saying sorry that she had to go for a break, blah, 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 and then was eventually got there, she was stamping everybody's hand with a, uh, an Ewok sticker, a Wicket sticker, um, I might have a picture of that somewhere, and um, she was just so funny, she was so funny, so genuine, genuine funny, um, the the person in front, the ink was running out, and she was going, bastard, bastard, <laughs> with a pen. And then um, got to meet her. I was, I didn't know what to say. I was trying to be, trying to be cool. And it wasn't happening. And I walked, was walking away, and she had a dog. She had the dog, Gary, sat with her. And I went, bye, Gary. And she thought I said, bye, Gary. And she went, bye dear. Uh, that's, that'll be with me to my dying day. And hence why I've started to get nearly everything I can Leia now. Um, I've also got the night six, but Leia is the big focus at the moment. So there you go. Again, congratulations on 100 episodes. Here's to the next 100. Hi, it's Colin. I'm DB94 on the forums and most of the Facebook pages. I'm 50, so was lucky enough to see the original films in the cinema first time around. In fact, Star Wars is probably one of my first early memories of the cinema. I loved it so much, it made such a fuss that my mum and dad took me back the following week to see it again, which back in the day was unheard of. Um, my first three figures were R2-D2, Chewbacca and Ben Kenobi. But I was so young and with no reference material to kind of get the names, I called them Dusty Bin off of 321. 
uh, Wolf for Chewbacca and just Old Man for Ben. By the time Empire Strikes Back came along, I was just the right age, eight, and everything about Empire was magical. The, the ships, the figures, I was just absolutely obsessed. Um, real fond memories of the capture log, that's why it's my profile picture, um, especially the survival kit. I remember running home each day from school, desperate to see if it arrived. Just the idea of the extra weapons, the gas masks, the backpacks, and especially the utility belt with the grappling hook. Just that that was absolutely fantastic. Um, Return of the Jedi came along at Christmas 1984. I got my B-Wing fighter and TIE Interceptor, which I was just desperate to get. Uh, and then around about that time, my dad suggested I was getting a bit old for Star Wars. Um, so by the time Woolies had reduced all the things down, I remember them. I remember the bags of figures, the small ships for 49p, the, the big ships for 499 but I just didn't buy any. Um, it's amazing to think I, I believed I was too old for it. And then fast forward 37 years, here I am sitting in my wee spare room, surrounded by Star Wars toys, loving hunting down um, vintage figures. Very lucky, my wife is very understanding, so she has given me the, the spare room as my Star Wars room, and it's ideal just to sit and listen to the, the latest version, uh, latest episode of Generation Skywalker podcast with a coffee. For a long time, I spent most of my time trying to hunt down figures. Um, it's nice now to sit back a wee bit and just enjoy my collection. Um, probably something we should all do a wee bit more and enjoy what we've got. Enjoy the hunt, but enjoy what we've got as well. The Star Wars community is fantastic. absolutely love it. Um, our daughter, she's 26 now, brought up with Star Wars. Brainwashed is probably a better description. Um, she's got her own place now. Uh, she's an amazing collection from OT and the prequel films. Um, so it's nice that we're, we're carrying it on. So thanks again for all you do. Like I say, love the community. Keep doing what you're doing. All the best. Cheers, Colin. Now the favourite episode that I've been involved with on Generation Skywalker outside of those old fossils. There's been a few which have been my sort of pet projects. I've really enjoyed the uh, the trailer episodes, going over the original trailers. We've still got the sequel ones to do, so we've done the uh, OT and we've done the prequel trailers. But I was really, really pleased with the way the sounds of the Attack of the Clones came out. So it's episode 72, and it's, yeah, the sounds of Attack of the Clones. Now, instantly, you know, people can think about some, some of the key ones, which were really, really sort of groundbreaking, but brilliant. It was really good fun to sort of have a little look at what Matt Wood was doing, along with Ben Burt. The episode itself is only an hour and eight minutes. If you've got to spare a little bit of time, give it a, give it a listen. An hour and eight minutes, episode 72, Sounds of Attack of the Clones. Brilliant fun. You want to buy some death sticks? You don't want to sell me death sticks. I don't want to sell you death sticks. You want to go home and rethink your life. I want to go home and rethink my life. So, the first sound to which I'd like to go to is the creatures. Right, help me out, fellas. What the name of these creatures in the arena? So there's an Ackley, I think it's a Nexu, and a Reek. Brilliant, yes. So Reek, yeah, Reek, the, the big guy. The, the the big dude with the horns. Yeah. And as you said, yeah, the Ackley, the one, the Shriek. And then the Nexu, which is the, yeah, the one who's going after Padme. So I'm just going to refer to the book now. The climax of episode two begins with Padme, Anakin and Obi-Wan chained to poles where they wait to be devoured by f- three creatures. A Reek, the Nexu and the Ackley. 
Although the monster fight in the arena was originally scored, music was dropped at the last moment, which meant that Bert had to rethink the sequence. Music had been end-to-end in the reel, but it was thought that it wore the audience out too quickly, he says, so we dropped a couple of cues. This meant I had to rethink the sound design, since now it was going to have to support the entire drama alone. Due to time constraints, most of the sounds behind the creatures are legacy animals from the library, pitched and cut and rearranged in different ways. Now I'm going to go through these three animals now, and I want you to guess about the acclay as well. Right, so, the reek. We're going to go for the Nexu, uh, the Nexu cry referred to. But here we have the Acclay shriek, which is of the three. I love this one. Now, I'm sure you can picture this one. I'm going to play that once more and I want you to tell me animals has come from anyone has it a guess sounds like the fox is outside my window at night <laughs> right frisky frisky foxes <laughs> so the acclay is mostly dolphin for the clicks and chirps and a rework to give it a chattering feel and they've added some pig sounds as well now we do find that a lot of the sounds within Star Wars are combinations and you know things chucked together, two, two added, actually reversed, played back, then reversed again. So clever the way in which they do it. It's not just it's just like the the Wookiee isn't just this. There are always a combination of different ones. But there we go. And in addition to the creatures, how they made those three. One important new sound for the beasts came from the Fox studio itself. When they were filming in Sydney, often the sound stage had a cyclorama blue screen around it, said Bert. And when they would break the screen down, they'd slide the big wooden hollow pallets, the supporting structure on the floor. The dragon made a loud groaning sound, a Godzilla-like creak and echo. We went down at lunchtime one day and just recorded that. Much of that sound became the vocals for the arena monsters. And that's what I love about studying these sound engineers and designers because they're just wandering around with their recording devices just thinking that sounds incredible i'm just going to record that i'm the supervising sound editor i provide him raw sound effects elements the main thing when you're out recording is you're just going to look for something unique something you hear you haven't heard it before and you grab it and you can use it for you know anything you know these people go to aircraft carriers and record the catapults launching the aircraft. They go to factories and record this. You know, the sounds of the ATATs, the sounds of the walkers and the machines. It's, it, it's so clever, the way in which they're doing this. There's one other element to the uh, to the Acclay, which I want to talk about just very briefly, because this was uh, the Foley ladies were talking about how they did this. For Obi-Wan versus the Acclay in the arena... Thorpe brought in a machete and some fresh young coconuts from Thailand. I took the machete and just whacked the thing, Thorpe says. You got this great sound of a creature being stabbed, and then I pull apart the halves of the coconut with my hands for the cracking sound, 
<laughs> so we're just going to go to this sound now. So this is someone actually whacking it with a machete, a coconut, and then the coconut being pulled apart. So there we go. My creatures from Attack of the Clones in my number five of sound effects for the Attack of the Clones. Reek, the Ackley, and the Necro Cry. Dolphins and pigs. Star Wars. I personally think the earliest memory of the film was my mum taking me to watch A New Hope in Edinburgh when I was a young boy. And then obviously myself, many years later, taking my mum to see The Rise of Skywalker. So it meant that we'd seen all 11 films in the franchise on the big screen. And obviously other memories of of it is waking up on Christmas morning as a wee boy to find my falcon and figures, which I still have. And I still remember the first two figures I got were R2-D2 and C-3PO. Moving on 40 odd years, it means that I've now met new friends who have the same buzz about collecting Star Wars and selling stuff. And I've just had a, a new bit of enthusiasm. I've just passed, I've just bought my friend's wee boy, his first figure, which was a Darth Vader. So seeing him actually open the, opening it up and his face light up when he, when he opened it, knowing fine well that we were all like that. When we opened up our first figures as wee boys and girls. And to this day, I will never get bored of sticking on, in my mind, the best film of the franchise, An Empire Strikes Back. And I hope that we all we all stay friends over a great number of years and still have the buzz when we're old men, which we are now. Hey, Stuart Skinner here, obviously part of the Generation Skywalker team, as you mostly probably know at this point of this show. If you don't know which one I am, I'm the one with the the charisma, the the wit, the cheeky smile. Basically the cute one. You can't miss me if you uh, line us all up. The boys have all done a story during this podcast and I wrap my brains and and since I've been podcasting, I started podcasting in 2013 with The Vintage Rebellion, which was Star Wars Forum UK at podcast at the time. And we've had so many experiences um, with celebrations, with Farthest Froms, you've got Echo Lives, and we've been as as teams and as friends to other events we've been to belgium to fax and we've done a few little like mini road trips around the uk and i wrapped my brains and wrapped my brains of, of what i really wanted to do and for me the, the star wars community means and the friendships i've made probably mean the most out of everything we do i mean the collecting's great and these items are great and doing all these different things is 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 wonderful but it is those friendships and we started the idea of generation skywalker came i put it to jez and grant one evening on a skype i think it was october 2019 it grew from there and then we had the launch i think it was march or april in 2020 and we launched it just after covid and events were getting cancelled celebration was getting cancelled uh we had no farthest froms we had no echoes everything everything just went and i didn't see these boys for a long long time but during that period i managed to get my garage converted into my office slash collecting space now named tiki 421 thanks to the boys we still didn't see each other and it got to 2021 and generation skywalker had never had a get together as a complete team and we we were starting to come out of those lockdowns and things were planned and i said to the boys look i'm going to do a barbecue at my house we were from all over the uk i mean mark was up in stone you got Jez's Oxford Direction, Craig is Leamington Spa, which is, you know, 
know, half hour from Birmingham. Grant was in Wales. So I said to the boys, look, come to uh, come to my house and we'll have a, we'll have a great day. And, and it was really nice. Jez and Grant rocked up on Friday evening and it wasn't going to be too heavy a night, but we spent hours rearranging my room out here. I can remember the three of us, we, we, we phoned out for pizza. We were sitting in my back garden at half past one in the morning eating pizza before returning back in this room to continue to put stuff out. And I think we finally went to bed at three o'clock. And then on the Saturday, uh, Craig and Kimberly arrived, Dan and Emma arrived, um, Mark and Lee came down from Stoke direction, Mark Hockley came down. We had a wonderful day. We recorded a podcast outside. Probably the, if you're going through our hundred shows, probably the worst sound of all of them is the beer show too. But we tasted these beers outside. We had some steak. We we got drunk basically. And uh, I think me, Jez and Grant were the last men standing. I think at five o'clock in the morning, we were still going. And it was just great to just finally get together, just let our hair down, talk Star Wars, just catch up and have that, that team get together. And those moments, they are the best moments when it comes to things like this hobby. I, I only know these boys through this hobby. And some of those lads that I've just mentioned will be lifelong friends. I've no doubt of that. There's not there's not many days that go past that me and Jez don't have a little call. I mean, you know, so those friendships, they really do stand the test of time. And um, that is my story. I just wanted to, to go somewhere different, really, rather than I bought this or we did that. You boys listening, you all rock. Hi, it's Carl. Uh, and this is my first memory uh, of Star Wars. Um, probably the back end of 1980. Uh, being very, very excited about going off to the old Debenhams store in Walsall um, to buy my very first Star Wars figure. And as you can appreciate the anticipation, you arrive in the toy department and you're... Uh, all you can see is a wall of Star Wars toys, all with the uh, infamous Eva Palatoy or Kenner logo on them. And the message from your mum is, you can pick one. And you've got to bear in mind at this point in time, you've got two waves of Star Wars, the first wave of the Empire Strikes Back figures. And I have to make a decision as, as, a, as a kid that's five and a half years old to make a decision on which Star Wars figure, or six, I think it was six, um, what Star Wars figure I'm going to buy. And I'm the decision, I've rack gone for all the figures and eventually I've decided on Han Solo Hoth outfit. And I've scrutinised all the ones that they've got and I've gone over the paint job time and time again just to make sure that I've got a, a figure that I'm absolutely happy with because there's no going back. And the, the, the rush to the till, it goes into a paper bag and then there's and then it's just that wait until you can get home and then... We get home, and then I'm there holding this figure in its hand, in its still mint on card, in its bubble. I can see its blaster stuck to the side of the bubble, and it's how do I get into this thing without damaging it? And my brother comes up with the ingenious idea of using a ruler, not a knife, but a ruler, and we hack at this this plastic bubble, and eventually we free Han Solo from his prison. And from that point onwards, I've never actually looked back, and I still collect now. Hi, my name's Rob Thompson from Bath in Somerset in the UK. Um, congratulations on your 100th episode of Generation Skywalker. Uh, I thought I'd share uh, a quick story with you regarding my sort of Star Wars collecting from the early days. Uh, although I've lived in Bath for the last sort of 20 odd years, I was born and bred in Bournemouth and my parents still live down there. And uh, we used to have a beach hut um, on the seafront between Bournemouth and Boscombe Piers. And uh, we, me and my two sisters would 
and my mum would basically spend, you know, the summer holidays just down the beach nearly every day. Um, and at the end of our little um, uh, sort of section of beach huts was a, was an ice cream kiosk. And obviously in the summer of 1980, one of their big sellers was the Lions Made Empire Strikes Back ice lolly. And a lot of people didn't realise, or probably didn't care, that inside the wrapper of these is a little sticker. And there were 12 to collect. And, you know, so I, I had my sort of collector gene, obviously from birth. And I decided, I was a Star Wars nut back then, that I would just try and collect all these stickers. But obviously, you know, we couldn't afford to buy lots of these ice creams. So um, what I would do was I'd hang around the kiosk um, for several hours at a time and... Um, just wait for people to buy these ice creams and then toss the wrappers in the bin and then I'd fight the wasps to uh, get to these wrappers and um, I'd take them out and I'd remove the stickers and over time, over that summer holiday, I managed to get two complete runs of all 12 stickers plus a few spares. So um, those stickers are still with me to this day. I still have them and I'm looking at them as I talk to you. So uh, I thought you'd enjoy that little story of my early collecting and um, best of luck with the show, guys, and uh, look forward to many more. Cheers. Congratulations to Generation Skywalker for hitting their 100th show. That is no small feat. My name is Michael Havens from ICCCon, the future of conventions, right down here in Nashville, Tennessee. You can check us out at icnashville.com. I wanted to share with you a celebrity story in my two minutes that was very cool. This past year at ICCCon, I picked up the Emperor. We had a really cool, fancy Sprinter van. It looked like the inside of a private jet. And I had uh, Return of the Jedi on on the screen and the emperor got in uh ian mcdermott and he said oh my goodness i'm on the screen and i thought that was hilarious but uh then he started talking about the scene and that scene was the one where he is stepping down off the imperial shuttle onto the second death star um with uh darth vader there waiting on him on his knee and uh the emperor said well ian said he said uh what was weird about this scene is the whole reason why the Emperor walks like that is because the contact lenses that they had for me only had little tiny slits in them, and those slits face straight forward. So when he was walking down the ramp, his gait is due to him not being able to see where his feet are going. He said he couldn't even see Darth Vader with the slits in the eyes, he could just look directly forward. So that... that bouncy, folly kind of walk the Emperor has is all due to him not being able to see walking down the ramp. And he said that is something that has stuck with him forever and uh, that he has always had to do and every time he replays the Emperor. So I thought that was a really cool story. He was a wonderful guy and uh, it was a lot of fun. I'll tell you one other thing is I love the way these podcasts like Generation Skywalker they make sure that we all have something to listen to and something to look forward to and uh, I couldn't be more proud to be on their show and I couldn't be more excited to have them part of this hobby. I hope they are there in ICCCon 2023 May 26th through 28th 2023 and I hope they come down and they get their press badges and come cover the show. Have a great day and thank you for having me on and congratulations on your 100th show. Hi guys, hello Ev, Generation Skywalker, hello everyone watching, uh, I'm Drew from Collector Displays UK, uh, basically just to tell you a bit about why Star Wars is so important to me, really a few years ago I started uh, recollecting and decided to build a display case and since then it's become my full-time job, 
so really without Star Wars, I would probably be working for the man, which no one really wants to do, do they? That's why Star Wars is so important to me. And actually, do you know what? I really love the community. I love um, being able to do things for other people. Bye. Hi, boys. It's Dallas Ewan from Winnipeg, Canada. Uh, just wanted to send you congratulations on making your century. Love the podcast, especially the Old Fossils episodes. Uh, and you'd asked for Star Wars collecting stories. So here's a quick one for you. Uh, you might remember Celebration Chicago. Uh, a bunch of us had dinner together and we were talking about over dinner uh, what we were looking to pick up in terms of collectibles. I'd mentioned to the group that I was really, really uh, looking for a die-cast tie bomber. So after dinner, we walked over to the room sales. As we walked into the room, uh, Steve Savory spotted something on the floor, uh, poked me on the arm and says, Dallas, there you go, mate. Uh, it was a die-cast tie bomber in lovely condition, uh, which I ended up buying. So thanks for that, Steve. And thanks again, guys, for what you do on the podcast. Really do appreciate it. Cheers. Hello, Generation Skywalker. Happy 100th episode. Um, this is Darren Heyman, Star Wars figure artist and indie pop singer. I am holding in my hand a novel by Donald F. Glutt based on a story by George Lucas. It's the Empire Strikes Back Special Young Readers Edition with eight pages of fabulous colour, it says in the corner. It's a red book, but the spine is completely bleached out by the sun. This is a story about spoilers. When I was 10 and in the playground, just before this film came out, somehow people were saying that Luke was Darth Vader's son, and I did not believe them. I was furious. I was really cross about it. The film came out at the beginning of the school holidays and I wasn't allowed to see it. I had to get in a car with my mum, my dad and my sister and drive to Cornwall. But what I had in my hand was this book and it remains one of only two books that I've ever read in a day. I've read this book in one day and I've read Catcher in the Rye in a day. And my mum and dad grew increasingly angry with me that I would not engage with the family in any way because I had to read this book and I had to find out whether Darth Vader was Luke's dad. And I quite like my experience of The Empire Strikes Back. I quite like needing to read this, reading it, and then afterwards getting to see the film. I'm, I quite like that whole experience of The Empire Strikes Back. Uh, the truth was revealed to me in layers um, just one end note on spoilers. Um, a couple of years ago, my friend Emma said she hadn't seen any Star Wars and I decided to show her the original trilogy. And she said, I don't know anything about Star Wars, except I know someone is someone else's dad. And I thought that was quite a, a nice distillation of Star Wars that some people only know the spoiler. Um, happy 100th episode. Generation Skywalker, congratulations on reaching your 100th episode. This is Tim Veekhoven calling from Belgium. I'm here to talk a little bit about uh, Star Wars, of course. Um, I saw the movies in the early 80s and I quickly developed a love for the vintage toys. But that love for the vintage toys developed into a love 
for source information that was created originally by the Western Games in the early 90s. I became one of the co-founders of TK421, the Belgian Star Wars fan club. We have celebrated our 25th anniversary earlier this year. And throughout the years, I have also been able to work on several official Star Wars publications, including uh, Built the Millennium Falcon and the newly released Star Wars Encyclopedia. For Star Wars Insider, I also worked on a feature called Rogue's Gallery, and one of the characters I named in that feature was a Bespin Wingard named Halder Spinoza. To my surprise, Hasbro released this action figure earlier this year, and so I was finally able to name a Hasbro action figure. Once again, congratulations on reaching this milestone in your 100th episode. Hello there. Uh, my name is Molly, I'm 24, and also from Gloucester. I want to say a massive thank you to Generation Skywalker for asking me to talk about my Star Wars story with all of you. It feels a massive privilege and I can't wait to tell you about it. This is one of the first things I've ever done, so please be patient with me. (laughs) At a very young age, my dad introduced me to Star Wars. I very quickly became a massive fan. I grew up with the prequels, then every weekend... I'd ask my dad if we can watch them, but all in order. And very quickly, Princess Leia became my favourite character. I feel massively inspired by her personality. Actually, one of my hobbies is costuming. Costuming is basically where you go to comic cons or whether you go to conventions dressing up as that character. Personally, for me, I don't necessarily just dress up as any character. I dress up as a character that I feel that I'm very, very close to, but very similar to. So costuming, um, I've been doing it since February 2018. And, of course, I dress up as Princess Leia. I've also got costumes, mainly Star Wars. But I got Padme Amidala, I got Rey... I got a Shadow Trooper and I'm currently building an Ahsoka Tano Season 7 armour and I've actually got in the works a Stormtrooper with costuming. It's how I met my boyfriend and we made friends along the way. I especially love all the movies. I love how they're all different and the detail in them. The first film, I Star Wars film I watched was Revenge of the Sith. And I absolutely loved it. Some people may not agree with this, but at a very young age, I absolutely loved Phantom Menace. Uh, Jar Jar Binks was one of my favourite characters, but um, obviously it's evolved uh, to Princess Leia. Yeah, and then moved on to the originals. And then obviously not long finished watching um, the newer ones. I absolutely loved rise of skywalker i loved how they all fitted it in together obviously i'm not going to give too much away because i don't if people haven't watched it i don't want to spoil it for them but it was weird actually because um i went to the cinema with a few friends to watch it and my mum messaged me out the blue and she said she watched star wars now she's a person that won't she doesn't watch films weirdly she went yeah i went to watch star wars i didn't know what it was all about (laughs) 
And so, um, you know, I explained to her, oh, well, this is what happens. This is what happens. She was like, oh, okay. And yeah, it's one of my comfort things to watch and to actually listen to. I got a lot of Star Wars merch and it's very comforting to just look around my bedroom or even watch the films. Anyway, I don't want to bore anybody too much with my story. (laughs) So yeah, so thank you for watching and may the force be with you. There you have it. A hundred stories, a hundred collectors. Actually, it's more than a hundred, isn't it? Because there's a couple there that have doubled up together. Will and Robin, friends of yours, Craig, did theirs together. Amy Schoberg and David Brock. What a great tale that is. One of my one of my standouts from the whole show. But um, there's some great stories in there. We're so thankful to everybody that's taken their time. Some, I know some of you I've, I've hassled. Next time, just pull your finger out straight away and record it instantly for me. Boys, you all enjoy that? Brilliant. I can't wait till you got when we get to episode two hundred and you've got to go out to two hundred people. That'd be amazing, <laughs> wouldn't it? Imagine that how stressed you are with just a hundred. Joe, it's been one of those shows when you're putting it together that that's taken a lot of time. But when you actually when I've been compiling them in, in the blocks of ten. But when you when you do it and you're listening through actually the, the stories you're like, Oh, that's a really, really great block of stories. And it actually because there's so much different voices and so many different tales, it works really well. It's good. It's good. Well, boys, let's just give our socials a really good um, shout out on here today. If you're liking what we do, please come and support us. First of all, subscribe to YouTube. Craig, what's going on on YouTube? Um, YouTube is where we put all our videos and they extend from shows like um, our roundtables, The Modern Way, Those Are Fossils, which are illustrated podcasts. We recognise that what we do is very visual a lot of the time and to save people from Googling what that particular figure might have looked like, we go to the extent of furnishing our audio podcasts with with clips, video clips and images that give you a audio and visual experience. So there's a lot of that on there, but there's also our unboxings. Uh, something lands on our doorstep that we think people might be interested in. We crank out the, uh, the cameras and, and film it for you. So there's a number of those. Uh, there are a number of shortened excerpts from um, from the longer shows, which we've called Skywalker Blasts. So sort of 15, 20 minute pieces of, of certain topics. And then there's um, event coverage. So, you know, when we go out and about and uh, to, to Star Wars events, we, we, we swing the camera around, edit it into a little montage and uh, and have those. So for people who didn't um, get a chance to attend, they get a flavour of, of, of what's going on out there. So a real mix of stuff on YouTube, something for everybody regardless of how much time you have spare just search for generation skywalker isn't it yeah that's the easiest way to find us generation skywalker on youtube instagram we're we're very active we have a main account again just search for generation skywalker but we also have a modern and a vintage account dan you are in charge of modern what have you been up to yes g we've got a modern account which is gen underscore skywalker underscore modern where i suppose i'll just try and keep people abreast of what's what's going on so obviously posting up show links um new products when we're seeing new new stuff coming up so whether that's hot toys black series vintage collection lego or anything else that that that, that, that crops up on our radar and when we're out and about if we're in the shops and we see something going cheap or online we'll we'll post up links to that to give you the heads up on on stuff that's going cheap so also been running a couple of competitions lately so gave away a mandalorian lego helmet just after christmas and at the minute we're giving away some vintage collection figures so yeah there's there's lots going on over there so come and join in indeed indeed and uh jez you run the vintage group i certainly do so that imaginatively titled is gen underscore skywalker underscore vintage 
And that is rammed full of not just my collection, hardly my collection, essentially the collection of our incredible guests. I mean, at the moment, we're running a Star Wars vintage figure of the year competition, which is a great voting polling thing on our Facebook group, but also on this Instagram account. But, you know, we, we've had some fantastic guests on and it's amazing that we're able to share some of their precious items. So some of the things being shared on this Gen underscore Skywalker underscore, underscore vintage group or, or account rather are phenomenal. Get amongst it and, uh, and get involved. I love it. Indeed, indeed. Very good pages, both of you doing grand work. You can also check us out on TikTok, very different medium to, to YouTube videos, but uh, TikTok is growing all the time. It's doing really well. You can find snippets of Generation Skywalker stuff there, the unboxings, the committees, all that kind of stuff is on there. Outtakes from any show that's been enhanced has started appearing on there. We do some reviews, but we also take interviews from all through the ages, clips of the shows, just different things we find. Anything to do with Star Wars that of any interest will we slap out on TikTok. So the TikTok account is very active. Facebook, we have two pages on Facebook. Pete, I'm going to come over to you. We've got the main generation Skywalker page where we it's like our business page where we, we just put out our announcements and stuff. But we are Generation Skywalker. What is that page useful? Yeah, so that's like a community page where people start their own threads. You've got also a lot of the links coming from the other the other social media channels are, are are linked on there so it's just it's a lot's going on it's almost like the sort of the, the daily news everything is, is is focused through there and the links to the to the other sites so yeah a, a great place to to, to tune in and, and catch up what's going on yeah i think that's we, we post a lot of stuff on there it's um should be our most active area but um it's not <laughs> at the end of every show <laughs> Jez it's one of those. Up on there. I was going to say, Jez posted up, and it was a few weeks ago now, Jez, that PDF you did of all the shows we've ever done. Mm. And it's like a menu. And it's brilliant. When you look back at what we've done, I know there's 100 shows we're looking back, but it's probably just worth mentioning that. Just just look at the sheer content we've we've produced in, you know, less than three years, pretty much. And and it, and it's it's amazing. It blew me away myself. Some, yeah. You know, when you just take, even if you just took, you know, the modern way and those old fossils away, <laughs> there's still huge amounts of content that we you know we do we do the odd show here and there but geez i didn't realize we've done that much you're making reference there to the pinned post of we are generation skywalker okay which is our sort of digital menu really with a hyperlink to absolutely everything so if yeah up until this stage if you've only listened to the modern you might have a little look peruse the menu and have a little look at something else and uh and yeah get amongst it but I mean, everything the folks have said with regards to We Are Generation Skywalker, but we've titled it that, We Are Generation Skywalker, because everyone who's a member of that group can contribute. You know, it's it's not just us pushing stuff on there. If people want to get involved or if people say, get this guest on, you know, we've heard that you've got this coming up. We want it to be as much two-way as possible. So, um, yeah, the more the merrier with regards to that community group. It's our safe space, isn't it? It's a private group. You know, you have to join and... Uh... And you can Star Wars to your heart content with uh, without interference from anybody else. Yeah, it's not going to come up on your private feed, is it? <laughs> if oh. Star Wars is just your delicious little cheeky secret. <laughs> it's a great page and we, we do try to keep it as active as possible. And that, that is going forward. I say this all the bloody time, don't I? We're going to make that really active this year. One of 2023's New Year's resolutions from the team. We also have a website, www.generationskywalker.com, which will be undergoing a massive overhaul in the near future. Some big changes 
abreast there but we will go more into that because it's going to be a few months down the line before it's ready to launch so uh, keep an eye on that we'll keep you notified of that as we go but over there you do have links to all of our social media all of our shows everything is linked in there and you've got the blog posts over there where craig spills his mind onto the page it's not just me <laughs> with brio network <laughs> Mainly you, though, isn't it? Dan's done a couple, haven't you, Dan? <laughs> yeah, I reckon you, everyone, knows, everyone knows some blogs, don't they? I think we've uh, been talking about this for years. The blogs can only be found on the website. Um, so it's the, it's the one unique bit of content that the website does offer. And everything else you can you can find on different platforms. But head to the website if you want to read some stuff instead of listen or watch it. Yeah, there's how many how many blogs have, is on there now? There's 14 on there. 14. Yeah, and they're just opportunities to... I don't know, capture things a little bit for for the record. So there's some stuff on there that's 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 pretty niche, um, admittedly. And it's just nice to have somewhere to, to, to record this stuff so people can find it. If they ever come across a, a, a Chinese bootleg comic and think, What's that all about? Hopefully they'll um they'll find uh, they'll find our little write up about them and be that little bit more informed. So I, I like the blogs, clearly. Yeah, you enjoy, well, you enjoy writing. I wish I had the time to write one, to be fair, but I never seem to get around to it. I know that sounds like a cop-out, but it's... It's because you're, um, you're you're trying chasing people for 100 interviews or 100 stories, mate. That's <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm having a 100-day lie down after this show. No, we haven't got time for that because 2023 coming up this... Well, let's talk about, you know, we've just hit our 100th. In the next few days, you're going to have a Those Old Fossils. Jez, what's the next Old Fossils about? Those Old Fossils, episode 101. So, uh, yeah, all sorts on this. We've got the Morphe, the Morphe interview, which Pete's done, which we've managed to fit in, talking all about that and a fascinating insight, a scoop almost, a look back. It, it's essentially a look back at 2022, our collecting highs and lows, what was going on in the community, what was going on in the collecting world, what we're looking forward to in 2023. And thanks to our fantastic uh, gentleman called david from new zealand we've got a really great insight into that brilliant toll toys auction where some carded toll toys were put on for 25 dollars which is about 12 pounds and the price they achieved staggering so impressive and and it was a sort of lie uh, live blow by blow sort of auction I, i'm not doing it justice i'm butchering it i wish you hadn't asked me that question um, but it's yeah it's a, it's a really really good insight into how the toll toys auction went down and uh yes yeah, so it's all of us again it's the whole team looking back and looking forward vintage yes looking forward to that and then on the 7th of february we will release show 102 where i've already mentioned it at the start of the show we um and jez sat down with for a round table with uh Martin Keeler, Mark Hamilton, and Jed Shepherd, and uh, that's a that's a great show. That's a great show. I've got a great roundtable. I think you'll enjoy that interview for people that are just Star Wars fans because we cover a whole array of stuff. But Mark Hamilton's tale for me of just standing in the Naboo set singing is is quite the tale on its own. So uh, yeah. we've still got to figure out what we're going to record, uh, what we're going to call that. I mean, are we going to call it a rock star, a film director? Anna Martin. I really don't know because it was such a, a wacky round table. But yeah, Mark from Ash and Jed, the film director. Absolutely brilliant. Yeah, look forward to that. That is coming out on the 7th of February. So then we've just got that to look forward to. We've got celebration over Easter weekend in April. So we've got we've got lots coming. There'll be lots of unboxings. Dan will no doubt be buying 30 odd 
hot toys. I'm probably this time next year will still be saying that I'm sorting out my room. But generally, we got we got a big year, big year. Our, our first one after this will be Echo, which is coming in just over a week from when this is released. So um, definitely that to look forward to. I think we're all there apart from Dan, aren't we? Yep, I'm there. Yep. Looking forward to that. Hopefully Craig. Hopefully me. Hopefully Craig. Dan's. Uh, what are you doing, Dan? Dusting or something? Sulking. Walking a dog. Sulking. <laughs> You're doing Tolkien. Interesting. <laughs> so that is our immediate plans. A hundred shows. Well done, all of you. But it is for the hundredth show. Goodbye from Dan. Goodbye. Goodbye from PD. Cheers, guys. Goodbye. Goodbye from Craig. Cheerio. Goodbye from Jez. Thank you, listeners. And it is goodbye from me. We're Generation Skywalker. All eras, all passions, all styles. Thank you.